Okay, we're just going to hit the ground running on this podcast because it is a doozy. Our guest is awesome. There's really, there's no way to put it more succinctly than that. She is so cool. You may have seen her on Fox or ABC. She's an anchor slash reporter. She's incredibly nice. We had just an awesome, lengthy conversation and I enjoyed every minute of it. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let her take it from here. So please give it up for Dania Romero. That you're not allowed to play it in the video. Yeah. I don't Which know how long. sucks because it would be awesome to have music in the background of this. Right, exactly. Or background music for anything. I know Dave Silabrand uh, did a story yesterday and apparently there's like a Smokey the Bear theme song that I didn't know about and he used like nine seconds of it in his uh, video and I forgot what our producer ended up doing but we ended up using some of it so it was allowed. Some of the music. <laughs> yes. Okay. I know you can reach out to the artist. I'm definitely not big enough oh, to be able to do that. Me but neither. <laughs> I know that is an option. You can go down that route. Yeah. I don't know if that... The odds of that. All. Yeah. The odds of that probably. Them actually responding seems, especially if it's like Maroon 5 or something. Oh, yeah. Or like Lady them. Gaga or someone. Yeah, I wish. Not checking their emails. <laughs> I wish. No, imagine. So how long have you been, you're a news anchor mm-hmm. and a reporter? News anchor combined? slash reporter. Um, My title is anchor slash reporter, but I'm technically an MMJ. And for those of you who don't know what an MMJ is. Me included. Multi- <laughs> it's a multimedia journalist, which we are in charge of. Um, shooting, um, like setting up interviews, editing, writing scripts. That's like a one-man band. Um, so I do that and on top of anchoring. So it's it's great. So you're used to editing everything. That's yes. all tied in. Yes. And oh my gosh, in the beginning, it was so hard. And I and I told Nazi, which was, um, she was my old news director. She moved on to writing. Um, but I told her when I was like um, interviewing with her, I was like, hey, I suck at editing. Editing is not my thing. Me with technology, we just don't get along. Um, in college, I used Adobe Premiere, I believe, and I had a YouTube every single tutorial on how to use Adobe Premiere. And even then, I still had trouble. Um, Benazi was like, no, don't worry, we got you. Like our whole team, we are, we'll, we'll help you. Um, so luckily I had the team on my side and they helped me edit. And to this day, you know, I think I'm nine months in now. I'm always like, hey, like... Nicole, she's our technical director. I'm like, hey, can you help me how to edit this? Like, I don't know how to do this and that. Um, but yeah, editing is definitely one of uh, my uh, my weak suits, I would say. But my team is just amazing. They've been helping me every step of the way. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important to have that that team surrounding you for to provide sure. that help. For this, sure. The editing for this is insane. I'm still not anywhere where I would like to be with it. but What, what software is this? I use Audacity. And then I use DaVinci. We use that too. Oh, do you really? We use that to to record headlines, which is what we air in the beginning of of every newscast. Um, Still don't really know how to... I just press record and I... That's where I'm at. And then you run into a problem and you're like, okay, YouTube, how do I... What is this? Okay, we need to... Or like, I'll bug my producer like, hey, I need help with this. I don't know what to do. And usually it's like, Danya, just turn it off and on. Like, that's all you need to do. And I'm like, oh God. I ran in, I've run into so many problems where it's all set up, it's dialed in, and then the guest shows up, I go to start it, and that's when something oh. goes wrong. 
Yeah, that's all oh, part of the fun. that's always happens. Or like sometimes I'll be setting up interviews and just something goes wrong, whether the camera doesn't focus or the mic ran out of batteries. It's always like some technical issue, but yeah. there's always a way around it. So, I'm over here. I'm sorry. I'm over here sweating like a you're pig. Good. I'm sure that's coming out on camera. <laughs> I was running around in here. It's always a work in progress is no, what I've learned with the studio. No, it's because it is cold outside. No, it's not really that cold, but it's raining. It's muggy. But it's kind of, yeah, like it's musty, muggy. muggy. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know why I wore this. I know. I was, I was running around in here. I'm trying to get our, I just got that little sign back there. So I've been trying to get that oh, thing. Oh, where'd you get that? Amazon. Nice. Amazon everything. has everything. I think everything. I've gotten 90% of my equipment <laughs> straight from Amazon. Amazon's great. <laughs> So when you're running an actual broadcast mm-hmm. on, you're with Fox, you're also with ABC? Fox slash ABC, those are okay. our affiliates. Those are your two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you switch back and forth depending on the days or on the story? It's or how every day. So uh, we have three shows every day, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, six and 11 o'clock shows, it's on ABC. And then our 10 o'clock show is on Fox. So two of our shows are on ABC and one of them is on Fox. Is that normal? Do you normally get contracted out with two different studios? Um. So it's under, our broadcast is under Sinclair, which Sinclair owns like, oh God, I don't know how many, like I think over a hundred stations in the U.S. So we're under Sinclair. Um, Not really sure how that works. I just know we're under ABC slash Fox. Don't know the technical background with that, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you enjoy doing that? Did you always know you wanted to be a news anchor? Um, kind of early on i know like people when they enter college they they're still lost they they're they enter like undeclared but for me uh my senior year of high school um we had a video arts program which i uh, thank god i i thank my professor every single time because he was so passionate about video art and about broadcast that if it wasn't for him my high school wouldn't even have that program and my high school was like very um I don't want to say poor, but for lack of better terms, it was, uh, we were not in a very good area. So if it wasn't for him, like, oh God, we would not have that program. Um, but we did our morning announcements on that, on that program. And I always volunteered to be the anchor. I loved it. I don't know what it is. Like, I just wanted to be the one to tell everybody what was going on. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but since then, I'm like, you know what? Like, I kind of want to go in the news route. And thankfully, my cousin at the time, he was uh, dating someone who worked in Telemundo, which is a Spanish news station in San Jose. And for my senior project, we kind of wanted, we kind of had to do a, um, like a career base theme, like what we wanted to do in the future. Like after high school. Yes, after high school. And I chose um, like anchor slash reporter. And she was kind of like my mentor, um, through that we called it the capstone and um i went with her down to san jose like twice and i just loved it i loved the busyness of it unfortunately i couldn't do like a ride-along with a reporter because something were to happen to me like i could have technically sued so they just liability reasons yeah um which was unfortunate but i kind of saw what she had to do and she was an assignment editor so she assigned um whatever story was out of the day, she would assign it to the reporters. Um, so I kind of shattered, shattered her at that point, and I knew what I wanted to do. But after high school, I went to community college and um, got my AA in communications. I also played soccer in my community college. Very fun. I'm sad I didn't continue that through, uh, through my four-year. But um, when I got to SF State, that's when I got into the BECA program, which is uh, Broadcast Electronic Communication Arts. And unfortunately, after my first semester there, the pandemic happened. 
So yeah. Bit of a wake up call. <laughs> oh no, seriously. And I was so sad because um, I never owned like a camera or very fancy equipment. And I know if you want to go into the news, you kind of have to work with that equipment, you know? Um, unfortunately, even during the pandemic, um, we weren't even allowed access to the equipment. So, um, you know, my last uh, three semesters at SF State, which was like emphasized in broadcast, I had to do from home. So like half of my uh, my work, my projects, I like paid my little brother with like in and out like, hey, can you like shoot this for me, please? Like I need to shoot some stand ups for for my stories and stuff. Um, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, thank you. If, I did, if it wasn't for my little brother, um, which today is his birthday, by the way. Cut to him like yeah. 500 pounds later. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and um, like I'm, I'm thankful for that experience, even though like our professors really had to adapt to the online route and teaching broadcast online isn't, isn't the easiest. It doesn't seem like it'd be the ideal no, format. No, no. That's why I, uh, I binged YouTube on tutorials and like how to be a better reporter and how to edit this and how to make better stand-ups and how to tell the story better. Um, so it had to be a lot of like self-taught too with that. Which probably ingrains those lessons in a deeper way because you had to learn it on your own it wasn't yeah. just inseminated into you, you know? <laughs> yeah which um you know i mean i'm sure you would have liked to have been able to go yeah, to class and 100%. use the equipment it wasn't the ideal way a hundred percent i think i i uh asked my professor if i could use a mic um because i'm like i don't really don't want to buy one <laughs> so i kind of like i really asked him I'm like can i at least use a mic and he was like yeah for sure um but it was it was a lot of self-taught for sure. I, you know, coming in here with uh, very little experience because even my internship was was online. So I would oh, never you didn't get to do any of that. In no, time, nothing. Or... So coming here as my first like reporting slash anchor job, um, it was my first time reading off a teleprompter. First time um, being in front of a, like a real camera. It was the first time for everything. So everything was kind of like a shock. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I had more experience beforehand, you know, because the first time I was live, like it was not the first time I was reading a teleprompter, but it was like my fourth or fifth time reading off a teleprompter, which was hard because back in high school, when I was doing the morning announcements, we had it on like a Google Docs on like size 60 font and someone was just oh, scrolling. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was, I'm telling you, we were really, um, that's pretty high class. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we made, uh, we made do with what we had for sure. Um, but yeah, coming here was a little bit of a shock. Lots of learning I had to do. This was your first job right out of college? Um, not first job, but first, like, news career, job. news job. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, COVID was kind of a wake-up call for everybody oh, in college. No, seriously. And, um, I mean, my two years in community college were in person, uh, but I didn't take any broadcasting classes there. I just did communications and uh, my Gs. Um, and then my first semester at SF State, like, I commuted. I lived like 10 minutes away from SF State. Um, so I didn't really have any friends. I didn't make any friends until like, oh God, January slash February, right before the pandemic hit was when I started making like my broadcasting friends. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But my first semester, I was I was still adjusting to the four year and, and navigating my way through college. Um, but when the pandemic hit, I mean, yeah, I just wish and on top of that we got a new um broadcasting building so we had got a new studio and everything and we weren't allowed to use it um so that was very very unfortunate you would have thought they i mean they could have let you guys use the equipment at least or rent it out on no. a case-by-case -case um, basis that would have been nice that would have been nice but no unfortunately no i mean they let me use the mic so that was that was something get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what you can get exactly it was something 
That's one of the things nobody talks about is commuting to college makes it a little difficult does, to kind of get ingrained in that you, society. It saves you money. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and Living on campus is a joke. That, really? It's, oh, yeah. Did you live? Or did... I, well, I'm biased. I've gone to three or four different colleges now. Really? Yeah, so I bounced around a little bit. But I lived on campus for two of them, and it's just so much more expensive so than much rent, expensive. than... Yeah. I mean, you could get an off-campus place that's, like, a third of the price. Right. And, like, if you live 10 minutes away, it's, like, why would you even live on campus? Um, so commuting was, uh, you know, didn't allow me to make as many friends. But um, thankfully, like, I'm telling you, the last two months of in-person, I started making friends. And it was great because a lot of my friends were uh, from L.A. So they were living on campus. So we would kind of, like, get together after class and hang out. Um, but, again the pandemic that that didn't happen anymore um but yeah commuting did save me a lot of money and i'm i'm glad i chose sf state and not any other college <laughs> you're from la no i'm from san francisco oh you're from san francisco yes okay south san francisco okay so south city shout out south city anyone out there listening from there um yeah great great city you enjoyed it oh yeah i loved it i it was a i my, i'm telling you my life did a 180 when i moved up here like being from the city I loved it. I, I love being a city girl. Um, but moving up here was definitely um, a change. And I love it. I love the farmland. I love being so close to the coast. And um, I, went, I, went to a, I went to Ferndale um, for the first time with, I believe it was my sister and her husband. And there's like a view um, next to the cemetery, I believe, or on the cemetery. And um, we were there. And from that view, you can see the mountains, like the snow, you can see the forest and you can see the ocean. And it was just beautiful. And I'm like, you can't get this anywhere. It was so nice. I fell in love with the area. I love it. But of course, I do miss the city. I go back uh, relatively often just because it's like a four or five hour drive away. So yeah, I, not terrible. Not not too bad. Yeah. But yeah, you don't. It's a trade off, right? You don't really have any nightlife up here. You don't have the conveniences of the city, which yeah. sucks, especially it our does. age. It oh sucks. Oh my God. Yes. Um, I turned 21 during the pandemic. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm like nightlife. I didn't really get to experience until like after everything started opening back up, which was when I was already up here. So I never really got to experience nightlife. And growing up, my mom was really strict. Typical Mexican Catholic mom, like just so strict and not let me go out. Um, she was so strict that like whenever I would go out, I have to like bring my little brother around because <laughs> she was just so strict. So I never really got that experience of like going out. You know what I mean? Um, well, and especially coming from a Mexican household, that's the standard trope, right? Oh, Is you don't yeah. leave, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> and if you do go somewhere, especially on a date, you have to take a family member. Oh my God. Yes. I uh, had a boyfriend in my high school, a few of my high school years. And she was like, no, Dania, if you need to, if you want to go to the movie theaters, you need to bring Emiliano or else you're not going. And I'm like, oh my really like so embarrassing but do you feel like some of that changed after going to college now when you go home do you feel like they're a little more lenient with um okay, yes she can take care of herself yes and um when i got into college that's when i feel like she started to loosen up more uh, my dad has always been very lenient with me uh, my mom was always the strict one she was like you know when if you go out you need to tell me where you're gonna be who you're gonna be with who's driving like um, sometimes she would be, even be strict to like not let me out depending on what I, I was wearing. <laughs> um, but when I got to college, that's when uh, she started to loosen up a little bit more. She's like, okay, like Danya's off to college now, even though she's still living at home. She got, she has, uh, she has her responsibilities because at the time I was going to school full time. Um, 
working part-time and playing soccer so I was really busy and she was like I guess and later on she tells me she was like yeah I saw you were juggling a lot so I had a lot of trust in you that you would make right decisions um so she did start to loosen up after after college for sure but high school that was uh, a little uh, rough really rough <laughs> for sure yeah that's just it's ingrained in the culture right right it is I it think is. it's getting actually I don't know I was gonna say I think it's getting better but um, I feel like it's always been rougher for the girls in oh, the absolutely. family. The guys, uh, my mom, I mean, my mom is still kind of strict with my brother, but nowhere near as strict as she was with me. Um, but yeah, it really is a, a Mexican culture thing for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, my dad was, well, my parents were pretty strict with my sister and I oh, managed to get are Mexican. Yeah, oh. my dad is. Okay. My dad is first generation so he has oh, a lot I'm of first that generation? yeah okay okay um so he has a lot of that mm -hmm. in him his parents immigrated here right after having his oldest sister i believe so that oh, was wow. that was prevalent but i got away they were strict with me but in a different way because mm -hmm. i did did things like i did chores i did manual labor okay. jobs around the house <laughs> yeah. so that was kind of my role and then mm -hmm. i could go out and do whatever yeah and my sister was more we're gonna kind of lock her down a little bit more i think Oh, see, that's that's always how it is. Um, did you grow up with your grandparents? Or? I grew up around them. They actually lived across the street. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So we, not across the street from where I live, but in town. Okay. So, so we you, would go you over grew there. up here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm born and raised. And then yes. I went away for college and then I came back. Where did you go me. to college? I went to CR for okay. a semester. I did a semester there. Then mm -hmm. went to Oregon State. Then went down to Sacramento and then went to the East Coast and finished up in New York. Oh, New so York. I bounced nice. around a little bit, yeah. Got to upstate, explore. not the city, upstate. Oh, still. But it was nice. <laughs> it was really beautiful out there. I was, I really enjoyed it. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I can relate with the commuting and having to like try to make friends and also, yeah. I don't, I'm not on campus and all your friends stay on campuses. It can be hard. Right, right, exactly. But um, I still, I had a cousin who went to Berkeley and she was in a sorority. So sometimes like I would go visit her and um, experience the college life through through her life. So, but it was again, every once in a while, but it's okay. I, I don't regret it. I don't regret commuting. It saved a lot of money. So. Do you feel like you missed out on anything because of COVID? Yeah. For sure. Of it course. was your first semester at San Francisco? Um, second. Okay. Second so you semester. you had one and then right as you're starting to get Right. The last grounding. three semesters were pretty much online. Um, so definitely missed out on that. Like education is a huge thing. And I feel like I would have learned more, obviously, if I was in class with the equipment and with the people, like with so much talent. So many people I, I graduated with had so much talent. So I would have definitely like learned more from them. Um, also, just uh, just going out. I'm, I consider myself an extrovert. I love going out. And um, COVID definitely put a damper on that. And on top of that, like, um, you know, I used to have family parties like every weekend. It was some quinceanera or, or someone's birthday. And I would always go out with family. Um, so that had a cut, you know. And um, yeah, but I, at the same time, there's always like something good that comes out of it. Because now like I got closer with my brother and my mom and my dad and the people who I was living with. So that was a that was a plus for sure. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. My brother and I... Um, we, we definitely got closer. <laughs> we, uh, God, it's growing up. I shared a room with my brother and my sister for the first six, 16, 16, 17 years of my life up until like sophomore year of high school. I shared a room with them until my sister moved out. Um, but we were always like relatively close. Um, but just during the pandemic, I just feel like we actually hung out more. Like we were like, Hey, let's just go to Chick-fil-A. Let's go here. Let's go there. So we uh, definitely hung out more during the pandemic. 
That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a good aspect, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Were you guys pretty close growing up or not? Um, not as much. So my sister and I are seven years apart. Okay. Yeah. My sister and I are six years apart. Really? Yeah. <laughs> older or younger? She's older than me. Yeah, same. So yeah. my sister's older. I think she's 30 now. Um, we, uh, I don't know. We, I think we're close now. I go to her for so much advice, so much life advice. Um, but living at home, like she would always get mad at me because I would steal her makeup steal her clothes i wanted to be cool she was my older sister yeah we had the same problem <laughs> yes yeah, so i would i would always steal her stuff and like um whenever she would go out somewhere i'd be like becky can you take me can i go with you and then my mom would be like yeah becky like take her with you and <laughs> my sister would kind of hate me for that reason um but i feel like when she moved out um that's when we started talking more seriously and you know asking for advice and stuff um but as for my brother he's younger um, he's four years younger than me um, I feel like we always, always got along, but of course he's like a troll. He's, uh, he just turned 19. Um, uh, but so he's at that age. Yeah. He's that, at, he's just that at that age. Um, he's just a troll. That's all I can say, but I love him. I miss him. It's his birthday today. I can't really talk bad about him. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> not, not today. He's turning 19. Today? 19. What's yes. his name? Uh, Emiliano. Emiliano. Well, his, his birth name, it's Eduardo Emiliano Romero, but my dad's name is Eduardo. So we, we call him Emiliano. Oh, yeah, okay. we nice. switched him. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be hard. Was he in high school then when COVID hit? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yep. that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but at the same time, I feel like um, I did a lot for him as in terms of like guidance because my parents didn't go to college. And that was one thing that was hard on me, kind of navigating my way through college, being first were, generation. You were the first one to go. Yes, first one. And um, counselors can sometimes suck. Uh, so it's a lot of And sometimes be great. I got to say that. I've had ones that are terrible and ones that are Pretty my phenomenal. high school ones were, were great. I really liked my high school uh, counselors. Um, shout out Mr. Navarro, Mr. Flores. Um, anyways, <laughs> but my uh, college counselors, not the best. I was not a fan of them, especially during COVID. Hard to keep in contact with them. Um, so it was a lot of self-doing and I couldn't really go to my parents, you know, and say like, hey, what classes should I take or nothing like that. So it was all on my own. Um, so when my brother, uh, was like trying to pick classes for high school, I kind of like helped him with that and I guided him and whatever he needed help with school wise, I would help him. Um, cause my mom doesn't speak English. She does, she can hold conversations, but it's very difficult for her. Um, and my dad works 12 hours out of the day. So it's very, I was the one kind of, um, helping my brother most of the time so yeah what what do your parents do um my dad works at a um produce company in south city he pretty much manages like all the truck drivers we uh, or he delivers to like safeway and other uh, big box stores like that and then my mom is a stay-at-home mom she <laughs> she doesn't have a job um so yeah it's just the three of you your brother and your sister and you yes just okay. the three of us three yeah um yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah it's um definitely great having my mom at home and uh, you know growing up i'm like damn like i wish you know because my mom again she was really strict with me um but like now looking back i'm like I'm, I'm really grateful that my mom like um stayed at home and helped raise us and stuff so it was great <laughs> yeah being around your parents when you're young is important I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Having that influence. Yeah. And I'm so grateful because um, my parents uh, had a, or they still have a very healthy relationship. Like to this day, my dad still flirts with my mom. He still takes her out on dates. They have a very, very good relationship. And I'm very grateful that I grew up with that. Because unfortunately, like for a lot of the cases, um, 
you know, kids don't grow up with healthy parents. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. That's important. Mm -hmm, for People sure. like to talk about privilege, but I think the greatest privilege you can have is having a family that is not necessarily still together, but at least loving of one another. 100%. I mean, you could have split parents and it'd be a great home life. But I think having having that dynamic is important. Yeah, it really is. And growing up and seeing that, like I really see um, what to look for like in a in a relationship. So they were a great example for that. Yeah. So the south side of San Francisco, is it a little rough down there? Yeah. Uh, is that an understatement? It's, it's um <laughs> I've never really spent I've gone through San Francisco, I've hung uh, out for the weekend, but I've never been down there to venture Yeah, around. so uh South San Francisco or South City, um, it's for lack of better terms, it's very hood, I would say. Um, a lot of gangs. Um and of course in, in every city there's there's a good side and a bad side. And a lot of the people that um I hung out with in high school um lived like in the very dangerous hood side i would say um and yeah it's just a lot of uh people that that join gangs and go that path and a lot of people when i was in high school would uh they were on on the gang list which means like they, they couldn't even wear uh in my, in my high school we had free dress so if you were on the gang list you couldn't even wear like red or, or blue or anything like that and our school colors were blue <laughs> so it's like you couldn't even a little you know, problematic yeah a little a little problematic um a, li a little rough yeah um yeah <laughs> so the watch list that was specifically for students they were worried about yeah exactly and um there were cops outside every day at my high school and uh yeah i mean public school <laughs> builds character but uh definitely uh saw a lot but yeah you probably weren't thinking builds character when you were going there You're like <laughs> no. this shit is not ideal yeah. and my parents um middle school um the middle school was even worse in south city but um my parents transferred me to a middle school um two cities down so in millbrae which was night and day way better way better uh public middle school um so i actually went there and um i did drama there i was it was very cool i loved i loved going to middle school there but unfortunately my eighth grade year they stopped accepting transfers so i couldn't go to that high school in in millbrae mills mills high school um and like my parents heard rumors and it was true like like people in that school would follow you home to make sure you lived within that district um so my mom didn't want to take any risks and we couldn't afford private school so our only option was going to south city high school which i don't regret it i understand like it was not the best high school at all like i in my four years there we had three different soccer coaches we had a, like this the teachers were uh some some were great some were not um but I, I don't regret it. It it builds character, <laughs> is what I can say. Um, but yeah. You seem to have a very optimistic perspective. Oh, I do. <laughs> that seems to be kind of ingrained in I'm you. A, I, I like to think of, uh, what is that saying? Like the half full. Type. Oh, yeah. The glass half full. Yeah. Glass half full. Um, it just, everything happens for a reason. So everything negative that's happened in my life, I'm like, you know what? It's, it's a lesson. It's a lesson learned for sure. Was it a learning experience to get to this point where you, now you can say that? Or have you always been I'm pretty upbeat? Um, I think so. I think I've always been pretty upbeat. Of course, at, at the moment, I'm like, oh, get me out of here. But I feel like once you go over that hill, um, you see the beauty in it. So, yeah. That's one of the stereotypes, right? Of you have that inner city, just terrible public education. Yeah, and there's no funding. Bad. And On top of you that, can't keep staff. Yeah. And... Uh, 
the the town next to South City, which is San Bruno, um, they were paying the teachers like 10 grand more a year. So it's like a lot of teachers would like get like a one year experience and then move on. And so a lot of teachers there weren't really like passionate about teaching the students. And then on top of that, like not even going to lie, like the students were very ruthless with the teachers. Like I remember sometimes like we would make, we would be sitting in class, like the teacher would just start crying because she couldn't control the class. Oh my God. Like, yeah, it was, it was that bad. That's pretty like, intense. I, people would smoke in class, people would do edibles and I, um, I was never into smoking or anything like that. I was a very type A person. And even though like sheesh, like if you would have seen the people I, I hung out with in high school, you'd be like, what? You hung out with them? Um, no hate to them. They're great people. Uh, but we definitely took different paths. Um, so I, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of stuff uh, in high school. Definitely. Um, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Do you think that you were kind of attracted to those kids just because they were in your general vicinity oh, for sure for sure um and um because sometimes my... people rebel against their parents when they come up in a strict household they start to rebel and they... i was never like that. i'm i'm telling you i i am i'm a rule follower i <laughs> uh, i of course i would you know shoot some white lies to my mom and say of course no boys are going and then there would be boys i would yeah. go a little white lie like that um but i would never i've never snuck out of the house ever I'm just so scared. Wow. Yeah. Never. If I, oh God, you know, that, that belt, so the Mexican belt, you know, it's like, I was so scared of that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to take the chances. I'm not going to sneak out of the house. Um, and you know, my friends, they were rule breakers. They're like, Danya, just sneak out. Like, let's go out. And you're like, you don't know my parents. We yeah, can't, exactly. I can't be doing this. And <laughs> yeah, no, I've never, uh, I never went out of the box. I was always a, a rule follower. So yeah, never Are did anything too crazy. <laughs> That's interesting to hear. I, mm. I snuck out a few times. Oh, really? Sorry, mom and dad, if you guys are listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I snuck out a few times. Did you I ever get caught? Uh, yeah, but I was pretty creative in <laughs> how I spun it off. I told my parents one time. Oh, this is going to be bad. I told my parents one time I snuck out to go see a girl and she mm. lived across town. And I oh. obviously wasn't driving. I might have been <laughs> freshman year. And so I longboarded across what? town. Got <laughs> there. Yeah, at night. <laughs> And it was dark and it, I was not going through the best areas. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know about this. And I get there and we hang out. And then I came back at like five in the morning. And I think either my parents were up or they came into my room once I got back. And they were like, what? We're going to talk about this in the morning. And so the morning came and I was like, oh, no, a girl called me and, and she was drunk and she didn't know how to get home. So I rode over there to, to like help guide her home. And they were like, OK. That was a good catch. Right. I know. All right. I was no. like, where did that just come from? See, if I were to say that to my parents, my parents would not care. They'd be like, mm -mm, you still snuck out without yeah. my permission. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was a pretty I was a pretty OK kid. Yeah. I never really got into too much trouble. Yeah, I, me neither. Like a lot of people would get suspended in my high school, like like almost every day there was a suspension and I would cry if I got a detention. So I'm like, I don't want to, don't want to cross that boundary for sure. Are you still close with any of your friends from high school? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I would say so. You know, a lot of them had babies. Um, one of my friends already has two babies. Um, so definitely, like I Does said, Does that freak you out? Cause yes, that freaks me yes, out when my friends time. start having kids. And like, <laughs> I could not handle a child at this age. Exactly. No, me neither. I could barely handle myself. Um, but when she had her baby, we were still relatively close. She had it like, uh, less than a year after high school. Um, and that was like before the pandemic. So her and I were still really close. Um, but again, she had a kid and like, she was also not in best terms, um, with her 
boyfriend at the time. Um, so it was, it was a really like rough patch, but I was still with her and I, to this day, I still talk to her. She's, she's a great girl, but, um, again, just different paths. And then, uh, my other friend, um, didn't go to college. She kind of, uh, she wanted to do the esthetician route where she would do like lashes and eyebrows and all of that. Um, I, I still talk to her every once in a while. It was her birthday a few days ago, I, I believe. Um, those two I still talk to. Um, the rest, it's kind of like a happy birthday and uh, Merry Christmas. And yeah, every now and then for sure. But um, no one that I'm like really close with. Some of my uh, soccer girls, I'm, I still talk to every now and then. But again, moving up here, it's uh, I haven't really been in contact with them. So, yeah. It's hard maintaining those friendships when you guys are on vastly different paths, yeah, right? It is, and not it necessarily is. just different paths, but if someone's going down a road that you can't really follow exactly even if you guys are pretty close it's hard to maintain that oh for sure for sure and um you know they say um what's that saying it's like um show me who your friends are and i'll tell you what kind of person you are i kind of disagree with that um uh, because okay if, okay yeah like do you agree with that statement? i agree with that 100%, really yeah I just feel like, again, um, the, the people I, I grew up with, or not grew up with, but the people I went to high school with, rule breakers, didn't really prioritize school, um, would kind of be like on the boy crazy side. Like, I was never like that. I was like school, soccer, and future. Um, but again, like, I was uh, an extrovert. I loved going out. I loved being around people. Like, to this day, I love being around people. Um, so I guess those were the people in my environment that I guess I, I not had to be around, but... And and they're they're good people. They have good morals and ethics and stuff. But again, like, um, very very different people. You know, uh, yeah. So I just I don't agree with that statement. I don't know. Why why do you agree with it? I think you are an outlier in that regard because I don't think I think it takes a certain level of moral integrity maybe to mm -hmm. be in that situation and not kind of succumb to peer pressure right? oh i think um yeah i guess I, they would consider me like the mom of the group okay and i was fine with that <laughs> um, to an extent um so i think uh that's that's why it worked out i guess but yeah i don't know <laughs> i i agree with that statement i think there are definitely caveats i think you are one of those for sure i've met a few of those people in my life mm -hmm. i think i could be interpreted as one to some extent. I used to hang out with kids back. High school is like the time you find yourself. Did right? you go to Eureka High School? Yeah, I did. Okay. How well, was have that? You, have you been around Eureka High School? Um, I've done a few stories there. there okay. It was not bad. I know mm -hmm. some kids that did not like it and did not have great experiences. I was never. I was. I kind of kept a low profile. Okay. I mean, I knew I was cool with a lot of people. I was friendly with everyone, but I never really really like try to stir up any trouble yeah that was my mo it was just i was never really at school i would cut class really? a lot yeah my my junior and senior year i cut class a lot why just young <laughs> dumb and and stirring up trouble maybe i wasn't uh, that great of a kid now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> yeah. i, I like, might have gotten into trouble a lot school sir yeah. that's not good <laughs> i cut class a lot i think it was um back to your friends i mm -hmm. think your friends can have a pretty powerful influence on you. And where do I want to go with this? I'm thinking of somebody in particular, and I can't, obviously can't name names. But yeah, I, can kind of I, I tried not naming names too. <laughs> I had this buddy who, he was the first 
kid that I smoked weed with. I was okay. super, so going into middle school, super anti-drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do drugs, you're a piece of yeah, shit. The, the D.A.R.E. program. Yeah, <laughs> right? I had all that branding in uh-huh. me that you're never going to mount to anything. If you smoke weed, you're going to start doing crack and then yeah. it's gonna be you're just gonna it's, be it's in jail. the gateway drug yeah right yeah and so i finally ended up smoking weed with him and he from then on his path was pretty much set down this way and i didn't recognize it back then mm. i think my parents did because they did not like this kid mm-hmm. and i hung out with him for a while and it got progressively progressively more problematic we i started going down this path with him and we were we were wrecking some havoc. See, parents always know the fake friends or the friends that are not good for you. Yes. Always. But Sometimes. Uh, you think always? My my mom has been right 99% of the time. Moms are pretty good. Friends. Moms yeah. are pretty good. Really, really. <laughs> my mom was always right. Um, but did you end up cut, cutting off your friend later? Yeah, I though? did finally. I think it was in... Some things happened. We got into some spots and he's, he was a... He was a good friend. He was mm-hmm. a good friend to me, but I think it got to a point where he had to protect himself more than his friends. Like he was always his first priority. Mm-hmm. And me, if I'm if we're friends, I would take a bullet for you. Like I yeah, would I would yeah. do anything. And when I started seeing those colors, I realized, okay, I gotta I gotta readjust. But it's hard separating yourself from that, right? It's hard letting go of someone. He was my best friend at one point. Okay. And it's hard being like, okay, we're going to, I can't a, hang out I, with you anymore. I totally get you on that. Like, I'm not a confrontational person. Yeah. Whenever I have a problem with you. And I, I want to change that about myself. I wish if, if I had a problem with someone, I could be more upfront about it instead of being around the bush. Um, it's just something I'm still like learning. Because um, unfortunately, like to this day, I sometimes let people walk over me or i think the, like the best like maybe they're going they're having a bad day or i don't know maybe their their dog is sick i don't know um but i always uh try to see like why they're treating me that way and then you know in my other side i'm like no then yeah there's no excuse for someone to treat you like that so yeah there, there could be that um still learning to uh you know if if a friend did me dirty you know trying to be like hey like what's up with you like be straight up with me <laughs> yeah, those right? are the worst ones right when a friend does something shady yeah You're exactly like, I thought, what yeah and uh my friend who had um who just had or not just had the baby one when she had a baby like right after high school um huge pothead huge 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 i was never really big on weed um, but unfortunately that was like our, uh, you know, like Danya, come out, let's go smoke. And I would hang out with her, but I just wouldn't smoke. And she would kind of be like, Danya, like, just take a hit. Kind of like, kind of like peer pressure me, but I was never really into it. Cause I just didn't like the effect weed had on me. Um, I don't know. It, it turns me into a bitch. Whenever I smoke, I'm like, that is so funny hearing you say yeah. that. <laughs> no, seriously. Like whenever I, I smoke, I, I go from a hundred to zero where I just like, I have a, an RBF, a resting bitch face. And I like, like no tolerance for anything. mm -mm, Any noise bothers me. And I just don't like that side of me. So I would, um, never really, um, smoke, but she was really big on it. Um, but yeah. (laughs) Um, but I, she's, uh, she was really nice and she's, she did do a lot for me and, and vice versa. And I think that's why we kind of still have that tie. Also, her family was really close with my family too. She, she was also Mexican, came from, her parents came from a town very close to where my parents came from. So there was that bond. Um, so yeah, I, I still keep in touch with her, but again, just that, uh, weed was never really my thing. So that's funny to hear. I've never heard of anybody going that way when they smoke weed. How are you on alcohol? Does that um, are you pretty I'm, nice still? Yeah, I okay. like I I prefer alcohol over what you call it. it feels like so weird saying this, but you know I'm of age, whatever. Um, 
I, I prefer alcohol over weed any day. I, I don't I don't drink a lot. I'm a lightweight, like two shots in and I'm already feeling it. <laughs> but yeah, I with alcohol, I'm more uh, more outgoing than I already am. So, yeah, only I and plus I'm a social drinker. I don't mm-hmm. drink when I'm like you're not a closet drinker. No, yeah. you know, I'm like that's when it gets dangerous when you start having cocktails at per, home. Yeah, just, alone. After like like after work, I'm never like damn, I'm craving a beer or like a shot or anything like that. Like no, never, I'm never seen ever. But not not right, not now. right now, not right now. No. <laughs> no no no. Yeah, where I was going with that, that friend, I saw him around the start of COVID, and he had a kid, and you know his life was just down this different path. And talking to him, I realized, oh, that could have been me. That definitely could have been me. Yeah. Have you ever had that moment? Where you see no. a friend, like a young friend from middle school or from high school, and you're like, oh, shit, you took... And not to knock his path, he mm-hmm. he might be in a great spot. Yeah, right. And um, it's not like these people are bad people, yeah. right? But it's just, I feel like I'm not heavily influenced. I, I am very... Um, I know what I want to do in life, and it's like no amount of people around me could have changed that. Um, so I think that's why I believe, like, the or I don't believe in the saying, like, you are who you hang your or who you are who you hang out with um just because i mean me personally like i said i if i have a goal i'm gonna try to get through it you know so i don't think i would have bought into that idea as much when i was younger okay. like back in high were school were you heavily influenced i've no i've always been pretty steadfast in what i believe the mm-hmm. problem is finding what i believe that's okay. what trips me up is finding what kind of person I want to be, what I want to stand for. Mm-hmm. That are was you, are you my... religious? I was raised Catholic. Okay. Pretty heavily. Yes. Um, yeah. Me, me yeah. too. Me too. It's in the household, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. I have like a rosary in my car and everything. Mm-hmm. I have a, yeah, I wear a cross all the time. Me too. So, Actually, yeah. I had to take it off last night for the show. I don't, I have a Virgencita necklace, um, but I took it off for the show last night and I left it in the, I shouldn't say this where I left it, but <laughs> um yeah, I'm not wearing it right now now that I think of it. Um, but yeah, I, I also turn to religion a lot. Like whenever I'm lost, I'm like, Diosito, like, please help me. <laughs> like, or like, I, I just turn to him a lot. So um, in that aspect, you know, whenever I'm lost, I, I always keep my faith always. Because so, yeah. your, your family's probably pretty oh yeah my my family's really religious and a lot of the time you hear stories where like when you grow up with a really religious family that's when you when you move out that's when you're kind of like the uh the rebel yeah um that was never really the case for me i was uh i enjoyed going to church and um and reading the bible even though i haven't really read the bible in a long time um just finding the time to do so is, is really hard but um podcasts have also helped religious podcasts um yeah just uh I feel like just being religious and following God has, has helped me too a lot. Yeah. It's helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Are you, so you, would you say you're pretty close with God? I would say I have a good That's like a loaded phrase, right? It Are is. you pretty close with God? See, here's the thing. Like you could be religious, but have a bad relationship with God because you can say you, you go to church every week. Um, but if, in that like out of the six days you don't communicate with god or you don't pray it's like what's the use you know what i mean and going to church is very important but i believe um like i i pray i try to pray every morning whenever i remember it's it's uh my schedule's busy but um i think uh keeping a good relationship with god is always good even like whenever i i'm driving you know i'll turn on the music and i'll say a little prayer and just something like that i feel like would really um make your relationship with god better and you feel it like I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's just a feeling you have, for sure. Did you go through 
confirmation and all of yeah. that. Yeah, uh, okay, did the uh, first communion, confirmation. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty. I was pretty Sunday school. I was pretty into it as a kid. My parents, we went to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and I'd go to Sunday school. I mean, it was all the way through. And then I hit confirmation, and that's when I kind of backed off a little bit. Kind of fell. Off. I. Yeah, I kind of fell off of it a little bit. Yeah, like even I, I try to go to church every every Sunday. Do you go to Sacred Heart? Where do you go here? Um, St. Bernard's. So I went to St. Bernard's for like my first two months here. I would, because I live in Arcata and I would drive down to Eureka to go to church. Um, but then uh, my family came to visit and they found a church, St. Mary's, I believe in Arcata. So now I go there. Oh, nice. A little, a little closer. So, yeah. How do you like that church? Oh, I don't think nice. I've ever been there. It's it's really nice that the priest always greets me. It's it's nice. It's definitely smaller because you know growing up, um, growing up to the church back at home, it was just huge. so huge, huge, huge. And over here, it's, it's it's a little smaller. And plus, with COVID, there's even less people. Um, so I always say hi to the priest, and and he's he's great. Um, great lectures. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the church here. Saint Bernard's is always good too. Sometimes I'll see Dave Silverbrand in the choir singing. <laughs> it's always nice, you know. Like the first time seeing him there, I'm like, wait. I think it was like I had just started working there like three weeks and I'm like, wait, is that Dave Silverbrand like <laughs> in the choir? <laughs> and then after when he came to the office, I'm like, Dave, I saw you singing. You have those notes. Like, I like how you sing. And he was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the Dave, uh, Dave says that he like loves that church and all. But it was it was great seeing him there singing yeah. in the choir <laughs> for sure. Have you ever gone to any other churches? Like, like besides, religious? yeah, out of Catholicism. I went to a christian church one time um, what do you think very long very long and i don't know i don't know too much about the christian religion but i i think they go like three times a week for like three hours each oh i didn't know that yeah that's kind of um, intense because my my friend was one of my friends was christian and i uh i went to her church and she was like it's only an hour it turned out it was like three hours i think um still a good religion i i've never really dove into depth with it but um they don't believe in the Virgin Mary, which is, uh, you know, I, I believe in the Virgin Mary 100%. Um, and there's also another other factors that don't really align with the Catholic religion. Um, How does that yeah. come into play with Jesus? They don't believe in the Virgin Mary. They just believe that, like, the attention should be to God and only to God and mm. not... To, I mean, I could totally be wrong on this, but from what I remember... Um, we should only praise Jesus and not the Virgin Mary because to them, it's like the Virgin Mary was selected uh, just randomly to be the mother of Jesus. It could have been any other girl. Um, at least that's, I think, how they see it. But, mm-hmm. you know, mothers play an important role and the Virgin Mary loved Jesus. So it's, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> I went to, when I was living down in Sacramento and going to school, I went to a Christian church a couple times with really? my sister. What, yeah. what did you think about them? I thought it was cool. The pastor did a really good job. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty good pastor. I think it's Pastor Mike. No, that's definitely not it. I don't know what his <laughs> name was. Something. But they did, they had a band. So they would start with worship for maybe 30 minutes of mm-hmm. just them, like a rock band. It wasn't like people singing gospel or anything. It was like a rock band they had for 30 <laughs> minutes at the start of church. And I walked in the first time. And I was like, what is, is what is what? happening right here? Are we, are we taking shots now? Is this church? What? <laughs> But it was where's the wine? Yeah. <laughs> Break out the bread. Let's yeah. go. The body of Christ, I'm ready. It was oh my God, it was, was just interesting seeing that dichotomy cuz uh-huh. in I had always gone to Sacred Heart Church mm-hmm. here. That was like our home church. That's where I did everything. Um I think we did confirmation. Yeah, we I think we did it all there. And that was just a like a culture shock 
to go from that where it's not somber, but it kind of has that, you know, it's serious. We're at church. Yeah. And then you go to this Christian church and they're just jamming out. out. (laughs) What? I I think the church that I went to was really, really small. I don't even think they had music. Um, But that's funny. (laughs) They were all full on rocking out. Um, Yeah. That's... (laughs) I mean, I'm like looking back. I'm like, damn! I wish our Catholic churches had that. I like, know, a little right? rock band I think we going could get on. a lot more people on a free yeah, rock band. Yeah, get, get Dave Solabrand on a mic and a and a guitar. He like, just starts it's rapping. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> just imagine Dave Solabrand just on the beat. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, I don't. Religion is an interesting thing. It is. It is because it means it means something different to every person. What do you mm-hmm. take? What is your view of church? Do you think you can find God without church? Or do you think church is kind of an instrumental part in that? That's a good question. Well, like, you know, it's part of the Ten Commandments. Like, you got to go to church. You know, we we live every day and God is only asking you to go to church just one day out of the week for an hour. Like, it's it's not too much to ask for. And I think church is very important. And also, like, even having, like, the community there, like, worship together. I think that's very important. Um, However, I... I don't know. I, I feel like you can still have a good relationship with God without going to church. There's still the Bible. Still simply talking about talking to him and praying to him. That's that's important. Um, so I guess my final answer is technically, no, you don't have to go to church to have a good relationship with God. But it is very important, I would say. Yeah. It is an easier way to connect with him, right? Yeah, for sure. you go to this specific place with this very specific intention of, mm-hmm. okay, for the next hour, this is what I'm going to do. Right, exactly. I'm not worried about work. I'm not worried about answering emails. Yes. We're exactly. going to church. It's kind of like a, not like a meditation, but it's kind of just like a break for everything and just listening to God and what he has to say. And like nine times out of 10, whatever the lecture is, it's like, I'm relating it to my life. Um, I think uh, when I first moved up here, one of the lectures was like change, you know, change is good for you. Um, getting out of your comfort zone is very important. And that was like, oh, God, like I was like, I'm not much of a crier. But in church, I was like, like, who's who's uh, who's pulling the onions in here? You know, <laughs> like I was kind of tearing up um, just because like moving up here, um, it was hard. There was a lot of growing pains. <laughs> for Subtle <sure>. plug. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of growing pains. So like hearing hearing that lecture about how um, change is important. And as long as you have God in your heart, you know, he'll he'll always make sure you're good. Um, so that was uh, refreshing to hear during that time. So, yeah. Was it hard just because of the culture shock or just being away from your family? Oh, everything. Everything was All a complete it. 180. Like from uh, from paying bills to a new job and uh, living on your own. Like I said, I was I was sharing a room with uh, two other siblings and now I have my own apartment. How great is that though? It is great. I, I it's, it's a privilege to living on your own, especially especially in this economy. Excuse me. Like living on your own is almost impossible. So I, I do. I, I'm very, very grateful that I have the opportunity to live alone, even if it, that even if that means like budget cuts. Like I i'm not buying any designer bags or taking exotic trips um definitely uh, learning how to budget and stay within my means um but again like paying bills on time um electricity wi-fi all of that budgeting my money um culture shock too like i said where i grew up it was like 90 percent latinos and moving up here yeah, there's there's still like a heavy latino community here um but being the only i think um this is what really like got me in God, I would spend nights crying when I first moved up here because, like, in the office, I'm the only Latina. And, you know, I grew up speaking Spanish. Sometimes I can express myself better in Spanish than I do in English. And it's like, 
I really did feel like an outsider and it was nothing that had to do with them. They were great. They were very welcoming. I guess I had to do internally. Like, I guess I have to just um, change my norms a little bit. Um, just the way I expressed myself and all of that I definitely had to change. Um, so, so that was, that was hard. And, uh, again, living, living away from my family on top of that. Um, I couldn't go home and tell like, you know, my brother or my mom or anything, how my day went. Cause I got off work at midnight. They're asleep by then. I can't really vent to anybody at that time. Yeah. Nobody's awake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was very, very difficult. Just getting used to the different culture for sure. Yeah. yeah and like you said, then you have a hard day and who do you talk to? Mm -hmm, exactly. Everybody's Just asleep. Talk to God, literally. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. sure there were a lot of nights where you did do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lots of uh, self-doubt at first. And um, like I said, I, I was talking to my sister, um, I think two months in, um, where I was just experiencing a lot of self-doubt, you know. Um, around the position, around position, just being up here? Uh, I think like 80% had to do with work because I was very hard on myself. And, um, you know, being at my first job, an anchor slash reporter, um, I guess I had very high expectations for myself and whenever I would mess up or I would stumble on my scripting or I would um, say the wrong date or the wrong time on, on air, like, God, I just wanted to crawl into a hole and I was just really, really, really hard on myself. Um, like I used to be a perfectionist and after uh, working here, it's like you have to be okay with making mistakes. And later on, like I, I learned like it's so like a good anchor is someone that can just read perfectly. A good anchor is someone that whenever a hurdle comes they can jump over it with ease and that's what i've tr been trying to learn whenever there whenever i stumble on something just pull it just pull it off you know just to do what you can but before whenever i would mess up i would be so hard on myself and i would be like this isn't for me and also a lot of um just i don't know i also like i've never been to therapy before too so i was like talking to my sister my sister's been to therapy she was like dania you know you need a you need to calm down. Like, it's okay. It's fine. It's life. You know, this is your first job. And, um, you know, it's like, you're going to make these mistakes. And, uh, we, we call this like the, the reporter journey where it's like, you start off at a, at a low market. Right. And then, and then you move on to like a, a, a bigger market. But to me, I was, I, I don't care if this is a low market, right? Like I'm treating this as if I'm working in New York or San Francisco. Like I wanted to be good i wanted to do the community justice you know and she was like tanya it's it's your first job like you're gonna make mistakes people understand that the people you work with understand that and that kind of like took a little bit of ease away from me because i was having a lot of self-doubt where i was like is this job even for me can i handle it um a lot of a lot of self-doubt at first and i still i still get those thoughts every once in a while whenever i mess up or um whenever I don't get something because, you know, I moved up here as a 22 year old who has never been in the community. And this is a very small, tight knit community and um, not knowing a lot about it and, and being a reporter and, and trying to learn more. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, cause then there's people that are like, she doesn't even know how to pronounce the streets. So like, <laughs> so that was, that was a little hard to get, to get used to, but I guess uh, learning not to be too hard on yourself is, is very important. <laughs> That's a I real like. learning curve, right? Yeah. I get pretty, high strung that's what my parents would always say mm -hmm. is you get you get pretty high strung and you start stressing about things that just are out of your control to some extent yeah and in exactly. your situation it's not just okay i want to do a good job because this is my work mm -hmm. there's also the added pressure of this is now going out to the community Everybody. yeah mm -hmm. so if i mess up okay now that mm -hmm. is just out in the ether that's part of it exactly and um i mean the, the viewers are, are very nice for the most part 
Um, but whenever I get that one mean comment, it really puts me down a rabbit hole. Where I'm like, oh, you got to stay out of the comments. I was just telling somebody about that today. You cannot really? go into the comments. Yeah. yeah you gotta, I, you gotta resist. They're, they're nice for the most part, but, um, I remember it was my second night anchoring by myself. So now I'm so pretty new, really new. I was so nervous. So, so nervous. Um, like you can just feel my anxiety through the screen and I was god I messed up a few times I stumbled and then during our break we got a message from a viewer and this was on the um, North Coast News Facebook page on the messenger so all of my coworkers could see it and it said um this girl needs more media training um I can't understand her um someone like I forgot it was like a paragraph I don't even remember what what the guy said but that really tore me down. And then he sent the same message a day later. And then I ended up messaging him directly, like privately through my account. And I was like, hey, I appreciate you being a viewer. It means a lot to us. Um, however, like, please be patient with me. Um, this was when Nazi recently left. So like I had to do more in the, in the it wasn't even just anchoring. It's, it was stories. It was helping produce. And it was, it, I was, I had a lot of my play. And on top of that, we were really, really short staffed. Um, so it was just a lot of anxiety at the time. And I was like, hey, please be patient with me. Like, I'm still learning. And then that's when he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I, I seemed really harsh. And that's when he, like, kind of apologized. Uh, and then later on, like, a week later, he sent me a message saying, like, that I was doing a really good job. So, but but again, like, oh, but when I got that message during break, the first one, when he was like... Um, so you got this and then you have to go back on yes, air. I literally, I was like... And coming up next, like, oh, I was trying, no. trying not to cry. But after the show, this was our 10 o'clock show, I cried. It was my first time crying at work. I cried. My producer came out. God bless him. Like, he was really helpful. Um, but when someone tries to make me feel better, I just start bawling even more. It never helps, right? <laughs> yeah, You're like, and, no, just ignore me no, for a few seconds. Exactly. No, I appreciate him. He, he he had good intentions. But again, like, I was just a mess. And on top of that, 30 minutes later, we had an 11 o'clock show to do. So that was really hard. That's hectic. That was oh, to God. try to pull it back in and no, go back. No, seriously. And of course, it's like I had makeup on. I my mascara was running, so I had to like do touch-ups while I was crying. Um, oh God, it was uh, that that day was was really bad. And and I the th on top of that, like I knew I was doing a bad job, and then that message just solidified it, and it just made me feel even worse. Um, but yeah, I had to pull it together and, and do the other show and, and and I did it, even though I wanted to go home and, and cry in my bed. And <laughs> that's exactly what I did after the show. Um, but that day was rough <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think those moments are important. You think? As much as they <laughs> suck. Listen, I will be the first one to admit it'd be nice if we never had to have those. Yeah. I'm sure in that moment, if I would have said that, you would have just been like, no, I don't think so. I could have done without this message. But I think, I mean, look at where you are now. I think, unfortunately or fortunately, those play into it. Mm -hmm. I think those make us have thicker skin, if nothing else. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's just me trying to be optimistic no, in that yeah, situation. It, it, it really does. Um, you know, that night, it was either, it was like do or die. Because I, 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 you, you stayed. And think about how yeah. many people would have been in that position and had that comment and just threw in the towel and yeah. said i can't do this this is and then on top of that i didn't me. want to let my team down like they produced these two shows and and they put a lot of work into this and i was the only um i'm telling you we're really short-staffed even to this day where i'm the only talent um in the night side or on the night side um so if if something were to happen to me 
um, no, there would be no newscast. Um, and unless, um, you know, because we have also Michael Patterson and Austin Castro. But of course, it's like, they're not working. Who wants to get out of bed and run and do two newscasts? So I don't want to bug them if I'm like, my stomach hurts or like something going on. So I, I really had to like suck it up and, and go through it. Um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So that's what that's, they say. Yeah. That is what they say. Yeah. So it, it definitely uh, made me stronger. <laughs> now when I read those comments, I'm like, you know what? It's it's fine. And, and I, I get it. Like if I'm watching a newscast and, uh, you know, like someone's stuttering or, you know, it's like um, I would want to watch a clear newscast. I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like I'm still delivering the news. Like it's not like you can't fully understand me. Um I think but I understand th- you fine. I don't understand <laughs> where that comes from. But, um, oh no, actually growing up, I had a really severe stuttering problem. Really? Really bad. I'm like, looking back, I'm like, why didn't my mom take me to like speech therapy? Because my stutter was insane. Like Spanish was my first language. English was my, I didn't learn Was English it stuttering until. going to English? Um, Did you stutter in Spanish both, as well? Both. Oh, wow. A really bad stuttering problem. And I, I guess I just grew out of it. I still have it. Didn't fully go away, but um, not as bad as it once was. And all of my cousins, when they found out that I wanted to be a news reporter, they were like, Honey, you're going to stutter. Like, you're going to be like, breaking news. Like, <laughs> they were like making fun of me because, like, I, my stutter was really bad. Um, uh, and sometimes, like, when I get really nervous, I will stutter on air. That That's when it comes out. But I'm hoping in the future, once, uh, once I get better, it'll it'll go away for sure. Yeah. And you never did anything. You never saw a speech pathologist, nothing, nothing like that. Nothing. Mm-mm. Is that normal? Do they normally? Can you grow out of them? I don't know. That... I never. I never really looked into it. Honestly, hmm. um, never looked into it. I'm sure you you can grow out of it. I didn't fully grow out of it. Yeah. I still have a stuttering problem, but. Um, I don't know. Now it's more really like a nerves know. thing. I guess I guess you. it is. Um, you know, anxiety and and being in the spotlight can sometimes trigger it too. Do so. you get pretty nervous when it's time to go on air? Yeah. I got in a little better at it, just a little bit. Um, it's just because like all those lights on you, you're right there by yourself on the desk, and um, I I get to this day I get really nervous with street names. I get so nervous or even like people's names. I get really nervous when I see it on the teleprompter. I'm like, I hope I pronounce this right. I really do hope. Um, so whenever I, like, I'm reading and I see a name pop up, that's when I start getting a little nervous. Cause I'm like, I don't want to, who wants their names mispronounced? Mm-hmm. So I try to do my best. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still get nervous at the start of the show. I think that's, that's never going to go away. No matter how many years of experience you have, I feel like you're always going to be nervous. <laughs> always get those jitters yeah. right before. But, um, Pretty soon, Austin is going to be anchoring with me. Oh, that'll be so, cool. So fun. Me and him, we have really good chemistry. I'm really excited. He's he's great. I've learned so much from him. Um, we're going to be anchoring together. So having someone else on the desk and kind of... And that's will be like, helpful. Yeah, it's more traditional too. Usually on the news, there's there's two people on the desk. So you guys can talk back and forth. And when, when you're up there by yourself, you're technically... You know, whenever you do... When, whenever I ad lib, it's just me talking to myself. Yeah, you can't really <laughs> crack jokes by yourself, no, right? No, no. <laughs> at all and on top of that i suck at jokes so having austin there is going to be great so i can't wait for him to to come on board and anchor with me was that just a staffing thing did it was just you okay Mm -hmm. how many anchors do they normally have in rotation if they were fully staffed oh just 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 two two. because i feel like we try to uh, brand ourselves where it's like um the night side with danya like you know danya is in charge of doing like the um, the, the late shows, you know, but then now with Austin's going to come on, it's going to be like Austin and Danya doing the late shows. So there's never really a rotation. We kind of like stick to the same people. Um, and so that's yeah. just to build that recognition 
yeah for you guys? somewhat okay. yeah that's why we have like promos you know and, and stuff like that so yeah that'll be exciting yeah no it really you'll get to riff a little bit more with him up there yeah no he's he's great i love austin actually graduated from sf state with me too oh wow but i never got to meet him because again it was all Online on zoom classes. and we only had one class together i believe on zoom um so we knew of each other but we never actually like hung out and um actually like when nazi told me that like austin was gonna was gonna be working with me i got so excited but so nervous because austin is so talented i'm sure you've seen his work he is so talented great reporter and although i was really excited i was so intimidated because i'm like oh my god like and i don't look at him as competition at all like we help each other if anything like he's always helps me out whenever i have a problem he's like how can i help let me help you great person to work with um but i was intimidated because i'm like oh my god like i'm I'm going to compare my work to his and it's not going to be as great. And there's also uh, that too, a little self-doubt. But again, I just know, and I'm so grateful because I've learned so much from him. Um, I just know that us, we two on the desk, we're going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, there's that trope of steel sharp and steel, right? So if you guys never are... Heard of that. Oh, you never heard no. of That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's if you are in, if you are working with somebody who's really good, it's going to make mm. you better because yeah. you're going to have to rise to the occasion mm -hmm. and then they're going to have to get better because they're going to want to keep up with you. So you guys are working together. In a healthy way, though. In a healthy very, way. Very, very healthy. That's the never, thing, right? If it starts getting negative and a little toxic, that yeah, becomes problematic. It really does. It really does. And you guys yeah. are really, I mean, you're a team up there. Yeah, exactly. You have to have each other's backs. Exactly. Um, no, never had a problem with anyone that I worked with, thank God. Because um, I, I, you know, I always hear horror stories about like, my coworkers suck and I hate going to work because of them. Not the case here. We're all very helpful. We all understand the situation we're in. We're short staffed and we want to produce the best newscast ever. So we all come together. We all help each other. Um, I like feel bad because I'm like, I, I'm always asking for help. And I'm like, aren't you? I feel like you guys are being too nice to me. Like, be mean to me. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I know I'm bugging you guys. Um but no, they're, they're always ready to lend a helping hand. And I'm very, very grateful that I get to work with these people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's that weird stereotype. And I don't know how true this is of, of news anchors kind of being against each other because you're trying to get to that primetime spot, right? Yeah. Is that true? Not, um, I guess it's true when it comes to moving to other markets. That's when people get competitive. Because you're, when... you're trying to get in there. Mm, you yeah. You your foot in the door. But luckily, like... Um, here in the news station we're not competitive at all like when um whenever there is a there, there's a hard story or you know a story that's going to get a lot of views or a very important story um usually austin will take it because he works stateside so his shift starts at 10 30 um and he pretty much has like all day to turn in a package for our six o'clock show 10 30 in the morning 10 30 in the morning okay. so he has like all day and, and it's it's fine you know he's in charge of that story and plus every story that he's done he's just executed it perfectly i i can rant about how great of his stuff is all day but um he's kind of in charge of that of those stories um whereas me like i come in at three in the afternoon and have a story done by six o'clock show so my my time frame is a little like it's it's just crunch so i don't really get like the, the really big stories or have time to produce the really big stories um like he does um but again whenever there, there there's a big story like i it's it's like he, he doesn't and that's totally fine because in other cases like other reporters kind of fight for that story um but i know like he has more time i know he can tell the story better so it's i leave it up to him for sure how does that work when you're deciding what story to run with are you coming into the office on a clean slate oh god no that, deciding? that first, would be terrifying that, oh that i gave it would give me so much so much anxiety because as a reporter sometimes you have to work off the clock you kind of have to scroll through and, and try to find a story and 
and hope that like it you you get that interview right and there's been times where the story's going great and then the interviewee cancels on me so then I have to cut the story um, which is unfortunate but so like for me I try to have a story by by three o'clock when I come in but it's it's hard so michael thank god michael is our news or is our new news director um great i've learned so much from him i even told him like i've learned more from you than my professors in in college he's i've learned so much from him um but usually he'll have a story prepared for me since he knows like it's, it's hard to uh to come up with a story, to get the interviews, to shoot, to edit, to write the scripts all before our six o'clock show, which is in less than three hours. Um, so usually he'll have me covering like, um, like elections that are coming up and, um, other, other events that are, that are going on in, in Eureka and, and in the North coast. So yeah, that's, that's usually how it goes. Um, and then sometimes when there's a, there's like a bigger story, like I remember I covered, um, this one Latina who opened her business at the Bayshore Mall and I covered that story. And I had, um, from my, from when I started at three until like the night side. So I kind of had time to kind of like really focus on that, on that story. So it's great when I have more time to, to do a story, obviously, cause it'll, the product will be better. So yeah, that's usually how it goes. What happens in those situations where you have an idea for a story, you get the interview booked, they cancel, and then it's three o'clock? Mm, then Does Michael case, have that backup story? Um, usually they just cut it and then they just add um, another national story that's going on in the world. They'll they'll cover it to make time. Um, but sometimes whenever interviews fall through, we just cut the story. We have to. It's no no point if we don't have another voice in it. Yeah. So yeah. That's gonna be frustrating. Does that happen a lot? Um, it's happened a few times, or sometimes they'll reschedule where they're like, "Oh, we can only talk after five. and I'm like, well, "Our show's that doesn't know me." Yeah. yeah, but I'll I'll still do the interview because we always want to get that voice in. Um, but it'll just be for our ten and eleven o'clock shows. So, so you have to have it. You have to have it completely done by by three or by six, um, ideally by three. Ideally, uh, before six. So I start before at six. I start at, I come into the office at three, okay. and then we don't have our meetings until like three fifteen ish. So we really don't get to start working until like after our meeting, like at three thirty. So it's that to do a whole story in under three hours. It's it's tough. It sounds yeah. like it. It is. So it's you have from three thirty to six to, to to polish it all up. Yeah, but and most, you're editing, you're yeah, you're clipping it, you're putting it how you want it. Exactly, exactly. It's it's that's a lot. It's crunch time. It's it's anxiety provoking and. I didn't have much anxiety before coming here, um, but with this job, it's like I started getting more anxiety, but however, I've learned how to control it. And it's just like, you know, at one point in life, everyone has, everyone goes through anxiety. I feel like it's, it's not natural, but like, I feel like at one point everyone goes through it. So I started going through it when I moved up here, but um, I'm slowly trying to learn how to control it, if that makes sense. How do you work through that anxiety? Breathing. <laughs> that's a good, that's, some, a, that's a useful trick. Like, I'll just be like... On the desk, and um, my producer would be like, "Danya, you you good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. I just I just need to breathe. I need to breathe. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, just just breathing, honestly, <laughs> and caffeine." So, <laughs> do you ever have a day where you, it's just not going great, and you have no idea what your story is gonna be, and you don't know what you're gonna pick up, and you're kind of um, at first. Yes, and I still do because I always I always want to look for stories here. And unfortunately, Eureka is a, is a small city; not not much goes on here. That's why I love Breakers. Whenever there's there's something going on, whenever there's I'm, I'm you know for unfortunately you know when there's breaking when there's news breaking news when, there, okay. when there's a fire. Sorry, break, Breakers. Yeah, breakers. I'm, not in, I'm not in the breakers, system. I just had to clarify. Yes, <laughs> when there's like fires or or car accidents going on, um, 
at first I was so scared to cover them because I'm like, oh my God, like, I, I don't know. This is breaking news. I, I'm nervous. But now whenever we hear stuff on the scanner, like, oh, there's a car accident here, go cover it. Um, I'll rush over and do it. And then that sometimes will be like what I, what I type up in the show. Um, but yeah. Do you ever go live from the scene? Yes. Up? Facebook oh, lives. Do. Okay. Yes. Facebook lives. Um, and again, at first I was so scared because people don't understand like where we get there and we're like in real time. We don't know what's going on yet. Officials are still investigating what caused the accident. Like we, we know as much as like the viewers know, we're just here to show you what's going on and gather as much information as we can. Um, so sometimes, um, comments can be like, you know, what, what happened? What what caused this? And then I'll be like, Hey, like, I'm going to wait till officials are done assisting with the scene. They're done. uh, They're done. um, speaking to the people involved and then I'll ask. Um, but yeah, as soon as I get on scene and I see two cars crash and I'm like, that's when I start the, the live and I'm like, Hey, I'm on uh, Boone and I Street. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I, I tell them the cross streets. I tell them what time the call came through, the car is involved, how much damage. I, I tell them what I see. And then um, sometimes if I'm lucky enough, like recently this, uh, a few days ago, Eddie, which is um, Nazi's husband, he uh, he's a sergeant for the Eureka Police Department. Um, I saw him on scene and I was on Facebook Live and I'm like, okay, guys, there's, a, there's an official here. He looks like he has time to talk to me. I'm going to go ask him what's going on. So then that's when I... Um, I ask officials on Facebook Live, like, hey, what's going on? Most, nine times out of ten, they'll say, like, oh, we're still investigating. But it's just that confirmation to, mm-hmm. to the viewers that, like, hey, they're still investigating what, what happened. Because I get it. Like, whenever there's a car accident, I'm like, I'm curious. Was, was the DUI involved? Like, did someone run a red light? Like, um, but again, I feel like um, you, you you run with what you, with what you have, you know? Um, and, yeah, like, sometimes the viewers are just, they, they want to know more. But, unfortunately, I'm like... I, know, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't make this up. You know, I can't yeah. say uh, Superman came in and, you know, like I, I can't make anything up. It's it's all what officials say and what I see. So, yeah. Is that your favorite part is going out? Yeah, I, like I started to like it a lot more um, just because I'm, I'm curious whenever something happens. I'm like, what what happened? Like, I, I'm going to rush out over there and, and and see 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 what see what went on. And like nine times out of ten, I feel like uh, the accidents are on Broadway, which is a very like notorious street. For, Hot spot, for, especially I, down by Broadway Medical. That place is yeah, always getting hit. Always. And I uh, a few months ago, there was a car that that crashed into the Pine Motel. And uh, I felt so bad. It was like a, it was like an old person who I guess uh, I'm not sure if he uh, fainted on the wheel or knocked out. I don't know what what exactly happened, but he essentially just like crashed into the Pine Motel, and that was my story for the day. I did a live shot there, um, and yeah. But um, breaking news is is a good and bad thing. Um, I remember there was one in Trinidad. There was a fire. Uh, there was a fire. And we believe it was a coroner's case. We believe someone like passed away in, in the fire. Um, and it was it was over in Trinidad and it was for I was going to anchor with Michael. That was when Nazi was still here. So we were double anchoring. It was Michael and I. And when we hear breakers like that, we we send someone out no matter what, no matter how. I think it was what time was it? I think it was like 930 and our show's at 10. And we heard this call that there was a fire in Trinidad. Um, I rushed over there. I did a live shot. But before the live shot. It was so, so hectic because um, a lot of the neighbors did not want me there. They were like, this is um, tribal land. We don't want media here. And thankfully, there was a lot of sheriffs there and they confirmed that it, it is public land and that I was able to like film and do do a live shot there. But unfortunately, the neighbors were very like against it. 
they did not want me there and and it's I, I get it I get it you know if if someone if someone you know is in danger you don't want media covering what what's going on and I, I get it but at the same time like people need to understand like it's it's my job it's what I'm here for it's people notify the public that there there's a fire going on here to not access this area and um so that was really hard and thankfully the sheriff's kind of like guarded me while I did my live shot because there was people threatening me to, to like take out their dogs and and oh, someone geez. someone was wa- waving like some some lady was like waving around her her cane saying like threatening me that she was gonna hit me with it that was hard and doing a live shot when all of that is going on in the background is uh intimidating trying yeah but yeah was that your sketchiest moment would you say oh I one of them I've had um because again as an MMJ whenever whenever you see a reporter do a live shot well most of the time um they'll have a photog right someone in the back holding the camera um but for us here since we're really short-staffed the reporter is in charge of the camera and everything so when i do live shots at night it's just me by myself at night so it's i i think the scariest situation and the one where i was very very vulnerable um, again, it was in Trinidad. It was when Hunter Lewis, the, I believe he was 19 years old from McKinleyville, I believe. Um, he, uh, went missing. He went missing out of the Trinidad Harbor. He was kayaking and then. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a story how, um, agencies stopped the search and this was for a six o'clock show, but this was before daylight savings. So this was when it was getting dark at five o'clock. Um, so when I got there before, before the show, it was already pitch black. And I was in an empty parking lot. I was setting up and this truck rolls by and it's this dude, um, not much older than me. He goes, Hey, you're, you're really beautiful. And I'm like, whenever that happens to me, I'm like, I kind of go into like shock mode because I'm by myself in an empty parking lot. And this truck rolls by with some random dude. And I'm like, I automatically pull out my phone. I start like looking for Nazi's contact, my news director, just to have someone on the phone with me. And then he, he's still there as I'm like, trying to like call her and he goes um do you got a boyfriend and I didn't I didn't even look at him I was like oh my god I was like I was like shaking because I was so nervous like to this day I'm like looking back I'm like I shouldn't have been out there alone they shouldn't have sent me out there um but he stayed there for a cool like minute or so and just uh kept making comments like that and um luckily he saw that I wasn't paying attention and just drove off and um you know, Nazi answered. I'm like, hey, Nazi, you know, I don't like this. This guy came up to me. He started making like, you know, comments. Um, and Nazi was like, if, if you don't feel safe, you can leave. However, like he had already left. So I'm like, OK, I think I think I'm good to, to do this live shot. I don't see him anywhere around anymore. Um, so I ended up doing the live shot. But I feel like I was so vulnerable where he could have just picked me up and taken me. So I like looking back now, I know not to go anywhere where I know it's very um alone and dark um i will now ask for someone to come with me in those scenarios because that was really scary um and then another one where it was um it was scary but not as scary because there was a lot of officers on scene so i didn't feel as uh, vulnerable um was when i was covered was when someone crashed into the dawn's rental in broad on broadway and that happened like 30 minutes before our 10 o'clock show so it was like 9 30 it was it was like the same time it was uh it was like at night and um i was setting up for the live shot and i was waiting to go on air and uh this one lady comes up to me and just starts screaming in my face just screaming and i'm like trying to flag down officers like hey like help me like this lady's and this is like as she's like screaming in my ear and luckily like one officer came like shoot her away 
but like that was scary to me because I'm like if she touches me like I'm gonna throw hands like I'm gonna I'm gonna fight someone before my life shot um but luckily she she didn't uh she didn't touch me but she was like screaming and like damn near spinning in my face um but yikes yeah, and I was by myself, so it's not like uh, someone was there to, to really help me. So that's Is that just standard protocol, or that's, again, because short-staffed? Short-staffed. and uh, Would they normally send you out with, with, with someone, someone to do the camera or something? Yeah, yeah, typically, um, if, if we have enough people, you know. Even if someone who's not trained with the camera, as someone in our production, can like at least come and just be there with me. Because, um, again, like in that case like i will always refer back to the case when i was in trinidad by myself like that was not safe whatsoever someone straight up could have just abducted me like and how long have you been here at that point a few months oh god when did the hunter lewis um situation happen before daylight savings um was it last year I lose track of time. I know. Time is... I, I lose track of time. Um, but I was there for probably, I would say, more than three or four months. Okay. But still um, pretty new. Still pretty new um, when that happened. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really scary. And do you carry any pepper spray? No. Oh, wow. I... Um, I was covering a story at the courthouse, and you know when you cover stories at the courthouse, they you have to go through security. I had a pepper spray um, with me because I always carry, or I don't carry it anymore because they they took it from me, they confiscated it because I was not allowed to enter the courtroom without with pe- with pepper spray. Um, so ever since then, I just was too lazy to buy a new one. So I, sh- I should. But you're gonna have <laughs> one after this I, podcast comes out. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> gonna head out to yeah. Walmart and go buy one. <laughs> um yeah i was not i was not strapped i was i did not have anything on me strapped that's yeah <laughs> strapped carrying my pepper spray yeah <laughs> yeah no did not have anything on me yikes yeah. and plus on top of that like i'm also thinking like these the, like the camera the tripod it's so expensive and i was like that's a big that thing was, too was, right you're responsible for that and if something were to happen to it um it's on you and it makes you look bad and unfortunately relatively recently um god i hate to admit this but i i dropped a camera and it was uh, a month ago i believe i was setting up for a live shot in front of the newsroom i was doing a weather shot how telling everyone like oh it's it's raining outside because it was raining pretty heavy but luckily we have like a little um like a what do they call it like the roof that extends a little bit Um, oh like an awning yeah an awning there you go um i had an we had an awning so like you know my camera was there but unfortunately the the sidewalk like curved a little bit so my uh tripod wasn't stabilized all the way so as i turned my back to turn on my live view kit which is what we use to go live i turn my back i'm turning on the live view kit i just hear oh and i turn around and the camera is just and the thing is the camera was on the tripod so it was, it was even like a bigger impact it was just so bad and it was in front of the newsroom, so of course everyone saw. And I'm like, great, this just had to happen in front of everybody. Um, but thankfully, like everyone rushed to the rescue. My producer came, like, Daniel, do you need help with anything? Like, um, Austin came out with his camera. I, I used his camera. Um, again, very helpful team. Even though I completely messed up one of the most expensive equipment we have, they still came to the rescue and they still helped me. Still did the live shot, holding back tears because I'm like, great, I really just dropped this camera. Um, God, you have no idea what happens behind the scenes before a show. Um, still had to pull it together. Um, did the shot after 
I kind of explained to Michael, like, because he was, he was, um, at the time, Nazi had already left. So I was talking to my news director and I was like, hey, like, the, I did it. It was, it was completely my fault. Like, I'm not trying to make up excuses. Like, I should have, um, adjusted the tripod to, like, the surface of the sidewalk. Like, it's completely my fault. Um, and I just, I, no one to blame but myself. And, um, he was like, I get it. It, 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 he tried to make me feel better. He was like, this happens to a lot of reporters. Like a lot of reporters drop their cameras. Just don't let it happen again. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try. Um, but, uh, now like he kind of gave me an update that apparently, um, they're fixing the camera. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be all, all good. The camera's just under surgery right now. Um, but that was bad. Cause yeah. again, like you're in charge of that equipment. Like, and everybody's and, there. It's not like yes. you're out in the field and you're like, I don't know what happened. I just went back to my car and no, I and I I can't lie either. Like I suck at lying, um. So I just told him straight up. I was like, I turned my back and it just fell. And well, I'm sure he appreciated that. Yeah, I'm. I yeah, no, I I suck at BSing. So I'm like, I'm not even gonna try to lie. It was it was all me. And I will always admit, um, when when it when it's my fault. Even sometimes when it's not my fault, I'm like. Oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. But um, in that scenario, it's like, as a reporter, as an MMJ, like, you're in charge of the camera, you're in charge of the mic, everything you're in charge of. So if you feel like, that's like your baby. It's like, it's not, it's not like dropping a baby, but it's... Well, that's your lifeline to yeah. everything, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how you do your stories. Uh, but thankfully, uh, we had another camera on deck that I'm using now. But that was definitely A scary. moment, yeah. yeah. That was definitely damn it i probably just did this felt like i took an l for sure yeah part of the learning curve right yeah and again he was just trying to make me feel better and and i hear a lot of stories like reporters dropping the cameras or for messing up this and that i'm sure it happens a lot yeah i mean unfortunately it does happen a lot um and then just recently um uh i guess uh someone's camera like got stolen and at another station so it's there there's going to be more stricter protocols when it comes to equipment for sure and totally understandable like those cameras are really expensive and it's not like we're like a we're, we're a big station that has a lot of resources too we need to take care of what we have we're even like blessed to have another camera as a backup um so i do understand that and now it's like a lesson learned where i try to make sure everything is is in place before i do a live shot so definitely like a lesson learned for sure but unfortunately a camera had a break <laughs> because of that those those painful lessons, right? Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of those in my life. I feel like if it... <laughs> biggest one. Yeah. My biggest one? I... Oh, this was a one of the more painful ones. Mm-hmm. I had just bought in this 75 Camaro. Oh, nice. Just bought it. Uh-huh. Had it for 10 minutes. Drove over to my buddy's house to show him it. And I take him and his brother around the block and pull back up in front of their house and i wasn't gonna get out but we were talking and i was like oh you know i'll pop out because i was gonna show him maybe pop the trunk or do something yeah. like that <laughs> how I, old were you i who it was my junior year okay i think you bought a 75 camaro i bought a lot of cars Dang, i okay. was not good with money back in the day <laughs> I, you know thinking back to when i said you know i was a good kid i i don't know that might have been an You're exaggeration yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Any justice. anyways open the door and i've had the car for 30 minutes open the door and a car is going by and it just crunches the side because these are this is a 75 so it's an all metal door it's heavy nothing happened to my door Mm -hmm. but the side of her car there's a indent and a scrape all along and it was probably a like an 04 camry or something Uh and it scratched the whole length of her car 
I was just sitting there. I didn't even get out of the car. I just sat there for a second. I was like, this, this is happening. This is happening. Oh my God. You're just paralyzed. Yeah. Because you're like, I, uh, like, what do you do? What do you do? It's already happened. You've already made the mistake. You know, it's going to be a painful lesson. That was a rough one. That That was a big one. God. But then again, I always, here's the thing. Same thing with, with, with the car. Of course, it's, it's different but with a car with a camera they're all materialistic things Mm -hmm. what's important is that we're safe that and that's what i always tell myself like a a camera is replaceable a car is replaceable but we're not as long as we're safe our sanity is in place that's all that matters really of course it sucks that your 75 camaro got damaged but no mine was fine which almost made it worse because (laughs) if it was damaged to my car and not hers that would have been ideal Mm -hmm. then it's like okay i'll eat that it was my lesson okay it sucks that she had to be a part of that Mm -hmm. but and it actually worked out because we know a guy who owns a body shop. So we just took it over there and he like okay. buffed it out. And then I think I paid the lady off. So we didn't have to. Yeah. I allegedly, <laughs> allegedly paid her off. And okay. she just took the money and that was that. But that was a, that was a rough lesson. Oh, thank- yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it could always be worse. I could have stepped out and it, gotten, you know, yeah. eight pavement, and that would have been a problem. But see, I always try to see. It, I, I, I always say it could have always been worse. Mm-hmm. It could have always been worse. Like, thank God that the camera is repairable. Um, the camera could have literally fell onto the street and someone could have ran over it, or like. And then you uh, have a liability. Yeah. Someone crashes their car, and then. <laughs> oh no! Don't even. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, right? Oh God. Um. It could have always been worse. That's that's what I always tell myself. To try to make myself feel better. <laughs> but that's true, right? Yeah. It could always be worse. It, it really could. Perspective so. is important. Yes, it Perspective really is. Perspective is very it important. Really is. Mentality on everything is really important, for sure. Like, if I looked at the negative on everything, I would not be here, for sure. So. That's a good mindset to have. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's helpful. Yeah, it is. It is. Helpful when it comes to a lot of situations, whether it be like work, relationships, um, day-to-day always good to have yeah yeah because if you get sucked into the negativity i'm sure you know people i know people like that where it's just they're just negative mm-hmm. or they complain about you know i'm not where i want to be in life and i'm not yeah, i'm not and they're not I, doing anything about it that's what so, that's my biggest mm-hmm. pet peeve i can understand we all have a different deck of cards yeah. that we're born into exactly and nobody can knock you for that but when you complain consistently and do nothing to change what you're complaining about, mm-hmm. that then it's like, oh, I can't, I can't. Help. If you are looking for help and you want to better your circumstances, I will be right there to help yeah. you, whatever I can. Exactly. But if you're complaining and I'm trying to give you solutions or help you or say, hey, we could do this and you don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. it's like you're offering yourself as a resource and they're not taking it. Or even I, ju- I yeah, totally just get help. That. Yeah. Just, like if I, if I don't even know how to help you, if there's time i can give you or something like mm-hmm. or i can d- direct you in the right direction or just be a shoulder something. to lean on if you're struggling. I, um, yeah i totally get you on that like work ethic and and just having that mindset is very important and i think my dad for that a lot my dad like oh god like he really is uh is everything to me he grew up in a very uh small farm in mexico moved up here when he was like 11 years old um the first in his family to graduate high school um went to college community college for a little bit unfortunately financial problems came couldn't couldn't finish his, his Sounds college like my dad. really yeah. <laughs> um yeah but into, my, my dad like uh god oh, he's in his mid-50s but still working that like 12-hour shift that hard two worker a, 2 a.m to like sometimes doesn't get home to like 1 p.m and um having that like working mentality my dad he comes home with a smile on his face he's not like 
my mom's name is Maurice. And I'm like, Maurice, make me food or anything like that. He always comes home smiling. Um, sometimes he even cooks for himself. Like, he's not a, a, a machista. You know, a lot of Mexican dads are. Nothing like that at all. Um, but just his mentality, his work ethic, like, I look up to a lot. And I admire so much. Do you think that comes from the culture, that work ethic? Uh, yes. I think, you know, the stereotype, like, Mexicans work a lot. I, um, It's a stereotype, but it's kind of true, right? <laughs> it, it, it's no, it kind of really true. true. It really It really is true. Like, I, I have a lot of tios that, uncles, sorry, tios, um, that came to this country and have been really successful, again, for that work ethic, just hustling and investing money to where it, 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 it grew and they're, they're doing great. Um, so I, I think so. Like a lot of my tios, a lot of my cousins, my, my brother is a really hard worker. Um, yeah, I think, I think it is in the culture. Honestly, I can't think of one uncle or, or cousin that I have is that's, that's lazy. Honestly. I mean, sometimes we're all lazy once in a while, but um every everyone in my family they're they're all hustlers for sure i mean imagine coming to a country not even knowing the language and, and making a living and that's also another thing that pushed me and that kind of gave me like that tunnel, tunnel that tunnel vision where like i need to be successful for my family like my family just sacrificed so much for me to just throw it all away you know what i mean um so you know through college even though i was i was struggling and sometimes i took the wrong courses and just navigating through college can be tricky um but i pushed through it because you know i had my dad in mind where like you know if, if he grew up with the same resources as me he, i can't imagine he, he could have been at a better place you know doing being a, like making a career for himself you know but um you know i i, I always do it for my dad and uh, putting him in a better position in life. That that's my goal to be successful and helping my dad out and helping him when he retires. So that's that's my biggest goal for sure. I think about that a lot in terms of pursuing passion mm -hmm. because sure. they didn't have that opportunity. Yes, like exactly. that's my view is like I you, get emotional just thinking about it. Like you almost owe it to them because yes. they didn't have that opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Um, I guess that's like another like um, I almost feel guilty in a way where it's like, damn, like I really grew up with these resources. I, I grew up with the English language. I, I grew up um, with with school and education because education in Mexico, you can only imagine like my my parents grew up in a really, really, really small town in Mexico tiny um love it though shout out mezcala i love that town but it's super small not a lot of resources um so for them to come out of that and uh provide a living for not only me but my siblings it's a lot and i sometimes feel guilty because you know i'm, I'm here i'm i have this career but it's not me like i owe it all to my family i really do it's it's all does them. that weigh on you <laughs> um a little think bit about that? a little bit i think about that i think about that in terms of i see the work that my parents and my grandparents had to go through mm -hmm. and then you compare that to the work that you like i'm this they, is my work and i'm like what like how does exactly. that stack up like they, that's they a hard really, pill to swallow sometimes they really set us up because my parents didn't grow up with generational wealth like you know like a lot of people that have been in this country for a long time they they generate that wealth um my dad had nothing my dad literally had nothing um my when he moved up here, my mom was still living in Mexico. Um, she didn't move up here until they got married at, my mom was 20. My dad was like 22. That's when they moved together in the country. Um, and my mom was pregnant. My dad was just crunching numbers. My mom tells me like, we had a budget like crazy. Like you have no idea what we had to go through. Like 
it was a lot. So just imagine just making minimum wage with a newborn and not really knowing the language. It's just so Being hard. Being in a foreign country. Yes. Exactly. Away from your home, away from your friends, away from your family. With a newborn. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's crazy. And I and whenever like I'm I think I'm having a bad life, I'm like I didn't have it nearly as bad as they did. You know, that's I always try to put perspective and you know, if, if they got through it, I could go through it too. So I think my the thing I struggle with the most in terms of perspective on that issue is when I hear people complain, again, that they're not making enough, that they're not where they feel they should be. Mm-hmm. And then they try to diminish other people's experiences for where they are. It's like, you don't know what they had to work. You don't know how they got there. Exactly. Like, you're mad because you're not there, but you don't know. You didn't see the... You don't know the hustle. They you don't know the 80-hour work weeks that yeah. they put in, and you're over here working 40 and complaining that you're not exactly. there. I struggle with that sometimes because I want to be you want to be compassionate and understanding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course. It's of course. hard to just say, oh, we'll work harder. Of course. But sometimes that comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do have to work harder. Also, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that could play, in it, play into it. It could be like, you know, mentally they're not doing well or... Um, you know, maybe they have to take care of their sibling and their parents. And there's a lot of things that they have on their plate where it's it's kind of holding them back from from. That's succeeding. almost only an excuse or not even an excuse. That's almost only a viable option for us now, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think to my parents, I don't think I ever took saw my dad take a sick day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like my he would come either. home at lunch and try to maybe sleep for 20 minutes on lunch yeah. and then go back to work. Yeah. It's like I. I I stay home because I'm sick. I'm like, oh, I feel, straight I feel up. shitty. Yeah, honestly, straight up. I in my I should be working right now. <laughs> exactly. In my nine slash ten months here, I've only ever and recently I took another day off um, because I had to go to my cousin's quince. But before this past weekend, I had only taken two days off, and one of them was to visit my grandma, and then another day. Oh God, I forgot what I, I took the other day off for. But I've only taken two days off in the nine to ten months that I've been up here that I've been working. And keep in mind, we don't have holidays off, so we still work holidays. Um, and again, it's just I feel guilty when I call off work. Even even I could be sick. And <laughs> when I got COVID, I I woke up and I couldn't even talk. Like I woke up with this sore throat, fatigued, and I texted um Michael and I was like, hey, I like physically can't get out of bed i can't talk i will still work from home like i still offered i'm like i will work from home and and he let me i was in charge of writing the articles but i always find a way to you like work keep... you work from home wow yeah i, I mean it's hard but I, I still did the articles and all the digital stuff um but i still offered my services because i just i'm like i just hate calling off work and again my dad he's in a better position now obviously but he still picks up calls when he's off work. Like he's he's still working when he's not working. Even though sometimes I'm like, Dad, take it easy. Like you don't gotta pick up those calls. You're off. You're off work. But I do the same too. Like whenever there, there's there's a breaker when I'm off because I start at three, but something goes on like at twelve or one in Arcata, Michael will sometimes give me a call saying, Hey, Danya, can you go check this out? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of law enforcement in this area. I'll I'll run out in my pajamas. On my I'll try to change, but I'll I'll run out and check it out. I'll I'll always uh be available when it comes to work for sure. So. Gotta that's the mindset hustler, right hustler mentality yeah some people are not fans of that no and i get it i mean there's capitalism um and i get it you know there's always a boundary too you got to set a boundary you know whenever you're, you're on vacation you're on vacation you know you don't i don't want to be checking emails on vacation um but i guess it also comes have 
comes with being passionate about what you're doing. Like I'm passionate about reporting. So of course, even though I want to finish watching my ne- my Netflix episode, if you call me and there's something going on, like I'll go check it out. Like I genuinely want to do that. Um, same thing when I was sick, I genuinely wanted to help. I gen- I still wanted to keep up with what was going on in the news. I did the articles. I it's something that I wanted to do. So I get it. If uh, if you're working at a job where you're not passionate and it's like um you know you gotta it's hard for you to go to that job. I, I do get it why people don't have the same mentality where they're all that's the when it days. comes into play. Yeah, for sure. For Passion. Sure. But even, I guess it, it depends for with everybody. But even then when I was working part-time, um, back at home i still did not like taking sick days i still did not like calling off um unless it's for like special events i, I will obviously i still want to have a life outside of work um but yeah it's it's, it's hard for me I, I have to have like a good excuse to call off work <laughs> so yeah i would say that covid's a pretty good excuse yeah so i ended up taking up two covid sick days because i covid hit me hard and i was boosted too i had all the vaccines so you I was had all boosted, three you all were... three um hard like bad bad i I couldn't talk um i i think god i didn't get migraines but it was hard for me to look at light um i was just uh it was like a flu times 10 so two two of the days i physically could not even like stare at a screen so that's when i you know told michael and and he understood obviously but out of the five days i worked the three that i had COVID. um but again i physically could not do it if if i if i felt up to it of course i would have still continue to help but now i'm like you got to sometimes put your body first if your body's like dania you need to rest you know sometimes if, if you don't rest your body will make you rest so that's that was that it was like a calling i'm like okay i need to i need to sleep i'll take this hour. as a sign yeah, yeah exactly slow down for two days exactly and it was fine after those two days i uh, i went back to work and and it was fine so yeah still coughing on the newscast a little bit but <laughs> it was it was good it was that manageable. is a trooper mentality yeah gotta gotta have, and i again i owe it all to my dad i grew up with that hustler mentality so owe it all to him for sure i think that can lead to to a lot of success in life mm-hmm. that mentality i think it does come at a cost burnout burnout burn and for sacrifice sure. yeah. you sacrifice time with your family time with your friends mm-hmm. time pursuing things that just bring you enjoyment outside of work exactly. you know i think you it comes at a cost and sometimes people aren't willing to to pay that cost yeah and it's it's understandable um because it's hard it is it's it is hard. hard it is really hard and and for me like i consider myself like a family-oriented person i love family like i even i took a day off to go to my cousin skiing sick because i grew up with her and and um you know her family had been planning the skiing sick for over two years and even though it was in la and that plane ticket was not cheap um still went out to to be there on her big day so um it definitely comes with sacrifices for sure um god i'd lost my train of thought what was I going to say? Oh, when, when you mentioned um, losing interest and stuff. Um, so those two days that I took off um, when I had COVID, um, I like kind of like got into things that I like kind of put off doing because I worked so much like reading. Oh my gosh. I put off reading for so long ever since I had started this job because I got COVID like six months into the job, six or seven. I got it like two months ago. Um, oh, so pretty recent. Pretty recently. Um, Two months ago, we're June. I was trying to figure out where are we. Oh, yeah, wait, did I get it? I got it. 
uh, before my birthday, after my birthday, I don't remember. It was it was this year though, not that long ago. Um, I got back into reading. I I did skincare. Oh my god, I did a face mask. I hadn't done a face mask in so long, and I'm like, this is why my skin's bad because I just haven't been taking care of myself all like that. It's just been work, work, work. And on top of that, we wear so much makeup. So I started like getting into skincare again. I did face masks. Um, uh, cooking. Oh my god, I I like cooked during those two days. I suck at cooking, but I tried. Um. I did things to to just take care of myself and sleep too. I I slept good during those two days. So I mean not not too good because I was sick, but like I I I rested well and um, I felt refreshed for sure after that. I just I just I'm telling you I just needed those two days to just get better and recharge. Yeah, recharge for sure. Um, but in terms of sacrifice, yeah, like I feel like um, a lot of people. That's why there's not a lot of. A lot of people kind of aren't going the broadcast route because, again, you kind of have to move away from home to start off your your career. In a lot of cases, you know, it would be great if I started off my career in San Francisco. <laughs> I, I wish. Um, fortunately, that was not the case. And I did have a uh, position that I interviewed and I got an offer for. And it was a part-time position at Cron 4 News in San Francisco. And I could have very well still been in the news industry, not necessarily be a reporter, but still have my foot in the door and live at home. So that was so convenient for me. But I was like, no, like I really want to be a reporter. And to be a reporter, you need to report. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I got the offer here and um, I ran with it. I hit the ground running because I'm like, I really want this opportunity, even though it would have been so convenient to to live in San Francisco and work where you grew up. And Um, you're comfortable. And I'm exactly. But again, got to go out of your comfort zone sometimes. That's that's something that really scares me is staying in that comfort zone. Yeah, and I I love it. Like same goes with anything. Food. If I know I like a certain food, I will stick to that food until someone's like, "Hey, then you you should try this." And I try and I like, and then I go to that food. But it's it's kind of like the same thing here. It's uh, I where I'm comfortable, I like to stay at. But again, I had that tunnel vision. I knew what I wanted to do, so that definitely helped. Um, being here. Yeah. Yeah, it's human nature to to be comfortable mm-hmm. yeah. and just stay in that i don't want to go outside of my comfort zone exactly exactly i i agree but again like my if my parents would have stayed in their comfort zone i would have been in mexico mm-hmm. you know nothing wrong i love going to mexico um but not it's not enough privileges out there it's definitely um definitely it's a different harder. world it is it's, it's a different it's, world it's a different world out there um but again if my parents would have stayed in their comfort zone i would not like physically would not be here <laughs> so gotta take risks gotta take chances for sure did they have any hesitations about coming out here or they were pretty hard set um pretty hard set i would say um my did they land in san francisco that was their first spot um i okay my dad oh god i don't even know too much but i know my dad when they first moved up here him and his family um they lived in chico in a ranch in chico i think it was um near willows i believe okay over, over in chico um Moved over there when my dad was 11. My mom still was living in Mexico. Um, and my dad went back to visit Mexico when he was like 15. Fell in love with my mom. And then unfortunately, like had to, had to come back here because he was still going to school here. But um, my dad would still make the make the trips to Mexico from Chico driving. Uh, really loved my mom. <laughs> like I have high standards um, because of that. Um, but so when they were ready to get married, that's when my dad was like, well, and my mom was on board too with moving up here. Um, so when they got married, that's when they moved up here. And um, my dad um, lived 
when they got married, they moved to Pittsburgh, which is about an hour and a half away from San Francisco. And that's where they lived and um, for like a couple of years. And they found a home in San Bruno, which is closer to the city where my dad was working because my dad was commuting from Pittsburgh to San Francisco. So they found a closer home, moved to San Bruno, and then from there moved to South San Francisco and haven't moved since. So, yeah. Was, did your dad know your mom when he moved up here? From um, Mexico or no? He met I don't think so. Down. My dad was 11. I oh, wow. I don't think so. I think my dad... So his went... family moved up here yes. with him. Okay. Uh, it was... Um, oh, God. I, I don't know the whole family background, but I know my grandpa stayed in Mexico. My grandma moved up here with seven kids. It was, it's my dad and seven wow. others. That's my... My dad has seven kids. Really? Yeah. Oh, my he's, God. He's... Yeah. In a family of seven. <laughs> I feel like Mexicans always have like the biggest family. Right? Um, yeah. So it was him and seven siblings. Um, they, they moved up here. Um, not really sure why my grandma didn't come up here. I, I don't, I don't know why, but my mom stayed in Mexico. And when my dad went back down to visit, I don't know how the whole story went, but saw my they mom. They found and, each other. Wow. Yeah. And then he started <laughs> driving down to see her. That is yeah, commitment. True. That's, that's not Chico, a 30 minute trek. That's a, that's, that's a that's long a minute. Drive. That's a minute. Like in my dad, I think, uh, he was only like 18 at the time making those trips. And imagine like from Chico all the way down to, um, we're from, or my family's from Jalisco, Guadalajara, which is not even like, it's like mid-Mexico. It's just, yeah. It's that, that drive. Yeah, my dad was was committed, <laughs> for sure. Damn. Yeah. It was, it was, wow, it was good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. Long, long distance. Like, that's a long distance that's, relationship. That's, that's long distance <laughs> back when it actually meant something. Because yeah. you're not FaceTiming. You're no, not. No. They have. They, they, wrote, they wrote letters to each other. Um, that's old school. Really old school. Old school love for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it was my dad's. It was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> so, it worked out. I mean, they're still together. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, that's kind of their, uh, like, migration journey for sure. My mom, I feel like, was was more um was more sad about moving up here because again she grew up in that really small town and my dad had already like gone to high school here he kind of got that american culture in him yeah if he came up when he was 11 and that's yeah pretty he, young he definitely um had more of that american culture in him and so it was a little harder for my mom to to adjust so yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's a different side yeah Did you guys sure. go to back to mexico a lot often yeah. yeah uh didn't go last year but um i before the pandemic, I would go like every year for like three weeks at a time and just. Oh, that's love perfect. It. Oh, God. I love Mexico. Um, Do you guys go back to Jalisco or? Yes, Jalisco. Okay. Um, we're from a small town, Mezcala. It's like an hour away from Guadalajara. So we land in Guadalajara and then we, we drive down to Mezcala. But beautiful town. I love it. It's like you just get a break from everything. It's all farmland and it's all family and it's it's beautiful. Like, I'm I I'm not describing it good. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a. It's like you once I get there, it just feels like home. I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm home, and it's it's a beautiful feel, feeling. And I I'm going back down there in August, and I can't wait because it's been like two years since I've gone. So I'm really excited. It's. Have you been to Mexico? Yeah, we used to go every year when I was growing up as a kid. Really? I'm what, trying what, to what? I'm trying to remember my grandparents are from a small town outside of guadalajara and i cannot oh think of, i know i cannot think of the Did name you, of like, it message them or something know, i'm really curious say, listen where because there's and been he times... said it to me so many times and i cannot think of because if it's in guadalajara or near guadalajara like i want to I... say it's like 45 minutes or an hour outside too so, oh, oh that's what God. was tripping me out and i'm trying to i can't could remember. it be because uh, tepa could it be tepa because that's also like near i don't know 
I don't know. I'm Find to out rec- for me. I know. I'm trying to wreck because, my brain. No joke. I did an interview with uh, with some couple in, in McKinleyville, and it was a story on um, beach accessibility because she had a husband who who couldn't access the beach because she had a because he had a wheelchair. Okay. Um. So and recently they were opening up like an accessibility trail in Clam Beach, and I kind of wanted to talk to her how it was important for her and her husband. And at the end of the interview, um, she goes, "Hablas español," and I'm like, "Yeah." And I, they're, they're they're white passing, so I'm like, I never thought they would be Mexican. Um, and she started telling me how like she has a lot of family in, um, oh god, I think it was Bigueros. It was it was a town really close to where I was from, um, and I would have never thought because Bigueros is just as small as Mescada, and it's literally, it's like from here to Arcata it's really close. Like it's, it's a 10 minute drive. Um, so it was really shocking. Like for, I'm like, watch us be related. Cause her last name was Gonzalez and my mom's last name is Gonzalez. And a lot of people in that area, if they're Gonzalez are related to each other. I'm like, watch me be related to this lady. Um, but it's just, it's a small world. Yeah. So a lot of people, um, you know, when they tell me they're, they're from a town near Guadalajara, I get really excited. I'm like, Oh, like, yeah. where, where, where are we talking? <laughs> where exactly. Um, but how often do you go down there? We, uh, I haven't been, when was the last time I was there? Maybe 2018 was mm. the last time. So it's been it's been a few years. And you went because I was town. going to college. No, we went. We would go to um, like Puerto Vallarta because my oh, mom the, loves oh. loves yes. going there. That's oh like God. her favorite spot. Um, I think we've gone to Cozumel. I think we've gone. We've gone to Baja California a couple of times. Gone okay. down there to like Cabo. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of the more touristy spots. Yeah. We've never really branched. I wanted to go inland. My dad, when he was out of high school, I think, took his summer because he was really close to the our side of the family that was still down there. Okay. And so he went and just went around with his uncle for a few months and just toured Mexico. Because with him growing up, they were down there like every summer because it was oh, still I direct bet connection to the actual yeah, family that was still yeah. there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm hoping my kids, I, I'm still going to take them down there. Yeah. I... It's a... It's an amazing country. It, it gets a lot of shit for the corruption. It does. But there's corruption here. There's a lot there, of corruption It's, it's here. everywhere. And nobody it likes to make that connection. Exactly. Yeah. And it's... Um... You just have the cartel aspect here. Here it's suit and ties. And there it's the cartels. Yep. That's what people don't seem to exactly, grasp. Exactly. And, you know, like when I'm, when I'm down there, a lot of people are like, oh my God, aren't you scared? It's super dangerous. I'm like, no, I feel free. Like, I, I love it. Like, it's, it's great. It's just nothing like... Um, like when i say back roads i think of like countryside here but really in mexico the back roads are just amazing you're just sitting on the trunk of a of a pickup and just driving out onto the ranch and it's it's a different type of like freedom feeling and just like the smell of like cow poop and <laughs> everything it's like i i love it like that's me i really do love it um so whenever i go down there i make the most out of it because it's only for like two to three weeks not that much <laughs> but um i'm like i really wish in the future i can go down there just for like a whole month at a time and really enjoy it i'm trying to convince my dad to get his citizenship so that i can get mine because i want to buy a little place down there oh your, your dad isn't a, a citizen he is not he has to file the paperwork for okay. it because his so he was born no his sister was born there and then they came up and oh. had four other kids and then had him okay so he was born up here so he was born in eureka Okay, so shouldn't he... He is technically a citizen. Yeah. He just doesn't have his paperwork because he hasn't filed. Oh, so he has to file. Okay. It's not like he's not going to get approved. He's a citizen. So when you travel down to Mexico, I'm assuming it's on a... Um, U.S. passport. Okay. It's not like um like a visitor pass or whatever they call it. 
Because there is there, oh, there, there, there is that option. Yeah, I don't Where actually can go, know. We just say, hey, I'm going for a few weeks. And yeah. It's like a, not a contract, but something. That little paperwork you fill out on mm-hmm. the plane. Yeah. I don't know. That is a good question. Yeah, because I, I really don't know how that works. Like, yeah. The, I, the legal aspect the of it all. The borders is, yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I don't understand it, but, oh God. You, you have to go to like the, the more. I want to, yeah. You need to go to Alice Guadalajara, even though it's, it's a touristy spot. It's, it's more culture there. So I've been to Puerto Vallarta and Cancun. Um, it's a completely different vibe. It's, it's you different. Take, yeah, you go inward 30 minutes and you're in a it's, different world. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. It really is. But Puerto Vallarta, it's, it's one of my favorite vacation spots for sure. And actually, my family and I have plans to go down there in August. So, And Puerto Vallarta is only like six hours away from my hometown. So we usually just drive out there. I want that's. I want to go to where my grandfather was born. Just you need to, to find out because I'm really curious. I know. Genuinely curious because I'm like, uh, what should we be from the... Not the same so, town. That would I would have known. That I would have known weird. if we were from the same town. Because I'm telling you, everyone knows everyone there. Um, that would That would be cool. Yeah, my grandmother her family used to own a greyhound bus service down oh. there okay yeah they, i didn't know they had greyhound buses over there mm-hmm. i don't know if it was that was the branding was Greyhound. i bus, know they have buses they that had, that travel from mexico to the u.s i know they have that transportation i don't think system. that was what it was a around mexico oh, okay. transportation yeah oh, okay. i just attribute it to greyhound yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what i know uh-huh. um yeah i cannot think of the name of the town but they were both from there. I'm telling you. you I know. Need, you need I'm to find text out. Them. You need to find out. But yeah, my, Mexico is great, and I love my culture a lot. Um, and and moving up here, and um, uh, it's you know even like saying my name like Donny Romero for the first. Oh God, I I started saying Donny Romero like two months ago, I believe. But even then, I was like, should I do Romero or should I do Romero? Oh, did you kind of and whitewash it a little bit? Yes, at first, because I was like, you know, I, I'm in America, you know, I'm not going to roll my R's. Um, but um, there's this one reporter over in Reading. Her name is Daisy Caballero. And she pronounces her name Daisy Caballero. Shout out to Daisy. I love Daisy. She sometimes does, does our weather here. Um, she kind of influenced that, where I'm like, okay, if she can do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Dania Romero. And ever since then, I've been rolling with it. And even when there is like a Hispanic name um, popping up in a story, I'll I'll pronounce it how, you know, Hispanics pronounce it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, Did you sure. ever feel any tension? Because you are fair complexion. You have yeah. a fair complexion. Do you, was there any, any ever tension with that? Or did you feel like you were perceived differently? Um because talking i mean i can looking at you i i knew right away that you were hispanic but is it do you really pass? a lot of people yeah. think um i'm i'm white passing a lot of people do and yeah that's what i mean with the fair complexion is you can kind of yeah i would imagine swing out of the way yeah i mean i yes and i do recognize that although i am 100 percent latina and i love my culture i do recognize that i do have white privilege like i do recognize that and it and it's, it's like come on now like how are you about to say that um like a, a latina with pale skin blue eyes blonde hair um you know gets treated the same as as a uh, as a tan hispanic with indig- indigenous features like it's i i do recognize in the sense that i do obtain white privilege and i feel like that goes with it and i know a lot of latinos they it's it's a lot of backlash like i'm latino i do not get white privilege but come on now you have pale skin blue eyes and blonde hair like come on um but even then my parents it's it's i do recognize i do get those privileges and i do get that like passing card um but i i very much involved in my culture and i and, and i love it so um and again when i was doing the news at first uh 
I was not shy to say that I was Latina, you know. And when when Nazi was first doing the, uh, the the Facebook lives and like getting like getting to know me, and because she would do the Facebook lives and kind of introduce me to to the community. Um, I kind of mentioned like, yeah, Mexican food, you know, I grew up with a Mexican mom. Like I, I love Mexican food. And that's when people were like, kind of like telling me, oh, you need to go to Ralibertos and other Mexican spots here. I was never afraid to say that I was Mexican. But in that sense, you know, there is a lot of Mexicans that are that are fair skinned. And it's important to to say that, like, you know, some of them do have white privilege, you know, and it's not it's sometimes people don't want to admit that. But I'll admit it. It's, it's true, you know. Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because you're, you're white passing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a weird bubble where I'm white to brown people and then to white people, they don't know what I am. They're oh like, what God. are you? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> tan? Then, I don't know. Do you ever get like that kind of like culture shock where it's like you're too white for the Latinos and you're too Latino for the for the whites? And Absolutely. Yes. I feel like a man without a country in that regard because yeah. I don't. It's like, and I don't, I'm not fluent in Spanish, so I've mm-hmm. missed out on that language, realm so yeah. there's that language barrier of, i can understand more mm-hmm. than i can speak everybody says that though right yeah <laughs> but i can understand more than i can speak and so there's like that weird tension there where oh well you're mexican but you're not really mexican so you don't fit in with that it's crowd that identity crisis yeah and then you don't fit in with the white kids because yeah co- there's oh that God. cultural difference and you're and like what he, the he, hell <laughs> where am i here's the thing too like i consider myself fluent in spanish spanish was my first language um, but when I'm speaking Spanish to my cousins in Mexico, that's Different where I'm game. like, oh my God, I don't get your slang. I don't say that. Like they'll, they're, they're talking a different language. So here in the U S like I consider myself fluent, but again, when I go down to Mexico and I'm having conversations with my cousins, I'm like, what does that yeah, say? Say that again. Yeah, what is what? that? <laughs> um, so yeah. And then like working in the office, like again, like I grew up in a Latino community and I, uh, people were, would call me white, like in the Latino community and coming out here, people are like, you're the Latina. Like, you know um so it was definitely like a, like a culture shock because again like i'm latina to the whites but not latina enough to the mexicans so yeah definitely uh it's a weird it's, it's weird a identity crisis yeah for sure. yeah um and again like i kind of want to touch on on imposter syndrome but i don't know if you oh absolutely oh yeah oh syndrome? yeah oh my god okay i let's... feel like an imposter in every aspect yeah. of my life <laughs> let's you... get into yeah. it okay um and i didn't even know what it was until um i had like a breakdown after work i believe it was during the time when i got that message of yes up here when i got that message saying like i i sucked at being a news anchor um i called my sister and i'm like you know like there there's not a lot of latinas in this industry like i feel like i i don't belong here and i genuinely felt that like i really did feel like I was taking up someone else's spot. I'm like, someone else could be in my position doing a way better job than me. And that thought would come through so often. And um, my sister was like, you have imposter syndrome. Like, you definitely. And I was like, what is that? I, no, I don't like, even know what that I, is. I literally, like, Googled it. I was like, what, what does this mean? Like, is this a real thing? Because even the name imposter syndrome sounds kind of, like, Fake. funky. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't you know You just what made that up. What yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I read it and I... I um watched videos on it and a lot of people a lot of successful people a lot of lawyers a lot of even some of the anchors that i saw like they talked about imposter syndrome and how you know a decade into their career they still feel that imposter syndrome and that's exactly what i was feeling exactly and like she hit the t on that when um when she told me that i had imposter syndrome and like to this day i still feel like that way like you know i'm like someone else could be in my position doing a way better job than me why do they even hire me like i still have that thought process in me um but again, the, the thing that keeps me going is everything happens for a reason. God put you on this path for a reason. You're here. You're doing your job. And, um, and you know, it's like 
always like if, if you weren't doing your job they could have fired you you know so it's like you're, you're, you're there for a reason but yeah imposter syndrome was kicking my butt at first a lot of self-doubt a lot a lot of self-doubt um, but again my sister she does um she does hr work um at some very successful company in over in the silicon valley and she told me that she worked with people that went to usc ucla all these really prestige schools my sister went to east bay cal state east bay which shout out to cal state east, east bay not not a bad school but again she was going she was working with these people that came from very very privileged backgrounds and um she tells me like i she felt like she didn't belong and she had imposter syndrome and she had to get through it so she was like danya you're you're in that same boat but you're there for a reason so that definitely helped so yeah definitely had to get through balancing that balancing act yeah what do you, do you do you have experience with that yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. in every aspect right i i think i got my first big dose when i went to new york for school because mm-hmm. that was a that was a private school that was oh. uppity for the east coast okay. it was pretty uppity mm-hmm and here I am, this California kid, mm-hmm. and they were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. I might be in the wrong place. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was that was a hard adjustment to make. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what made it worse, unfortunately, because I instantly re- – I hadn't been to the school before I went out there. And my parents just dropped me off. You know, uh-huh. I'd never been there. I'd never seen the campus. I was like, I guess this is happening. Why did you choose New York? Um. I needed a change of pace, and it was a really good school, okay. and they threw some money at me, and I was like, I guess, oh. I guess, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I went out there, and my first week was kind of the orientation week, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this Latin American club, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to find my people here. Like, yeah. obviously, I don't fit in with these other kids, because they're wearing, like, Gucci bags, oh. and you know have these nice cars and just have this money and they're just like flaunting it i'm like this i don't that's not me like Mm. i do not fit in here and i went to the latin american club and i was there for probably 30 minutes and it became very apparent that i was not like these other people either so i just was kind of in the back and talking to a few people i was like you know i got a i got a class assignment so i left and that was that was another little culture shock but you still stayed and i stayed at the school yeah because at this point i had transferred four times and i told my parents i was like you know what i should just drop out i actually talked to one of my professors and i was like i think i should drop out and he kind of gave me some some clarity in life and a little push you know yeah and my parents were like you are not dropping out you're not transferring Mm -hmm. because this is it this was your fourth time you're you're good you're gonna graduate from here you gotta get through i totally get you on that you know and i think imposter syndrome comes a lot with comparing yourself to others and a Mm -hmm. lot of um just comparing yourself to uh, to the background, you know, you're you're seeing these people with designer bags and stuff, and you're like, God damn, like, <laughs> and just different mentalities, and just yeah. different, just different. Yeah, like just... they're not worried about um, bills or and worried about what they're gonna eat, and like it's it's that, and it's like that. It it is privilege, and you know, you don't grow up with that, and you, it's not like you're you're hating on them, but it's just like, damn, like they had more of a um like a push you know they and then oh god i'm like really bad at explaining but um it's like they were like meant for this you know and it's like you kind of that's part of it right you feel like they've almost been groomed to go there you go down this path and you're like i don't i mean i i almost this is ironic i almost didn't graduate high school because i missed so much class but i was still on the honor roll so i was like i was doing my work what just was not going to class 
And these kids are all 4.0s go or 4, 4. you know, whatever. Yeah. How it gets higher than a 4.0. And they're like, like, oh, they're AP courses yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And they're doing all of these projects and all the freshmen have, you know, volunteered at hospitals and have these, oh have gosh. these senior capstone yes. projects that are insane. And I'm like, I am just here. Do they know? I, I was joking with my, with some friends for a while. And I was like, I don't think, I think I just like my application just slipped through because <laughs> on paper, these kids and me are not on the same playing field. I was like, am I the token Mexican here? <laughs> jokes on them. I'm not even that Mexican. And I don't know if they looked at a picture of me before they invited me out here, but it was a, it was a culture shock. Oh my God. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> um, the same thing. Cause I even, uh, again, like I didn't have a lot of experience and I, again, like I, whatever, everything you just said, I, I totally relate to that. Um, because, Again, like Austin had so much talent, and I'm like, oh my god, like he has so much experience, so much talent, and like I don't, like I had did everything online, and I, um, you know, I never really had that like um, that extra resources, and then also just comparing myself to like other other reporters because Michael at the time he had came from like a larger station over in in Reading, and I'm like he has so much more experience than me, and just comparing myself to other people that had worked there before me, and how you know they have master's degrees and and um, so many internships under their belt, and with me it's like I didn't have all of that, so I'm like did they hire me by mistake? Did they hire me because like <laughs> the token Mexican? Yeah right um a lot of lot of self-doubt and comparing myself where it's like am i really meant to be here um and again being the only um the only woman there that that, that that's uh that's on air because it's only me michael and austin um so i'm the only like female reporter slash anchor um so i'm like did they just hire me because they needed a woman on the team i don't know it's definitely a lot of a lot of self-doubt when it when it came to that but there for a reason so Getting the experience and learning a lot. So, yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> Does that thought ever bother you when you think about, am I here because of how I look or my background? <sighs> yes and no, because I know that I worked my... Your ass off to get yes, there. My, 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 that's my dad calling. Um, yes, I, I worked hard and I do believe I deserved it. However, I'm like, they could have hired someone with a master's degree and, and way more experience than me. It's like, why me? You know, it's, it's, it's always that, that feeling, but, um, you know, some, and it's always good to hire someone who's, who's bilingual. So I think I had that kind of like, um, it's definitely a, a plus. Yes. That, that, def, that little, uh, extra, extra little, uh, spaz that I had that I was bilingual. Um, but then again, I don't know could be never asked <laughs> never asked hey why'd you hire me <laughs> but yeah i don't know do you feel like you get through that imposter syndrome just by leaning back and saying i've worked i mm-hmm. put in the time this is why i'm here and i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the job they hired yeah. me for also yeah and also my sister said you know it's like whenever those, those thoughts go through your head she's like you know has someone gone up to you and saying and said like you know you're you're doing this wrong or like has someone ever like fired you or threatened to fire you or given you a warning and i'm like no that has never happened and she was like okay then you're doing your job and you're doing a good job because if you, you wouldn't be um they would have said something you would know yeah i would i would know so she was like this is all in your head you know unless someone tells you like hey if you don't do this you're you're out the door like you're you're, you're doing good so and of course, there's Michael and, and other people have said like, hey, Lanya, you could have fixed this or done that better. It's always like to, for improvement, obviously. Yeah, to be but better. Never, yes. And I always take constructive constructive criticism because if I didn't, I would not be in this industry. Oh, my God. Um, 
but yeah like uh that that's definitely helped just keeping that in mind like if if they didn't want it if they didn't want me here they could have fired me you know so have that in mind yeah i think i worked through it through suffering as sadistic as that sounds what do you mean like like physical exertion like working out has been a big one for me mm. not i don't know if i've worked through it in the sense that i rest on i've i've worked hard to get there wherever mm -hmm. there is i mean i'm sitting in a garage doing a podcast with you so I'll take this with a grain <laughs> of salt right um but i've always and shout out to my parents again for this but it's through that work ethic of of just being able to endure yeah i think that that has helped me mm -hmm. and whenever i get whenever i hit those spots where i don't feel like i belong in this room i guess you could say i work I, like i'll go work out and i'll like it sounds sadistic yeah i don't yeah. know how to like phrase it and i've thought about this because people have asked about it before but it's that like finic physical finical that's what i was trying to mm -hmm. say physical punishment i guess in a sense but it's not punishment it's, it's like not, physical it's very... exertion see it's and that, that, that's a that. healthy way to kind of like let off steam yeah and i love going to the gym and even though i don't have uh as much time as i want to go to the gym again i, I played soccer for which is right up the alley yes i've god i played soccer up until uh community college um and even then um after i stopped playing like relatively competitive like i would still play like um other like pickup teams and whenever whenever they would need me like hey then yeah we need an extra player to come out i would go what position um, did you play Side forward oh, okay forward yeah loved it i love soccer soccer was a huge well, soccer was a huge part of my identity like Dania, the soccer player, like she would play soccer. So definitely that was like another switch to moving up here and, and kind of like stirring away from soccer. Um, but then again, I, um, whenever I would be stressed, uh, even though the gym membership here is so expensive, so expensive, but it, it's worth it. It's a very nice gym. Um, I, I got to the gym and I, and I work out and I never regret a workout. And, uh, you know, whenever I'm, whenever I'm like on the treadmill, I'm like, just thinking about those mean comments. Like, all right, yeah. Using it as fuel. Yeah, exactly. So I, I get you on that. Yeah. Like, having um, that outlet, but it's a healthy outlet because mm -hmm. a lot of people turn to alcohol or drugs food. and food. As much as I love food, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I, you know, a healthy way is, is working out. So I try to try to do that. Either working out, even like talking to my family helps a lot. But just try to stir away from anything that's that's harmful, for mm -hmm. sure, is important. So, I mean, at least uh, you have a healthy outlet. Oh, yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So it's healthy good. to an extent. My parents would probably argue that it's not How quite often do you go to the gym? Uh, Every day. Okay. Yeah. No rest try, days? I try to take rest days. Yeah. Those are hard rest for days me. are, are, are important. Yeah. Rest days are important. God, every day. I. That's a lot. Yeah. I try to go every other day. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't gone today. I think though. it's more <laughs> therapeutic. In that regard, it's like facing your demons, as cliche as that sounds, right? When yeah. you go to the gym. Yeah, it could very well be true. Push, pushing your limits to, um, you know, lifting more than you did back then. It's also, um, you know, even though like you, when you go to the gym, when you're mad at yourself, you come out feeling stronger too. Because you're like, damn, I just did those reps. Mm -hmm. I, did, I, did, I did that set. Um, so it's definitely like rewarding after too, even though you go in there with a with uh with when your mindset's not all the way there you leave feeling satisfied for sure yeah you might not want to go but you always leave feeling better exactly it's the same thing with work like sometimes you know i'd, I'd rather sleep in than, than go to work sometimes but you know after work after you, you you knock out those those two shows you you feel great you're like damn i did that it's like crossing a finish line almost um it's it's really rewarding you know and it's you wouldn't have felt that way if you were in bed 
So. And it's weird how mentally you can psych yourself out and then you do the thing you and you feel excuses, so much better. Yes. Or, like, you know, like, or reasons not to. Like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't do this because X, Y, and Z. And then you do it and you're like, ah, oh, it was amazing. Exactly. Like there, there was a point where um, we were so short-staffed that I had to come in to work an hour earlier every single day just to make sure our, our show was ready to go. And uh, my excuse would be like, damn, I lost that extra hour that I could be working out. So I'm just not going to work out. Because again, it's like, you know, when, when you're living alone, it's like you got to prepare your food. You got to take a shower. You got to do your chores. It's a, for, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so like fitting in a workout. It's 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 definitely hard. So on top of that, getting uh, an hour less of personal time definitely impacted that. Um, but I just woke up an hour earlier and I went to the gym still, even though like at times where I that could have been an excuse for me to say like I'm not going to go to the gym because I work earlier today. So it's definitely having that mentality. Again, I owe it all to my dad. <laughs> my dad has really uh you know again even though my dad worked those tough hours he would still make time for us and still make time for soccer even though my 50 year old dad still plays soccer he still made time for everybody so i i always uh refer refer to him whenever i'm feeling like i can't do enough he did it so yeah yeah one of my favorite memories with my dad is we used to go play catch or he would like pitch baseballs to me Mm -hmm. when i was like (laughs) you know six Uh and we just go do some batting practice. Oh, Family quali- time is quality important. Time with your, it's yeah. important. It's so important. And uh, my dad was those Mexican dads that would like scream at me on the sidelines whenever I would do bad. And, and it's like, my, my dad is the most calm person ever. He has so much patience. But when it came to soccer games, oh my gosh, oh, my dad did. would yell at me until I cried. Like, that oh, you should have passed. The- no, yeah, my dad was so... Uh, he was, uh, and again, it made me a better player. I was, not to toot my own horn, but like I, I was relatively good at soccer. I would consider myself really good. You know, I, I, I broke some school, some high school records and I won awards and stuff. And I do recognize that I was, I was a good player. But again, my dad would just, he would lose it after games. Like, Danya, you should have passed the ball. You should have taken that corner kick. You should have told the coach to put you in. Yeah, my dad, my dad was crazy. <laughs> not crazy, but like definitely like that one dad screaming on the field. <laughs> yes, for sure. Why didn't yeah. you play at San Francisco State? You um, played JC. Yeah, I played okay. JC. Um, so for my high school, not a lot of, again, my high school was not a good high school and not a lot of recruiters came to my high school to recruit players because I also didn't know that the college process on how to play soccer. I, um, I, I played on a club team, relatively good, but not at a great level. Um, and then for high school, the only coach that came to recruit was my community college coach and, um, uh, recruited me and it was a, it was a community college right up the street from my house. So I went there oh, to play soccer. Yeah. Went there to play soccer. Uh, but again, in that community college, um, great soccer program, great coach, but, um, not the best team. So when I wanted to play and I, I went to the ID camps at SF state, but little did I know, like four years start recruiting, like years ahead so even though they have those id camps they know who's on their roster um so i I tried out didn't make it and um didn't continue playing but then again i feel like if i would have and this is what i say even though i would have died to to play for sf state i would have loved it um i feel like i wouldn't have focused on my career and my broadcasting career um so everything happens for a reason because again those practices are intense like sometimes they practice twice a day so it's like i i feel like for hours this isn't like oh yeah it's an hour a week no this is a lot exactly and uh, i know that i wasn't going to continue playing soccer for the rest of my life and i would have you know in the long run done reporting so um 
although it sucked and I really wanted to play soccer at SF State, um, everything happens for a reason. And I know that if I would have played soccer, I wouldn't have focused on my career. I would have focused on the sport more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, it, I'm glad it turned out the way it did in the end. Um, but I just, I wish I could still play soccer because moving up here, I mean, not that I know of, I don't think there's, there's a soccer, soccer teams that I could play on, at least for like pickup purposes. I know they do pickup games. I don't know if there's any, like w- any for like women too, I, I think so. I, I'm really? pretty sure. At least when I, when I was going to college and coming back during the summers, I remember I had some friends that would go to pickup games. I like Zoe Barnum, I think is where they used to, the one by, so Barnum over by Winco. I don't know if they still do that. Not the new Zoe Barnum over by the shell. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would I, I would a... want to look into it. Um, yeah. It would only be for weekends, but yeah, I would love to still If they play. don't, they definitely should. I yeah. think a lot of people would do that. <laughs> like sign a petition. Yeah. Like, I know they do like softball. Softball is the go-to, right? There's oh, always I a pickup softball. softball. Soccer was my sport. I did ballet for a few years. Um dropped out of that to focus on soccer more because i just couldn't do ballet and soccer at the same time do completely different sports i would say if you consider ballet a sport um doing a, yeah. doing multiple sports is hard it is it is and i oh my god if in high school you know there, there would be girls that would do like volleyball and softball and all of that and not me Mm-mm. soccer that's it <laughs> i cannot do that that requires too much talent that i don't have so yeah i mean though i would have loved to like you know learn a new sport no nah, i stuck to soccer yeah. Did you play sports growing up? Yeah, I played baseball, basketball, and soccer steadily for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I think I stopped in middle school. I stopped it all. I had some health stuff going on. And I had terrible... I had some great soccer coaches, mm-hmm. but some terrible uh, baseball and basketball coaches. Mm-hmm. I had a baseball coach that left. We were in a tournament. Mm-hmm. So we had like three games to play this one day. Uh-huh. And he left... Two innings into the first game. He just walked out? Left, yeah. He was like, you guys suck. And was like cussing at the parents and left to go to a bowling tournament. <laughs> Our baseball. And this is this is like minor Bs maybe or like I oh my it was God. Little B, minor A's or something like that. Like lower level. How rude. <laughs> just left. Cussed, cu- I think he cussed out one of the players. It might have been his son. Oh I think gosh. was on the team. And then, and I don't think we had an assistant coach. It was just him. And then cussed out some of the parents on the sidelines and was like, F this, I'm going bowling and went to a bowling tournament. Okay. That's I, I've had a I had bad coaches, but not that extreme. Yeah, he that's... was pretty <laughs> See, I think the worst thing that's ever happened, I had um in in my four years of, of high school, not to toot my own horn horn, but I made varsity my freshman year. Only freshmen to make varsity. Casual but, um, shout out. Casual shout out, whatever. But in those four years on varsity, we had three different coaches. So it was never really uh No consistency. Yeah, no consistency. And I remember uh, my senior year of, of high school, like I was I was on a roll. I was scoring at least a goal every single game and um and unfortunately there was a mom who uh, was the assistant coach and one of her daughters was on the team. Um, I, I, I like to think of, uh, the, the best in people I don't want to say it was jealousy. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything like that, but it got to the point where even like, and I hate confrontation. I hate it, but it got to the point where I told my dad, my dad ended up having to talk to her because she would tell the coach to take me out even though we were, we were losing. And even though like they needed me on the field, she would tell the coach to take me out and it would kind of you know like why are you taking me out so her daughter could play or something i 
sure. I don't want to say that, but sure. I mean, if you said it, <laughs> it, it kind of, I guess. But um, there was this one game where I made an assist. I passed the ball. The girl shoots, scores, and then we make a sub. And they sub me out. And I'm like, why are you subbing me out? I just made a good play, whatever. I didn't say anything. I subbed out. I sat on the bench. And she goes, Danya, good job. How do you feel about that play? Like, totally being fake. And I got that vibe from her. And I was like, I, I, I played soccer. I did a pad. I wasn't even the one that shot. I'm like, I, I did what was the best, uh, the best thing I could do for that game. I was pass the ball and have her shoot. Like, feels good, I guess. And then she kind of got offended that I kind of like shook it off. Like, I guess she, I don't know what she thought, but she went up to my coach and, um, I didn't know this at the time. And I knew she was like saying like, don't put her in. But apparently after the game, the coach and thank God coach Sal, I love him, um, came up to me and said, yeah, like she told me not to put you in for the rest of the game, but I still put you in because we needed you out there. But just to let you know, like she told me not to put you in and I cried. I cried and I don't like crying in front of people, but I, I, after the game, I didn't even like go to the team meeting. I just went straight to my dad and started crying. And uh, that's when my dad was like, what's your problem with my daughter? And the next day, we kind of, like, had a meeting. And then she was like, no, I love Danya. Like, Danya's a great player. Like, we we love her on the team. And I'm like, great. No, I, that's that's not the case. I know you don't like me. Um, but there, there's there been those those coaches where they try to make you look bad or they don't want you on the field. And, again, don't know why. Um, I never really confronted her about it. Um, just kind of, like, ran to my dad <laughs> after that. Um, but then, you know, in community college, I also had this other coach who, uh, pulled me 10 minutes into the game, knowing that there was a, a scout there at one of the games. I think she was a, um, I forgot what college she, uh, she coached at, but we did have a scout for one of our community college games and he knew about it and still took me out. I don't know why. And, uh, he was the assistant coach. I told him the main coach and I was like, Hey, do you know why he subbed me out? And the coach was like, I have no idea. And I'm like, okay. Why did you sub me out if you knew there was a scout there and you knew that I wanted to play out of four year? Um, so there, there's been those coaches where uh, they, I feel like, make you look bad. And I don't know why, but definitely. Yeah, it gets a little dicey, right? Yeah, it does. And looking back, I'm like, I could have stood up for myself more. And Yeah, but you you're know? a kid. You would expect these adults yeah, to be better than but that. But when, when you're in that position, you don't feel like a kid. You don't feel... Oh, know? yeah. But it's, but it's always weird, especially when it comes to parents doing that sideline coaching. You're mm -hmm. like, We're, what? What oh, is happening yeah. here? Especially the weirdest one is when it's a coach and their kid is playing and mm. their kid's not good. And the coach is yeah. like, no. That's kind of a, that was like kind of like the case. Um, yeah, that's problematic. But again, like I never and I never had a problem with, with her daughter either. I loved her daughter. Her daughter was a great player. So I don't know why she would um, kind of like single me out and take me out. And, and it was my senior year, too. That was the time when I wanted to play as much as I could. And have her take me out every, like, 10 minutes definitely put a damper on things. Um, but still broke records. So <laughs> her doing that didn't really change a thing other than cause me emotional distress. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. Just small downside. Yeah, small small downside. And it got to the point where, like, oh, this, I remember. Um, so we have this thing called Blanket Awards. I don't know if every high school has this, but it's, it's uh, they gave it off to seniors. And there's, like, all these qualifications you have to do, like, be on varsity all four years, have a certain GPA. Um, oh God, I forgot what it is, but it's called a blanket award and it's not even offered every year. It's whoever matches these. And 
um, they give the award and usually it's a big thing like i remember um like a big ceremony it's, it's, a, it's not not a ceremony but it's kind of like an announcement and um the last time they had given out a blanket award was my freshman year so there was like three years where they hadn't given one out and i remember my coach saying there's a lot of people there's a lot of envious people i'm gonna give this to you in silence so he gave me the award in silence and not made it a, he didn't make it a big deal and um that's crappy it is um that he had to do that um at least i got the award but it would have been nice to get some recognition you know yeah, but it's it, not like you're getting an award for not doing anything like you achieved something people would have been envious and i okay, the thing is it's not, i sound like such a bitch saying that like people were just jealous of me but like it was the fact that he had to give it to me in silence behind closed doors and not in front of the team um said a lot so. yeah that's shitty that's mm-hmm. not a great coach yeah i mean <laughs> he was a good coach and he he got along with my dad um but looking back like if i was a coach and there was a lot of people hitting on this one player i would still give the award in front of all of them you know but it's one of those things where you can use that as fuel and that's how you should yeah. if you see a teammate hitting all these milestones you should say okay i need to yes, i need to rise exactly. up to that level exactly but some people don't like that they see that and they want to they want to pull yeah. you back with them. Yeah. And like looking back, like actually now talking about it, I'm like, he probably didn't give it to me in front of everybody because uh, that the assistant coach probably told him like not to give her the award or something like that. Or um, it would have upset her, which, you know, like F her feelings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, especially in, in a sport pursuit like that, mm-hmm. you didn't just get it. You had to work yeah, to get I it. I I suffered through my dad yelling at me all those years. Yeah, like, traumatic experiences. <laughs> yeah, I had to go through. You should have said, "Listen, I've been yelled at. Call- I don't know if you've seen my dad at these games. Do you understand what I've gone through yeah, to get this? Exactly. I want a public announcement. I want it to be over the intercom during first period. Like people need to hear this. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, no. I want a public announcement right now. You know, yeah. tears I cried for this. Um, exactly, but um. Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> Public announcement. But it's fine. I mean, um, he gave it to me behind closed doors. And although I would have wanted some recognition, it's it's fine. Still got the award. Still earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that mentality of trying to pull people down to your level. Yeah. That's a weird concept. Um, yeah, whenever I see someone who is smarter than me or um, anything uh like above me i try i see it as motivation i don't see it as like oh my god this girl thinks she's better than everybody like no i try to see it as i want to get to that level i see it as as motivation again like like uh example like with austin sitting next to me so much talent i see what he does and i want to be on his level like i i want to be as as good as him um i see it as motivation and again as as a resource he is always there to help me and and vice versa. If I can help in any way, I, I do the same. But, um, you know, I, there, there's no reason to, to hate someone just because they're better than you. And it doesn't take away. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, right? There's enough to go around. There's enough yes, shine. There's yes. enough achievement. Somebody excelling at one thing doesn't mean you can't excel at that as mm-hmm. well. It doesn't mean you can't get better. It doesn't take away from your achievement. Exactly. And Everybody's I, on their own path. And everyone's different. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. You gotta go back to that high school. Uh, Say, hey, listen, here's my here's award. I want my announcement. Yes, and here's the thing. I went back because um, my I picked up my brother from his soccer practice. He went to the same high school. Yes, he went to the same high school as me. 
Um, and whenever I would go, I'd kind of like walk by the gym to see if my name was was on the was on the wall. Because if you get those blanket awards um, under the the women's soccer team, they they have your name up there, and it's it's gonna be there for years. Um, they didn't have my name up there, so I'm like since he gave it to me in silence without telling anybody that he gave me the award i guess he didn't even tell the school that i won the award so my oh, no name, shit my name wasn't even up on the wall did you go talk to the school no tanya no. oh my god i i didn't and um like, i was like i told uh told my brother i'm like hey do you want to tell one of the counselors to like put my name up there but my brother's like no you do it um i never did it and uh it's, it, I think it's too late now because I think a few years or maybe a couple of years ago, the, another girl won the blanket award and now her name's there. So it, it's, it would be weird. They just, could just shift her down. They could shift her down. <laughs> maybe, but yeah. My wow, name's, that's my name's not up cheesy. There. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice, but yeah. I think you got some phone calls to make. Do you think? Should I, I think so. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're a reporter now. Start kicking up some I dust. I know. <laughs> Like, listen, if you guys don't want Holding any bad people shine, accountable, yeah. like, hey, this girl won this award. I'm she pretty prominent up in Humboldt County. Yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't wanna say anything, but <laughs> got some steam up here. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it is what it is. Um, it would have been nice to have my name up there, just uh, for bragging purposes, you know. Got my name up in my high and school, and just for recognition, <laughs> you know. Yeah, just for recognition of what you went through. Exactly. And the hard work. Exactly. Damn. Gotta gotta do that now. Thank you for the heads you're up. Like, you're motivating me to contact the principal now. I'm uh I'm partial to that because my dad has his picture up at Zane Middle School. Oh really? Yeah. For what? He was a football player. I don't know if they won a champion. They didn't have a football team for very long, so it could just be he's up there because he was one of the few on the team oh. for that school. <laughs> I don't actually know. He might have. Maybe they went to a championship or something. I never actually mm-hmm. looked, but I w- I just always remember looking up and seeing him and. And laughing because he's got this big afro. It was back. But it's cool. It's like that's my dad. That's my dad. He's, he's yeah. like he made his mark on the school. You know, like if uh, you know maybe my future kids or whatever, if they were to go to South City, I would want them to see my name up there. Like that's cool. Like it means something. It, it does. It's and it's not think easy. of all the kids that went through that school and how yeah. many get an award like that. Exactly. It's it's not easy. It's it wasn't an easy achievement. I think you had to win like first team all league and and there was a lot of things. There was a boxes you had to cross to get that and uh looking back i'm like oh, it would have been nice to have my name up there for sure but might be too late now i'll try i'll try <laughs> i also don't want to be stuck in high school you yeah know? right i also don't want to that is another too thing much. yeah that's, that's one of those tropes of yeah you don't want to be the person who, who never leaves high school yeah that, that was another reason why i don't want to bug them about it um but it's it's important. It's really important, and it go also like for for future people. They see like oh my god, because you know the women's soccer team in my high school when I first got there was only it's it's had started um, maybe eight years before me. So the high, the women's soccer team at my high school wasn't pretty even recent. it was pretty recent. Um, so it's like seeing all these women players having these achievements. So you know m- more names. It's it's more mo- more more motivation. Um, so you know it's it. it could also serve a purpose for for future players too, you know, to try to achieve that milestone and having their name being up on that wall. Because I think before me there were only, um, God, I don't remember how many other names were up there. Maybe four or five other names that were up there. So not many. So, yeah. People get weird when it comes to trophies, and people yeah. achieving something. I people <laughs> get weird. Yeah, even it doesn't even have to be a trophy. It could 
be like a new job offer. Sometimes people just, uh, some people like like the silence, uh, like achieving things in silence, like not announcing a, a job announcement or not announcing. Um, I'm that way. I like moving. Really? Yeah, I don't like, even my birthday makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, oh my God, birthdays. Uh, I, that one kills me. It's. I always wish, I need to figure out how I can remove that from Facebook because that's like the last, <laughs> that's the last stand, but that always it always gets me when oh people my God, are like, oh, happy birthday. Or, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy. Like, I'll, I'll do, like, a little birthday post, but I will never tell anybody, like, hey, it's my birthday. Like, or I'll never wear, like, the slash, the birthday slash, or, like, the birthday week thing. Or I will never plan anything extravagant for my birthday. Um, but that's funny that you say that. I feel like a lot of, a lot of guys are like that, too, where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't, tell happy, don't, don't tell me happy birthday. I don't know how to say thank you. Yeah. If everybody um, could just forget, that would be, like, my ideal world. Nobody knows <laughs> when my birthday is. That's, that's funny. I don't know how to remove it on Facebook. Because mm-hmm. that's, every, every year on Facebook, because I don't really use Facebook as much except for now when I, when I post news. Uh, but before then, like, in high school, I would never use Facebook. But when it came time to my birthday it's always those aunts and people from middle school that will wish that will wish me happy birthday that I, that I don't even talk to um that's funny that you mentioned that yeah i think, I think my birthday's still up there too <laughs> that was always my thing i like i'm maybe i'm weird in that way but all of my whatever success i achieve in whatever form that takes i always try to keep it to myself just because it's weird it gets weird i i feel you and it could be interpreted as like showing off in a way um i definitely i'm guilty of that but however um i didn't post that i got this job as a news anchor slash reporter until like uh two months in that's when i like first like made the announcement like hey i'm starting this job here i didn't announce it i didn't announce it until then because a lot of people announce it when they got the offer when they get an offer to a job that's when they announce it like i wanted to be make sure you were like a fit yeah make sure because it would have been so embarrassing if like you know hey i got this job oh next day i got fired yeah (laughs) exactly i wanted to solidify my position there before i made the announcement um yeah i uh because i also don't, don't want to look dumb you know it's like what if i am showing this off and then i didn't even like earn it or it doesn't work out it could always be that so yeah and it's weird when you tell people you're you're working for something because sometimes they try to shit on it yeah my, my mom oh my god um my mom is, is is a great role model but when i first got this job when i first got the offer she was kind of like are you sure they hired you like she said, was, that? are yeah. you sure? Is this actually for you? Yeah, my mom did not. Um, e- even when I was in, in college studying journalism, she did not. She never said don't do it, but she didn't want me to because she knew it required me to move away. And again, tr- typical traditional mom. The only way you can move away is if you get married. Mm-hmm. So um, me moving away definitely like went against her norms. But um, she, when I, I was so happy. I'm like, mom, they just hired me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a news anchor, news reporter. She was like, you sure like are you sure it wasn't a mistake like they hired you and and uh, i remember i was in la at the time that i got the offer so i was with family and my tias were all really happy for me and my mom was the one that's kind of like the debbie downer but now and this was relatively recent i feel like a few months back that's when she was like i'm so glad that you took this decision you have grown so much um she knew that i couldn't even cook when i was living at home so she's like i know you're you're responsible like you haven't asked us for money like (laughs) she's like i know you're taking care of yourself and budgeting correctly and i know this job isn't easy and you're handling it well so now she's like i'm glad that you listened to yourself and not me and you took the job so (laughs) yeah and my dad on the other hand was supportive with whatever i wanted to do but my mom was kind of like that um you know just 
wasn't, wasn't, wasn't on board. Yeah, and I, I, I get it. You know, like if I have a daughter, I wouldn't want her to move away either. But um, again, it's it's for a purpose. It's not for nothing. It's not like I'm, I'm running away and not doing anything. It's like I have a purpose and and uh, I have goals that I want to achieve. And she recognized that after. <laughs> but at least now, now she gets it. So, yeah. There's a quote and I can't think of exactly how it goes, but it's something like, it's the people that love you the most that will hold you back the most. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily for nefarious purpose. It's because the people that love you want to spend time with you and they yeah, want to be around you. Exactly. And all of that takes away from whatever you're working on. Yeah. Inadvertently. And, my, mm-hmm. and my mom had said like, because um, she saw how much I love like family and family events and being close to home. And she just knew that I would um, not suffer, but she knew that I would have a hard time adjusting, which she wasn't wrong. I had a really hard hard time adjusting to everything like i said my life did a 180 when i moved up here um and she knew that i would go through that um but now that i went through it and i got through it fine i'm all in one piece um she she now sees that like i i handled it right so she's grateful now that i took the job yeah and like even when she moved up here when we were looking for apartments um she was still giving me that like Danya, are you sure you want to do this like are you there's there's she knew that i got the offer in san francisco to be a part-time production assistant she was like you could still be that like kind of like nudging nudging, me back home um no i i had a had a hard head so it's a good quality to have yes it is most of the time i mean it's worked out for me but i know having a hard head can be negative too well hard head i don't know if it's necessarily a hard head or being knowing what you want mm-hmm. and striving for that yeah but sometimes that's... a lot of people um, think they know that they want something and then have it not work out or not be for them um so it could be a negative and positive thing mm-hmm. but in in my situation thankfully it was it was a good thing good that came out of it for sure yeah, yeah. it's working out Look yeah <laughs> still uh still trying still learning i'm, I'm not the perfect anchor slash reporter haven't even been in the industry for for a year yet so definitely still still learning a lot and and uh, I'm just really, really thankful that I got this opportunity. That I'm, I'm so thankful that I had the privilege to even go to college and get a degree and, and have this job. Like I recognize that I have so much privilege, and I had like a, a stool that led me to this. And it was my, 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 my parents and my education and all of that, and my wonderful uh, coworkers that have so much patience when it comes to me. So very grateful for that. It's, it's worked out. Yeah. Do you have a plan for where you want to go from here? Or are you just trying to take it um, one day at a time? I, I'm a type A person. I, I like having a plan set out. So I, I do have a plan, but I do recognize if it doesn't work out, it's it's for the better. So my plan is for the future. You know, reporters have contracts and my contract is uh, two years. Um, could always renew it after that. But um, Sinclair, which is um, the company that I work for, they have this, uh, it's not necessarily a program, but it's like an upward mobility type of situation for reporters where if you uh, do your dues in a year and you want to move up to another station, um, you can do so. So my one year is coming up in August and I love it here and I want to stay here. Um, I want to move closer to home. That, that, that That's really my goal. And I, I'm telling you, like, I like cons- I like to consider Eureka kind of like an island because you're so far, you're so far away from, from a... From, from everybody, you're far away from Reading, you're far away from San Francisco. Um, so I'm like, if I could just take Eureka and move it closer to home, that would be perfect. Um, but I I really want to move either to um, to Chico slash Reading in that area because I have a lot of family in Chico. Also a little bit closer to home. Um, 
also I, I would just be open to anywhere in California if that makes sense because I know San Francisco is a very high market and I know even like when you're when you're applying to uh to stations in San Francisco they require like a five plus year experience and um so I do recognize that and I do need more experience under my belt before I hit those high markets um so definitely do want to do um want to stay here for as long as I can and then move away to either maybe Chico or um Monterey maybe even Palm Springs. I don't know. Uh, they're definitely still up in the air, but want to stay in California for sure. Don't want to move to any other state. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, after after college moved to like Texas and other states like that, which good for them, but I not me. I like to stay in California. But... Is that just because they want to get away or are there better markets um, in those states? I think um, in Texas, there is uh, there's a station that's a little bit higher than Eureka, but again, like I feel like all small stations are within the same realm where um, it's it's not much higher than, than Eureka. You're just but getting again, your foot in the door. Yes, to, to get your foot in the door. Um, everyone's different. She, My friend that moved to Texas loves it out there. I'm so happy for her. But I feel like I that would not be the case for me. Because, again, if uh, if I wanted to go back home, I would just have to make that four to five hour trip and I'd be home. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, yeah, Texas would be easier. a little yeah. bit longer. <laughs> a little bit longer than that little, uh, a plane ride away. But... Yeah, that's that's the goal to just try to get closer to home as much as I can. So yeah, how about you? Do you plan to stay in Eureka? No, no, absolutely no? not. Yeah. What, what what is your goal? I. That's a loaded question. Yeah, I know. It's. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a. I'm more of a day by day guy at this point okay. in my life. Understandable. I think I'll be here. Maybe till the end of the year, and then. I don't know. I've been saying that for a couple of months now, so I'm trying to figure out what my plan is. Till the end of the year? So, I mean, what's uh, maybe top three places you would want to go? Move? Yeah. Texas seems like it would be cool. Really? Yeah, maybe okay. like Houston or Austin. I mm-hmm. also really like the idea of Colorado. Okay. Like Boulder would be fun. But then I also want to go down to LA. It's all up in the air. I'm not really sure great. what I want to do with my life yet. I'm wow. so... That's- I mean, I'm in that we weird have, spot. We have time. Yeah. We have time to figure People it out. People say that, right? I No need to rush things for sure. But why Texas and Colorado? I like my my end game, I've realized, is I want to have a ranch somewhere. Oh, my God. So, yeah, same. that's my end game. <laughs> and I think same. a ranch in Colorado, like maybe in a valley somewhere with mountains because oh i love the aesthetic of here i mean like, yeah, yeah here there, there's ranches in, in yeah. mckinleyville i drive by them all the time and i'm like damn it fine can i'm like does, do these people want to dog me yeah like, i know I wanna, right I wanna, like, can i just live maybe yeah. just like on the property somewhere <laughs> like i won't make too much noise It'll i be feel fun. you on that seriously yeah so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah like whenever i go to my dad's ranch in mexico where he grew up um even though it's a very poor poor ranch do they and, still does your family still own that ranch um yes uh, okay. oh yeah. that's cool they still own it um unfortunately we had to sell um a few horses because a lot of uh, my my dad's brothers and sisters live up here and they can't take care of the ranch and all the animals so right now it's it's just the ranch um i believe there is one horse and a few like pigs and chickens that my cousin takes care of um but again there's like <laughs> no toilets uh no running water like it's uh it's a it's a ranch ranch like yeah it's, it's an og like an ranch. Actual ranch um but it's the land is he, it's a really big property um i mean if we really wanted to if we had the money we could fix it up and make it really nice but until then it's it's the og ranch mm-hmm. so nothing's no, nothing's changed since my since my dad's family moved out of there um 
but yeah like a ranch out here a nice one like with with horses i love riding horses that's like my goal it's like i want when i'm rich and famous like i'm totally putting that out there i'm totally manifesting, manifesting. that um i my dream world um beach house and a ranch like that oh, like that would be great that would be great um but ranch is definitely a priority like would love that if i had the opportunity to have a ranch have my own horse like Horses are so expensive, by the oh, way. Yeah. Horses can cost more than a car, which, like, I didn't know until Just a few years ago. Just the initial cost can yeah. cost more than a car. That's not even talking about feeding them, oh, get, taking I them know. to the vet. I know, but... It's on the bucket maybe. list. It's on the bucket list, for sure. For sure. And whenever I go down to Mexico, I, like, that's what I do. It's like, well, the plane lands, I'm on a horse. Like, that's... I love... I just love riding horses. Something about it, it's just so freeing to ride a horse. Kind of like driving. You know, like when you're stressed, and you're like, I'm just going to go for a drive. Driving, but better. It, driving, but Listen, better. Listen, I love driving yes. is like my therapy, but riding a horse riding, is a it's little just, bit better. It, it hits different. It hits different for sure. Love it. We yeah. grew up riding. My grandfather on my mom's side has a ranch out in Fortuna. And when I was growing up, we used to go out there and ride horses oh, like every weekend. So nice. And when, when my uh, sister came up here to visit, um, apparently, uh, I think it was in Fortuna or Ferndale, somewhere more down south. Um, they have like this thing where you can ride horses. And my sister tried calling and like booking an appointment, but I think they were like filled up that day or something. We, we didn't end up doing it. But there are places you can go and ride horses. I think there's a place in Oric. That, like, will take you out what? on trails. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to check that out. I haven't gone yet. But supposedly they'll take you out on, like, a trail. And, like, you can actually go for, like, a full day up into the mountains. What? Yeah, I know. Okay, I need to look into that. I um, Definitely want to do that. I Okay. Definitely need to need to check that out. Cause, How yeah, sweet that, would that, that be? That would be great. Yeah. Imagine just whenever you're on a weekend when I'm bored, I'm like, I feel like riding a, horse today. Yeah. <laughs> Let me book my appointment right now. That that that'd be great. And I'm sure there's there's other resources, but I'm I'm also sure you have to book in advance to to book that. Yeah, I wonder um, how busy they are. I mean, they were busy that Saturday when my sister tried calling. <laughs> but yeah, that that would have been great. And I think I don't know. You grew up here, so I feel like you would know. Um, you can ride horses on the beach. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Where? <laughs> I think you. I think you could do it at any beach. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah. know about... I need to look into that. Because um, I know there's um, some beaches in... Uh, sorry, my eyes are, like, getting really watery right now. No worries. I, we've got bright lights. I know. So and sometimes, like, literally in, in the show, because we have lights like this, too. Um, you guys probably have more extreme... Oh, this yeah. is, like, low level for you. Um, this is actually kind of, like, the same. Um, actually, no. Maybe it's a little more extreme in the studio. But I actually have to have eye drops, where sometimes during breaks, I'm like, oh, I need to put on eye drops. Um, I have really sensitive eyes. But anyways. Do you want me to turn um, the lights no, down? No, it's fine. It's okay, fine. Because I can adjust those. I've turned them down for other people if they're too... Uh, you want me to turn them down? Okay. You have to bit. keep talking yeah. so we don't get in. <laughs> okay. Okay. For sure. Um, yeah. There's, there's a place in San Francisco where you can ride horses. I believe the beach is Pacifica. Um, Pacifica or Ocean Beach? Oh. Uh, I think, I think that's good. That's good. Yes, that's good. I think, I mean, yeah, maybe that one just a little bit more. But yeah, just riding a horse on the beach. I've never done that. And I can only imagine how fun that would be. So if any listeners out there that are uh, hearing this conversation, please let us know if there are any places that we can go to ride horses on the beach. Because I would love that. Um, but again, I know uh, I, I it's a hot commodity, I bet. So got to book in advance. Yeah. Oh, this is a lot better. Thank I know. You. Sorry. Thank you. I wish you would have said <laughs> that good, earlier. I, I need to ask people. Say, hey, no, I have really, this? really sensitive eyes where sometimes like I'll put on eye drops before show and I do this before every show, 10 and 11 o'clock show, even though they're only like 30 minutes apart. I always put on eye drops. Um, I just always look high. 
Always, always. And I think it's, I don't know if it's a... Like, I'm not smoking weed. Yeah, I'm no, seriously. Light. Even though, like, we're in Humble, I know. But, um, no, it's my eyes always get, like, really red and, and watery. And sometimes, like, when I'm when I'm doing the show, I'm like, okay, guys, my, I might as well start twitching. Like, we'll I'm start not twitching. crying. I'm, I'm not like, crying. Yes, exactly. But then uh, and during break, I'll, uh, sometimes I'll be like, okay, guys, I'm going to go for an eye drops. Uh, yeah, eye drops are probably a good call. I should probably yeah. carry those in the studio just in case. I had a... Stacey Eads, I believe. Oh, yes, the yeah. Uh, DA. Yeah, Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, I had her on, and she walked in and instantly was like, um, those are some bright, li- bright lights. And I was like, I can turn them down. Does she I have colored eyes? Does she have blue eyes? I think she has blue eyes. Okay, I think, I don't know. I think I... it's a sensitivity with blue eyes, right? Could it All be? I don't know. I, I think so, because a lot of people, a lot of my cousins that have colored eyes, it's the same problem. They're, their eyes are just really sensitive. My, my dad, too. My dad always looks high, too. But again, I don't know. It could be. Like, I think... Blue eyes are the most light sensitive. Probably. I want to say. Yeah, my eyes are like blue green, ish. Um, but I feel like colored eyes. I mean, I think you have colored eyes too. Yeah, right? I've got brown and green. Yeah, like do you do your eyes get sensitive? I think I'm just used to it because I've I just stare into them. Oh. Just, I just burn out my retinas <laughs> a little bit, and then it's like, okay, I'm good. I can't actually see you. You're just like a black watch so oh. i've just been looking in the general direction the whole time i'm like it, it could also be because like i um i got hit in the face with a soccer ball during one of the games that like um scratched the cornea I that could do it scratched the cornea but it was just on, in one eye and the sensitivity is on both so i'm like it could be that. i, I know, had a but... girl when i was in middle school spray me in the eyes with perfume yikes that was i think did you have to was... go to the hospital for that no you just cried it out I didn't even cry. I should what? have cried. Yeah, pro- I mean, it would have been like, better. I don't even think. Better to clean I think it I out. rinsed my eyes out. We were going to gym, and she was like, "Hey, smell this perfume." And I bent down to smell it. And Yikes! She just... <gasps> As a prank? I think so. I think oh she thought God. it would be funny. <laughs> it was not. It wasn't funny. Maybe she was like trying to flirt with you. I don't that know. Was, that was her way of I don't flirting. Know. That was a rough way of flirting. And I was so mad. I've since moved on. I've accepted life is life. Mm-hmm. But I had to get glasses because of that, so I wear no contacts. Way. Yeah, it fucked up. After my that, yeah. I and I remember oh, I was no. losing my shit because I was like, I told, I I don't even think I told the PE teacher, but somehow the principal found out. I think a buddy of mine told the principal and we got called in and the principal had us sitting there and he's like, did you spray him in the eyes with perfume? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, my, my eyes are kind of messed up. I told yeah. him, he's like, okay, well, she needs to apologize. And she was like, sorry. And then he's like, okay, you guys can go. And I was like, no what? detention. No. No and I told my parents sir? and they were like. Okay. I was like, what? what is happening? Yeah. Very bad discipline of it. <laughs> I know. It was an interesting experience for me. Because she it admitted it. It wasn't an accident. Yeah. So It was intentional. But I've accepted that. Jeez. Yeah, I I'm a better person because of it. <laughs> I'm a better person. Oh, no. I would have been pissed. But honestly, since I hate confronting people, I would have probably done the same. So I don't blame you. But um, yeah, no, luckily, I don't need glasses right now. Knock on wood. Fingers um, crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, have good vision. It's just the sensitivity that beats me up. Because mm-hmm. even when I wake up, my eyes are red. It's just like in broad daylight. Yeah, as well. and I'm hydrated. I carry this water bottle with me everywhere I go, and I drink. I go to the bathroom so much, but I drink so much water. I eat relatively healthy. Have my moments. Um, but and then I've gone to the doctors relatively frequent, and it's it's nothing. The only thing that helps is is eye drops. But again, I don't want to rely on eye drops my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, especially in your career where this exactly, is what you're going to be doing. Exactly. Also, eye drops are expensive, so I'm like, I don't want to keep uh, keep purchasing that. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is just a colored eye thing. I wonder if there'd be know. a way to mitigate that somehow. 
Not I mean, like, it's not exactly like you can wear sunglasses me. during your broadcast. Oh, no. I wish. Imagine. I look so much more cooler. No, <laughs> imagine just going on air, just <laughs> chilling. Uh, that, that, would be, that would be funny. Just right. Broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, welcome to this cool edition. Yeah. Of... This is the new and improved yeah. <laughs> television. We're going to do some real comedy, news. You know? um, yeah, that, that, that would be great. Oh, sometimes. Oh, my God. Um, one time I went on air because I have blue light glasses um, when I start. Oh, to block. The, um, like screen light yes yes whenever do I, those work I've heard. so they work for me i feel like they've worked um i don't know like the, the statistics behind it if, if, if it actually does work but i i use them whenever i start a screens for that same reason my eyes are just really sensitive and i remember when i first started um being on air and i would be in the middle of a newscast and my eyes would start watering i would put on those lights those lights those uh those glasses and it would help me however i never received the comment but um uh, there was a comment made to my news director saying how it was like distracting that I start off the newscast without glasses and then in the middle uh, I come on air and I have glasses on so it, it was kind of like a, a distraction thing so I try not to put them on for newscasts unless I really really need to my eyes are really bugging me then I'll then I'll put them on but yeah that sounds like someone that has way too much free time on their hands yeah. <laughs> to say that <laughs> that is my interpretation of yeah, that but I I um it comes with the job um, I mean, the same thing. It's like, I'm not allowed to wear anything distracting, anything with lots of patterns when I'm on air. So I can't they wear They want like, like neutral colors? Yeah. I mean, like Or solid colors Yes, least. exactly. Solid colors. It, it, I guess, um, like vibrant is a thing. There was like a pamphlet where you couldn't even wear white on air. It was- it, it, Why not white? That's weird. I don't know. I don't know. And a lot of people like, they look good in white. So it's like, I don't know why it would be a problem, but there's a lot of, uh, things that reporters can and can't wear. And of course those rules sometimes get, get broken. Like I remember, um- you on the thing it said you can't wear like cheetah print or zebra print there was like a reporter that i saw on air like she had like cheetah print like sleeves and that wasn't distracting to me you know um so i i do get that although we're, we're communicating with words we're also communicating with what we wear um and again it's like it's not like i'm gonna do a newscast in a tank top while it's raining out there you know it's it's um you need to dress appropriately and I, I try to accommodate those rules as much as I can. But of course, it's like, if I have a cute white top, I want to wear it, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, what you wear is also very important. However, it's not really a top priority because a lot of people think reporters um, take like an hour getting ready before a newscast and we get ready while we're on the clock. That's not the case at all. Like, I get ready before work. So... I take that extra 40 minutes to, to do my hair and makeup before work because I know that I'm not going to have time to do my makeup when I'm at work. And a lot of people think that we have like hairstylists and makeup artists. No, that's not the case. I think that's the case for like New York and uh, LA markets, but not... Like not, if you were primetime news. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, but not not up here. So um, definitely physical appearance isn't a top priority. Um at least for me, I just try to follow the rules. I don't really, I, I care about how I look, but it's not like if my hair is messed up, I'm not going to go on air type, you know? Um, I um, unfortunately don't have enough time to, to get fully ready and uh, pick out my, my outfits, but it's it's fine. It's fine. As long as we're delivering critical news, it's all that matters for sure. Yeah, that's the main point, right? Yeah. And of course, it's like sometimes I'll go on air with like a hair sticking out or like my, oh my God, there was this one um, one time where we were at the end of the show and this is why I don't wear fake lashes because for some reason they just never stick on my eye. It was at the end of the show and my eyelash was just, oh no, it was just hanging by a limb. And I was like, okay guys, we're going to show you something good. And my, eyes was just, my eyelash was just oh, about, no. about to fall down um pulled it through right after the show ended i just yanked it off but it's uh i definitely had wardrobe and makeup malfunctions on air. growing pains yeah and growing pains for sure you learn what works for you and what doesn't yeah um 
So I've definitely done that with makeup because I wasn't really much of like a makeup guru before. I enjoyed makeup and um, growing up into this day, I had a lot of acne, lots and lots of acne. So I would cover that up with foundation. So foundation aspect, I was a pro at, but eyeshadow and lipstick and blush. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was not a pro at at all. I definitely had to learn that coming up here. So yeah, definitely what looks good on camera and what doesn't. Because what looks good in person sometimes doesn't look good on camera. So Makeup wise? Makeup wise, yes. Like for example, like um blush i would never wear blush and when i first got on air i would put like a dash of blush and it wouldn't even pick up on the camera so now before air i just smother my brush in that blush and smear it on so it'll it'll pick up more on camera so definitely adjusting uh makeup um i don't know what was... blush is that's the stuff on blush? your cheeks oh my god okay, yes. I don't yeah, know. Blush, <laughs> blush is like, like the, is like the red stuff on, okay on i just had cheeks. to ask because i was like i'm not 100 sure what that is <laughs> you're good you're good okay yeah blush is this is the, that's what the I red stuff on the to, cheeks i just had to double check okay it's okay it's good to ask yeah, questions right? just to make sure <laughs> i do that for a living i ask yeah. questions it's totally fine yeah blush is the red stuff that goes on your cheeks that i would barely put any but it's very important because it's it's a difference you know you always want to highlight your cheekbones when you're on air so definitely i should start doing that yeah just to highlight my cheekbones. I will tell you what products you need. I okay. got you. No, and then yeah, also, I have sensitive like, skin, so I'm going to need like light stuff okay. that doesn't affect my skin. So. For sure. I got you. I got you. And also like men wear makeup on air too, which I-, I Do they really? I didn't know that either. Uh, I, uh, when I first got there- and... Like found, like all of it? Like found... No. Okay. Um, obviously I mean, are they going on with like eyeliner and like- <laughs> Not How far as... are we going? So, it's, honestly, I think a protocol for men, because I also read like the men pamph- pamphlet, it was uh, foundation for sure. Um, concealer, maybe bronzer, and then like um like to uh, maintain your eyebrows. I think that was it. They don't have to do the whole mascara and eyeshadow thing, but they do have to wear makeup still. So is that know. just because it looks better on camera? Yes, again? yes. Because again, you don't want to highlight your like any imperfection at all. You want to you want to cover that as much as you can, which I try to. But again, like whenever I do my makeup, it's at the start of my shift, so I start doing my makeup at like two o'clock or one thirty. And then I have to anchor the 10 and 11 o'clock shows. So that's like a full day. I can't do math. Um, That's like over, (laughs) over five hours um, of just like makeup sitting on my skin. So sometimes like it's, my makeup isn't always flawless when I'm on air because it's been sitting there for, for hours. So yeah, still learning how to fix that keep it on there it's, don't they have like a setting spray they look do. at me look at oh me God, wow look i don't know you. what blush is but i know uh, what a setting yes. spray is yes so i i um does I, that work that like keeps it your yes, face on i don't again, understand everything makeup. has a time limit and when you're running around shooting stuff and doing interviews and uh, actually you know, moving yeah moving like it sometimes doesn't stay on all the way and i do the setting powder i do the setting spray but even then i i do touch-ups whenever i i um uh, before show but even then it's like this makeup has just been sitting on my face and my skin i you know i have a lot of acne so it's it's does that isn't that does that mess with you at all oh my god don't even we can talk about don't (laughs) Don't even i can talk about this for hours no i had really severe acne and i don't know if you heard about accutane which is a very intense drug it's it's yeah isn't that like the it's, it's a pill. Like, it's it's oh. a pill that you take um, to reduce your acne, but it is so strong that if you're a girl and you want to go on Accutane, you need to be on birth control three months before because if you get pregnant while you're on Accutane, you're it, it, it's it's I'm not I, this sounds like I'm making it up, but literally on the on the pamphlet when you get Accutane, it's like your your baby comes out like distorted and like it it's like and you have to do pregnancy tests every month um, when you're on Accutane. 
it's it's a big deal. It's it's a huge intense drug that like it's even led to like a lot of people being depressed. So it's like you kind of have to like sign stuff saying like you're okay with that. It's a it's a really uh, intense drug. And my acne was so bad that I was willing to like take those risks. I'm like I I don't care. My acne is. Did is, it help? It did temporarily. So I went on Accutane two times, and usually you're just on it for one time, and your skin is clear for the rest of your life. But I had to go. Is on it, it like twice. a short duration? Like you take it for three months and then you're good forever? Some people take it for three months. Usually it's six months. So six I took months. it for six months, two times. So in in total, I took it for a whole year, and um, my skin was clear. Um, and then a few months later, when I was off of it, my acne came back. Um, so I don't want to go through that again. So right now I'm just like suffering through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a major insecurity that I had. Um, Acne is just really, I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain. It definitely, um, my self-esteem was really low when I had really bad acne. Because when I would play soccer, a lot of people would be like, why is she wearing foundation while she's playing soccer? Like, she just cares about her look. She doesn't care about soccer. No, I was just really insecure about my acne. Like, if I have pictures of when it was bad and it was just all over my skin. And I didn't even look like myself. So I had to cover it up with foundation. Um, and now my acne has gotten a little better and, and I've gotten a little bit more secure with myself. And whenever I go to the gym, I'm not wearing makeup because I, at this point, I just don't care. So of course my face is still all red with the acne. Um, but I've just learned to live with it now at this point. Cause I've tried everything. I've tried eating. I've tried changing my diet. I was going to say, is that like a dietary yeah, thing? I don't know. It's, I cut out dairy. I cut out, um, processed meats. I cut out fast food for a while. That didn't help um gr i do green juices every morning so that's definitely like i i think green juices has has helped a little bit not all the way but it also has to do with genetics and hormones and i even went on birth control i talked to my doctor i'm like i know this could do with my this could have something to do with my hormones she recommended a birth control that will help balance my hormones went on it for three months nothing changed so it wasn't my hormones um and at this point like i just think it's genetics because my dad had really bad acne so and I look just like my dad. So I'm like, I, I think uh, those genetics really came through. So I, I really do think it's just gene genetics at this point. Because so I've tried Curology, Proactive. Curology, that's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, I've tried everything. Or Proactive. One of the, yeah. Those are like the face ones now. Yes. There's like some celebrity are always endorsing that. Oh, I know. Oh, my cousin. Um, yeah, nothing has helped. Nothing. And I'm like, if any of you out there listening, recommend some skincare products because your girl needs it. Do you eat a lot of grains or mm. processed carbs? Like Pasta. Uh, like oats, pasta, oh, um, breads. Not like an everyday thing. Probably mm. like once or twice a week. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I don't know what I, I don't know what would cause. I mean, I do eat fast food. <laughs> but i'm like it's i eat fast food like once a week i don't think it's it's that that's causing what's your go-to oh taco bell for sure i you're gonna judge me i literally had it last night i felt so i felt so bad because um i never doordash for money purposes but um, it's ridiculously it's so expensive. expensive it's you so get expensive. a 20 dollar meal and then it comes out to 80 bucks oh my god i know literally i had a, a nine dollar meal it came out to 20 bucks but I was so, I was craving Taco Bell really bad. And I just came back from work and I'm like, I don't want to go back to Eureka and, and get Taco Bell. So I door dashed it. Um, had Taco Bell last night at like two in the morning. My door dasher got lost while she was delivering the food. Cause I live in an apartment complex and it's a little complicated. But I felt so bad for her. Cause I'm like, this girl, like she's really uh, suffering just to give, uh, just to give me Taco Bell at two in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, Taco Bell is my favorite, my go-to. Um, and then McDonald's here and there, but Taco Bell number one. What about you? I like In and Out. In and Out's pretty. In and and didn't they just solid. open In and Out yeah. here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, down on Broadway. When did they open that? 
Um, it might have been the summer of last year, twenty one. Okay. What year are we? We're twenty two. Wow. Wait. Are so we twenty? We're twenty one. Are we twenty two? Wow. I definitely. Wait. Should I just. Know this. I what just turned twenty three. You're um, twenty three. What year? We're in twenty twenty two. Two. Wow. Twenty twenty two. We're gonna edit that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. So time is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe twenty twenty. Now that I'm. No. I think. Because I know they opened KFC last year. Yeah. So. Oh. So maybe twenty twenty was in and out. Okay. Maybe so recently time. they just opened in and out. Yeah. Damn. So before, yeah. what were you doing? Taco Bell. Taco Bell was a good one. I like Wendy's too. Wendy's isn't Wendy's, bad. I just um, when I moved up here, um, I had Wendy's for the second time because before moving up here, I only had it once, and then now it's it's really good. I love that four by four. That one hits. That's my go-to. That's, that hits. Um, With some animal fries is animal fries. Never, never had animal from In and Out. I've never had animal fries from In and Out. Oh I always my. get I always get the regular hamburger. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're missing out. It's just, I've tried it because, um, you know, my brother has ordered it before. I've gotten a fry and. The fries by themselves, not Here's great. the thing. You get the fries and you dip them in the shake. Yes. Yes. Well, that's okay. go-to. But McDonald's is the best for that. Really? McDonald's oh, fries? No, McDonald's fries with ice cream. Yes. Yes. You, when you dip them in the ice cream, that, that's good. A lot of people don't like it. I'm like, what? It's, it's like, amazing. It's sweet and savory in one. It's, it's amazing. Um, Yeah. Never had the animal fries. Never oh been a God, fan of them. Fries. I haven't had In-N-Out in a really long time. My go-to, this is going to be so bad. I think I've already said this, though, so I'm going to say it again. My go-to at In-N-Out is a 4 by 4 with two orders of animal fries. And then two I just, orders? Yeah, I, uh, I'm secretly a fat kid at heart. That's why I work out okay, so much. Okay, no. I, I don't know if this is a stereotype, but I feel like every guy who goes to the gym very frequently and... Secretly a fat kid. No, no, no. Oh. It's not even that. It's... Well, maybe. Maybe. But, <laughs> that comes into play. <laughs> But they they love In and Out. They like go to In and Out after and before workouts. Like that's that's like their go to. And I feel like I've seen it with like four or five guys, or that when they go to the gym, they have to have In and Out after. I don't know if that's if that's a thing. Probably. Typical yeah. gym bros. Yeah. <laughs> One of those tropes. Gym bros. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of people that I met, they they just love In and Out. That's like their their protein intake and all of that. Yeah. Like I love Taco Bell. Solid, but Taco Bell at my age now. Taco Bell. You talk about How old are you? Much. I'm 24. 24, okay. Yeah, so that like I'm 30, but yeah. <laughs> I'm 24. Um, I mean, okay, I, I know you say you work out a lot, but do you also like diet? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't, well, I don't diet like, I, that's a loaded question because my diet is kind of all over the place right now. I have food allergies. I'm not. No, what, yeah, what, what so food allergies really... do you have? It's like well, nuts and stuff? Yeah, when I was a kid, I was basically allergic to everything. Uh-huh. And then I just decided that wasn't how i was gonna live my life so i just started eating everything again mm-hmm. i think i'm not really sure what the cause is right now i know dairy has some stuff it's not like i can't eat it it just messes with me you know i, I don't see, feel I great stomach problems yeah all so of that, that for a while i was just for like the past three weeks i was just eating a protein olive oil and then fruit what? was all i was eating and i was feeling so amazing but then amazing yeah, I really feeling, i feel like i, I, feel I was like would feel great. very fatigued and no, i felt great my energy was what? so consistent i felt just like mentally clear. Oh my and god! Focused. I, I felt like we it was amazing. Diet. <laughs> um, but of course, I do. I'm a big fan of cheat meals. So, mm-hmm. like, if I'm doing that diet, I'm still going out like once a week and you gotta hitting. Have that balance. Yeah, you gotta have that balance. Um, now it's now it's just kind of clean foods. I'm doing a lot of sweet potatoes, protein, some asparagus. Some and all fruit. you you make that all at home. You yeah, meal prep. I don't. I'm not that great of a cook, but I mm-hmm. can. 
if it's on the grill or the crock pot, which is mm-hmm. just a give me. I mean, you can throw anything in there <laughs> and it turns out. I a crock pot. Oh I'm an air fryer uh, I fan. just started getting an air fryer and air it's fryers. amazing. Yes, that's where I, I put all my veggies in there whenever I, I cook. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I only ever make like chicken, rice. Uh, that, that's the only thing I know how to make. Honestly, I don't make, I don't, recently, you're going to kill me, but I recently learned how to make uh, lentils, lentejas. Okay. Recently. And I that's love. That's better. I can't make them. I wouldn't <laughs> even try. It's very simple. And ever, ever since I learned how to make them, I've just, I've just been making that almost every single day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like usually chicken, quinoa, rice. Quinoa is um, amazing. Quinoa is great. great. Quinoa is great. Um, and then veggies and that's in. That's how I've been living life. But of course, I would love to learn how to make like enchiladas and chilaquiles and all that good stuff that my mom used to make. But I don't have the patience or the time for that. So <laughs> I just mm, don't know how to make it. So yeah. I, just, I stick to the basics. That's what I do. Yeah. I would eat a lot of rice because it's just so easy it's to make. It's so easy Quinoa. to make. Yeah, exactly. Um, same thing with uh, lentils. It's relatively easy to make lentils. Um what else do I make? Pasta, but a pasta again. You just boil the pasta and, and the, the yeah, sauce I, I buy from the <laughs> yeah, from, from, from the can. So it's yeah, uh, I haven't even delved into trying to make the sauce, like where you're neither. just mixing. That, that's yeah. that's beyond me. That's uh, just, I'm all store bought. Yes, same, 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 same. Speaking of, I need to go grocery shopping. But yeah, I literally just uh, uh, buy the ingredients that are already made, so it's just less of a hassle. And of course, whenever I go grocery shopping, I'll buy that frozen pizza for rainy days when I'm like, I literally don't have time to cook or something. I'll just because you know take that frozen happen. pizza with me. Yeah, do that more often than I should. Um, but again, my mom, she every time. She tells me like Danya. My mom even made me like a recipe book. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but you're it's, like I'm never gonna use this. No, the only one I used was was a lentils one because I was craving it one day. I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna push myself and try to make this. Um, but yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of recipes on there that I have yet to make. Um, maybe one day I'll get to it. But until then, like I'm just sticking to the basics and what's convenient for me, honestly. Because <laughs> again, I don't even have that much counter space mm-hmm. in my apartment to even uh, start delving out. Do a full because it takes up. It's not just cooking. It's cooking, getting all the stuff to cook, mm-hmm. and then the cleanup. Yes, the cleanup is like was what kills me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about buying just reusable plates at this point, so I don't have to do the dishes. Because um, I don't know, like whenever I can't work or be in um like dirty spaces i love like my clean apartment like mm-hmm. if my apartment's not clean like i can't focus on anything and sometimes like whenever even if there's like a few dishes like i it, it bugs me like i have to do them so i'm like maybe i just need to like buy paper plates or something so after i eat i just throw them away but that's not really resourceful so <laughs> until then i'm just stick to doing dishes yeah and i don't have a, um, a dishwasher dishwasher i don't know why i was playing on the word yeah I don't it's have okay a i didn't know what year it was so yeah. I, think we're, I think we're in the same boat <laughs> Oh God, yeah, brain farts all day. Um, yeah, don't have a dishwasher. So that's unfortunate. So I'll hand wash, but it's fine. When I was living with my sister, we had a dishwasher, but she is not a fan of using it, so we just hand washed everything. Okay, yeah. my mom has a dishwasher, and I, maybe it's just like a Mexican mom thing. A lot of my aunts have dishwashers; they never use them. Yeah, use it as a drying rack. That's what we did. <laughs> yes, what... I don't know if your family does this either, but um, they store their pots and pans in the oven. Yeah, on the yes. bottom. Yeah, yes, on the, yes, yes. the bottom of the yeah. oven. And here's the thing: when my uh, my mom hasn't came to visit me in a long time, but her first time visiting me, I think it was over. It was in November, I think November or October. Um, I had my pots and pans like in um in a cabinet, and <laughs> I when I came back from work, I was like looking for for a pan for for a pan uh, um a pot, 
And I'm like, where are they? I was looking for them. And then I call my mom. I'm like, mom, like, don't they stun? Like, where are they? And she goes, oh, they're, they're in the oven. And I open the oven and I just start cracking. I even, I posted a story on it. I'm like, my mom really just put all my pots and pans in the oven. Of all the things. She's yes. like, no, this is in the wrong spot. <laughs> and ever since then, I, I, I keep it there for storage purposes. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's. It's great. I think there's actually like a utility purpose to that spot. I think it's really? supposed to keep food warm or something. Like if you pull it out of the oven, you put it in. supposedly. I don't know, but could be right. Everybody, everybody I know does yeah, that. I and it's you know whenever I would go to my um my friends' houses when in middle school, I'm like, I had a lot of white friends in middle school. Um, they didn't do that, and I was like, what? <laughs> I thought I thought everyone has pots and pans. What yeah. is happening? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a thing. Um, yeah, great, great for storage because my little apartment doesn't have much storage, so. I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Like, I grew up with putting pots and pans in the oven, and I didn't even think to do that in my own apartment. But thank you, Mom, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. that's It's weird. Little things that people do like that, and it just catches on. Yeah, for sure. And um, I just want my mom to come visit me more because I know my mom is, is great at, like, just uh, keeping things organized and, and all of that. So I definitely need a little more guidance on that, um, just organizing my room and what looks good and what doesn't look good. So, yeah, definitely. And cooking. Was she a pretty good cook? Oh, my mom's an amazing cook. Oh. Amazing, amazing cook. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get that from her. I suck at cooking. Literally, I, I'm i on top of, like, not knowing how to cook, I'm very clumsy. I'm super, super clumsy, and I have no patience. I want something That's quick, like fast, and easy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like I am just not built for cooking um so another like my life i'm telling you 180 in every single aspect like food i love food um cannot i i just wasn't eating the same as i was when i was living back home i did lose a lot of weight which was like hey plus because you're not eating because i'm like, not right. eating yeah I mean, <laughs> um exactly well, I, full, I guess yeah i was getting you know losing weight but um yeah no definitely miss my mom's cooking for sure and whenever i go down there i'm like mom can you make ceviche please like that's like my go-to because i don't know how to make ceviche and it's requires too many ingredients for me to even count so um whenever i go down there my mom knows she knows the protocol she knows she knows to make ceviche whenever i go down there it's a plus for sure does your mom cook really good wait your mom is she's portuguese oh okay yeah okay so we have a mix but my dad my dad doesn't really cook he's good on the grill Mm-hmm. I, think that's every, I think that's every that's dad. That's a solid staple. Honestly, I think yeah. that's, that's every dad. But my dad still cooks. Like, um, whenever my mom, uh, my mom would go down to Mexico to visit my grandma a lot. So sometimes I'd be, like, just home with my dad. He would still cook, even though it'd be, like, mac and cheese and spaghetti. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, my dad can do simple things. He's got mm-hmm. a few recipes, like, his go-tos. Like, if he's cooking something, he's got mm-hmm. this really good soup that's got Ooh. so many different things in it. It's amazing. Um, but my mom does a lot of the cooking. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, does your dad make any like Mexican dishes? No, no. I think the only thing, you know what chiotes are? Chiotes. Yeah. It no. almost looks like a, how would I, how would I describe that? It's almost like an, like a potato crossed with an artichoke. I'm not doing it any justice as I'm saying this. It's a weird, it's got know. spikes on it. It's green. It's got what? spikes. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. like a cactus. I don't know. Think of like a, a mango that is green with spikes like a cactus oh okay it's really good that's probably the most mexican thing that he's made yeah Mm. my grandfather used to grow them and so we went over there one time and you boil the only thing i could think of is is uh tunas which is the 
the fruit that, that grows uh, from cactuses. That's the only green thing with spikes. That they're I weird. Of. I've never. I don't know because yeah. I've asked a couple of my friends who are Hispanic, and they're like, I don't know what that is. So yeah. I don't know if he just found these somewhere and was like, I'm gonna grow <laughs> I'm gonna these in my garden. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I don't. Um, I have no idea. But no, he doesn't like. No. My mom was the cook growing up, so we didn't really have a whole lot of... I mean, we would do tamales occasionally, but it, mm. not like homemade. We would buy them, so... What? I, I know. Excuse me? I know. I know. <laughs> no, no, like no. cardinal sin. No, exactly. But no, I'm not judging you. Whenever it would make... It would be time to make tamales, usually during Christmas time. Um, my mom would kind of like almost beg me to help her. But again, I just don't have the patience to just like get the uh, the masa and put it down. Like I just don't have the patience. Again, I was really clumsy, so I would drop it all the time. No, I'd let her do it. So no judgment to bind them on yeah. this. We would do like Portuguese wine cookies. I don't know if you know what those are. Like we would make cookies and stuff. That's what I would oh. help make growing up. Like around Christmas, we would do Portuguese wine cookies and then Christmas cookies, like sugar Ooh. cookies we would cut out. That's good. Yeah, no, yeah. I was I was no use in the kitchen. Still no use in the kitchen now. But <laughs> I, I do think it's important to uh, to learn how to cook, you know. And It's nice being it able is. to eat things that aren't chicken and rice you know exactly. it's a nice oh change God, of pace exactly and like um before i would hate when my mom would make um albondigas which is um i don't know if you've ever heard of them i it's don't like, think i know what those oh are god I, i'm not i'm not gonna describe it right but it's like meatball soup in a way um with veggies and stuff and i would hate when my mom would make it i just was not a fan of it, it was i was just not a fan whenever she would make it i would like literally drive to mcdonald's and buy food i would not eat it and then now i'm like damn i really took it for granted i really took her cooking for granted now i'm like i would kill for albon for albondigas but fortunately i took it for granted and my mom to this day she was like i don't know why you would always like go out to eat whenever i would make food like do you regret it i'm like yes mom yeah. shut up like no like i, I learned my please, lesson please don't rub it in my face i learned yeah definitely food uh adjusting like living alone and making your own food it's um it was hard it was really hard yeah, and again, again, like it was—it's my first full-time job, so even having the time to cook, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. But meal prep—that's um, I found meal prepping on Sundays is is a big help. So I try to knock that out, so I don't have to worry about food during the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Sunday's like my cooking day. But uh, do you still live with your parents? Yeah, I do. I moved okay. back home because I graduated. I graduated college in May. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, congrats! Recently, Thank you. Yeah, nice. you too. You graduated um 2021 or not so oh, my bad not may of this year may of 21 21 yeah 22. so last year 21 21 oh yeah i graduated right. last year yeah <laughs> time does not exist anyways <laughs> jesus i'm all over the place today. yeah i graduated last year my ceremony was actually uh last week but i, I didn't go because it was it was on a wednesday and i was not gonna go down was it in person yeah it was in person um because they they had to keep pushing it because of covid mm-hmm. so finally they had it last week I didn't even care to go, honestly. Yeah, I didn't as go long, as long either. as I have my degree. Peace. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's nice that, that you still live with your with your family. Yeah. Have I mean, does does your mom still cook for you? No, no, really? I do. Yeah, I'm I'm I've been pretty self sufficient since high school. Mm. Uh, that's good. Yeah. But again, <laughs> nothing like your mom's cooking. She, I, I mean, she'll make dinners and. Well, the thing is, I eat differently than my parents eat because I'm meal prep. Right, yeah. So, like, I'm – and I'm never really home. I'm mm-hmm. here at work or at the gym. Like – Only two spots. Yeah. I'm The only time I'm really at home is if I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of miss that side yeah. of being around them, you know. Um, 
But yeah, I, I will check in for a few dinners when I know, because I'll see that she's cooking <laughs> something. I'm like, food. oh, I'm going to be home for this one. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get you. What what got you into podcasting? I know you say you're really busy, but like what, what got you into doing this? I, and it, you is... just graduated, right? In last year. Yeah. Oh, last year. Yeah, not, not this. No. Oh, so we graduated the same year. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So did you do this before you graduated or after you graduated? I did it after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What gave you that, that like the idea to do this? I that that is probably the most loaded question we've gotten to tonight. I'm curious. Yeah, cause... I don't know if I have a great answer for it. I'll be honest. I what I've been what I've been telling people that have asked this mm-hmm. far, and I'm I'm trying to think about how I want to phrase this. <laughs> Take your time. I know. Take your time. To, <laughs> I've only yeah. answered this question like five times now, so I should have it queued up. <laughs> I did not like who I was. Okay. I think that's the most concise way to put it. I had been, you know, I had come back from school because they closed the school mm-hmm. and I was here and I never really thought I'd be back here after I went away to college. I never thought I'd be back. So that was hard. And this was right at the start of COVID. I had been on a flight and had been notified that there was a potential COVID case on that flight. And this was back at the start. This is like March, 2020. Oh. And they notified me a few days after I had been back. So I had already gone out and seen friends. I had hung out with a friend whose girlfriend at the time was pregnant, my wife, oh. who's pregnant. And so when I found that out, I just felt like a piece of shit. I was like, oh my God. Imagine if I get them sick and they... And at the time, COVID happens, was, was really new. Yeah, nobody knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And so I was freaking out. So I really didn't leave my my house for like the next three months they closed the gym so i wasn't working out which is Mm -hmm. not i can go like three days without working out and then i start getting a little dicey Mm -hmm. so i wasn't working out i wasn't do i was going to class in my bedroom zoom university Mm -hmm. University. you see zoom (laughs) yeah and all i was doing was consuming social media Mm, and i just and the news Mm -hmm. and the news was is sometimes toxic yep and i just did not like who I was becoming. Mm-hmm. And I think some part of me subconsciously recognized that in order to get out of that, I needed to start talking to real people and not just living through that mm-hmm. that medium on my phone. Okay. And so people seem to want to come on. I mean, I'm surprised that anybody I'm surprised mm-hmm. you're on right now. Like no, I No, seriously, like I It's a weird it's that's crazy Weird. how like that was that was your backstory i would have never thought i thought this was something that you would always wanted to do because like yeah. honestly i'm not just saying this because i'm on here but like you're, you're like a natural like this is i feel like you were meant to do this and i um i saw one with uh with karen paz dominguez and you were you were hitting those questions and uh, same thing with um i believe it was stacy ease i watched a little bit of hers um you're like a natural at this like really good and i i, I can tell you do your research too and, and you're very familiar so i i would expect it like yeah you know i always had this in the back of my mind you know but no okay we can end the podcast right there thanks got no. <laughs> no but seriously <laughs> like this is great the whole setup like it's, excuse me this is it's like a taking a few iterations i mean it started on a pool table at my parents house you're like i'm glad that you're seeing it now because <laughs> it was a little rough back then um yeah i mean i had always thought it would be cool like back in high school i kind of had the initial idea of oh man it'd be cool to do a podcast mm-hmm. And I almost started one with a friend of mine. In co- I say almost started one, but we just talked about, oh, man, we should oh, look into the equipment. Like yeah, yeah, one of those college ideas. Mm-hmm. I think in a unfortunate way, because obviously COVID's not good, 
I think it was a blessing that it happened because I don't know if I would have actually started blessing in disguise. had it not been that. Yeah. yeah. Every like you know, there's there's a beauty in everything. That's what I like to think about. Um, but this is this is great, and I don't know any um other local podcasters out here that I know of. I don't know. I know Lost Coast has one. Really? They started. I think they started one some maybe a little hmm. bit before I started mine back in twenty one or twenty. Oh. Um. Yeah, because I started mine in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So actually, yeah. Oh no. I, I, don't know I did start mine. I start mine and I was, I think I was still going to school when I started mine. Oh. I think it was around May of 2020. Okay. Yeah, because I've been doing it for two years now, I think. Um, and I think they started sometime before I did. This No, this is honestly really, really great. And I think podcasts are like the new uh, big thing because like, um, you know, for, for busy people, you know, sitting down and watching YouTube video isn't really that uh possible and when you're listening to a podcast you can listen to a podcast while you're driving yes and i uh podcasts are really becoming a really a really big thing same thing with news sometimes i'll like listen to a a news podcast instead of like watching the news because i i'll do it while i'm cooking or i'm doing something where i can't physically watch it like driving for example um podcasts are great and they're a great resource and they're entertaining too i love it i love podcasts and i'm like i need to i need to listen to more podcasts i don't have too many on my plate right now um because i definitely i was more of like a youtube girl and up until like a year ago that's when i started delving more into podcasts so this is this is great i feel like i'm on a professional setup right now like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. feel like it's professional and then you see the bar and you're like oh where hey what, where that, are we that, that's yeah. professional too excuse me you yeah. have drinks for your guests that's that's great we're trying it's a yeah. uh, it's always a work in progress which is part of the fun well this is this is great you got the nice cameras over here too and everything i don't even i don't even know what type of camera that is honestly getting, it's uh <laughs> A Lumix G ninety four. Not. I mean, you guys have some serious equipment. This is like. I don't even know what type of cameras stuff. we have. Yeah. Honestly, I'm. I'm. Uh, when I wanted to become a reporter, I did it in the interest of, like for the people, like telling. Like my my favorite like beat and what I love to do is um is features like learning about someone in their journey. That that's what I love reporting on. But unfortunately, that's considered more like soft news. You know, someone's journey. Uh, but I love 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 talking to people and what they've been through and what they've they've experienced. And of um. And that's why I wanted to do the job was, you know, give these people a voice and a platform. I don't want to say give a voice to the voiceless because everyone has a voice, but give their voice more of a platform, you know. Um, but when when it came down to like the technical aspect of it, oh, my God, I was like nervous. And like even now, whenever I go do interviews, um, I have no problem doing interviews. I love interviewing people. I love asking like like the tough questions. But it's just I'm always worried, like, is the camera in focus? Is it in frame? Like, is my SD card in there? Like, am I pressing record? Like, it's, it's always, like, um, in the back of my mind. I'm always really nervous about mm-hmm. when it comes to the technical side of it, for sure. But got to learn. that it's, it's important. I always say, like, I want to start my own YouTube channel. But, of course, if I want to start my own YouTube channel, I got to learn how to work the camera. <laughs> you should. So, I think you should. I, I really think you would be a natural at it. I, I've always wanted to. Um but again, just just the editing part of it. Like if I if I had enough money to like afford an editor, like great. But until then, it's, it's not a dream. It's not terrible. Once you get over the learning curve, it's not. It's just time consuming. Yeah, it just is time consuming. Definitely, I feel like if I knew how to do it, I would I would do it despite how long it. Because I'm when I'm passionate about something. Like I'm telling you, like if I do a story about something that I'm very passionate about, I will not take my break. I will do that story until it's like perfected and if that means me not taking a break whatever so i just know that if i knew how to like work a camera and correctly and and professionally and uh like uh and know the back roads of an editing software 
I would do it for sure. But until then, I could, I could help you out with the editing song. I mean, I don't know. Really? I do not know. Listen, <laughs> I said that like I'm a professional. I'm not a professional. <laughs> but if I might. If, like, you needed critiques or, like, to be steered in a general oh, direction. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Any but again, help that I can get. I'm a podcaster, so you have, to, <laughs> you have to take that with a grain of salt. It might look it might look like both of us YouTubing something because I don't know. So, yeah. But I could. I... <laughs> DaVinci is a really good video editing software. DaVinci. It's free, which is why I oh. use it because it doesn't cost anything. Also, it's, like, the premier um... alternative to oh, premiere. Is it easy? I'm, I, yeah. I imagine you just do cuts, right? Yep. Okay. I yeah. mean, that's all I do for this is I, I just put in the, the video and the audio and I sync it and then I just cut back and forth. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. That's... But you should start a YouTube channel. You should do that. Really? I think that, oh. I mean, you're clearly a natural in front of the camera. You have no problem talking and communicating, which is <laughs> Sometimes to, I don't know how to, to talk. <laughs> Sometimes I, I uh, stumble over my words all the time, but um, yeah, it's definitely something I would, I would want to dive into. Um... Who knows? You should do it. Who knows? Subscribe to my future YouTube channel. <laughs> we'll plug it by the yeah. time this is out. Yeah, we'll plug it. <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll one put out it in the description. Hopefully, yeah. But yeah, I, you could do a little short, even if it's just like to like vlog, promote, right? yeah, or a to promote like you on the news. You could do a little morning yeah. vlog of me getting ready or me interviewing this person outside of work. Exactly, and I know there is there's this one YouTuber literally recently a week ago she recently quit her job as a news reporter, um, but I would watch her YouTube channel all the time, and it was just literally be her, like a day to day vlog like, hey guys, this is what I do in a day, and it was entertaining. And they so much money. Yeah, she had like a half a million subscribers, and it was just like a day in the life. However, she did have really cool like transitions and effects and all of that. I'm See, like, that's, I don't. you lost me. Once yeah. you get into the cool yeah. transitions, I don't know. <laughs> Same, like I I can do cuts. I can. I can edit audio into tracks and all of that, but when it comes to like cool transitions and effects and all of that, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to blur a face out. I, it's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not a lot I need to learn for sure. And again, I'm like, I'm sure there's there's a lot of YouTube videos out there, like tutorials to start your own YouTube channel. That oh, I it's all to. out there. Mm-hmm. It's all out there. Just a matter of of time and dedication, which I definitely need to need to do if I really want to do it. But again, just the editing gets me all the time. So, and then kudos to those that that do YouTube videos and have full time jobs and all of that, and and you doing even having podcasts and you do other things with your personal life too. Like that's that's amazing. Like that's uh, that's admirable because with me and my job, like I just do my job and I come home and I slump. I'm like I don't even think about doing anything else. Like it's, it's anything else like that seems like a hassle. So, you know, I give props to everyone that that does this. Ooh, that's gonna be you we can oh go ahead God. and ra- we've done no it's fine it's fine you want to keep going how long have we've done three and a half it's 7 20 you're lying so, uh, i'm not lying <laughs> you're lying yeah. what there's no way <laughs> i know it's it's kind of spooky how you can get into a time that is so here. weird because i'm like after this i'm just gonna go to winko and go grocery shopping are you kidding me yeah 7 20 that is insane. I know. It's kind of trippy, how, huh? How long are your podcasts usually? It varies. Some of them are, I think I've done ones that are half an hour, and I've done, I think my max is five hours. Five so hours. I've been, I've oh been locked gosh. in before, yeah. Which are probably, I feel sorry to the people listening to the five hours. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's entertaining, it's though. It's entertaining. Like Sometimes when I finish a podcast, I'm like, damn it, I wish it could have been longer. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well... Three and a half hours. I thought, honestly, if you would have asked me how long we've been on here, I would have guessed like an hour. Honestly. 
Yeah. It's a trip, right? It is. I keep telling people it's like a casino when you get in here because <laughs> there's no clocks, there's no natural <laughs> nothing, light. And... Nothing. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I'm sorry that I rambled too much. No, no, no. That was great. We could keep. I mean, we could do a little more if you want. I just. I, I okay, have to get what, better what? about telling people, hey, do you have anything you have to do after this? Because I don't know how long no, this is going to be. No, it's fine. I um, I just had to go grocery shopping. I can always do it tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. But, um, you know, when I'm in Eureka, and, you know, living in Arcade, Arcade is great, but everything's in Eureka. Do you so. like it? I've thought about moving to Arcade, but I... Arcade is beautiful. It is so beautiful. I had an option to rent out an apartment in Eureka, but it didn't appear to be, like, in a really, uh, like, a great nice area. neighborhood um and rent was more expensive it was like two hundred dollars more expensive a month um and although it would have been more convenient living near the station because everything happens here in eureka um it was cheaper and in a really nice area i love the area that i live in in arcade i don't want to say where exactly but yeah i would um, not put that i would not yeah (laughs) um but arcade is a very very nice town very beautiful um don't regret it at all so in my apartment complex there i don't have any rowdy neighbors so it's it's great oh, that's it's awesome. great yeah no, nothing too crazy it's a great spot for my first uh for my first place for sure oh yeah because this is your first time yeah. this is your first time living out of your parents house mm-hmm. oh first wow time. i didn't move away for college oh so yeah it's, it's my first which is time. smart because then you're saving money again yep save that money but i uh, got to spread my wings over here and live on my own and it's, it's a great it's a great spot great community um great food spots too um, there is this one breakfast spot, uh, Big Blue, I believe it's called, in Arcata. Big Blue, I think I'm, I think that's the place. Great spot. It's like my guilty pleasure. They have like this uh, breakfast sandwich that's French toast, but like a sandwich. It's 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 like oh, I'm sold. And, I'm and you like out. dip it in the maple syrup. It's it's great. I've never heard of it. What is it um, called? Big Blue. Big I'm Blue. pretty sure it's what it's called. Um, that's like my favorite spot. I literally walk over there. Also, I'm very. Oh, can't really say where i live never mind scratch that i'm not gonna say where i'm close near near um but yeah great spot um have you ever thought about moving like you know just in the area or yeah well i'm in a interesting spot um and i can tell you off air what that means but i can't exactly say what that is no no worries no worries um but yeah i've i've considered I really like, this is going to sound so lame. I really like the gym in Arcata that is a yes. member to where oh I go to. Um, it's health a, sport. Oh my God. Yes. I love yes, it. Yeah. I love it. Yes. I go to the one, I go to the one here, <laughs> but on the weekends, oh my God. Or like a Friday night, if I'm like ready to get in the uh-huh. zone, I go to the one there because it's, it's got like a grunge feeling that I just, so, I, I love it. Is that where you so, work out? Yes, yeah. yes. It is so expensive. Um, but again, because it's so expensive, it motivates me to go to the gym even more because I'm like, I'm not paying this much for nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's really nice. However, on the weekends, I'm like kind of like the opposite. On the weekends, I go to McKinleyville because I've done it's that. empty. 24 hour access. Yeah, 20, exactly. And on top of that, it's like, it's usually more empty. I can't believe I've never seen you where we both work out at Hellsport. I mean, I uh, I work out in the mornings because that's, that's when I can work what out. What time? Um, between nine and ten. It sounds like that's... I'm gonna stalk you now. Yeah. Like, now if we see each other, it's gonna be like, oh, uh, listen. It's like the the Spider-Man nine and ten. Okay, I go um, at like five. But if it's McKinleyville, I could I could be there at nine at night or two in the morning. Yeah. See, I um, unfortunately for safety purposes, I don't go after work because it's 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 at night. It's usually empty. I don't go there for yeah. that reason. But like on the weekends, I go like before sundown, and it's it's more empty. There's like two or three other people there. Um, Whereas the one in um, in Arcata, whenever I go, which is like at nine ten in the morning, um, there's it's always packed, and yeah. I always get intimidated. I'm like, oh my god, these people are doing insane workouts. Like, uh. <laughs> um, it's definitely a little more intimidating, but um, yeah, it's it's I, I love like an empty gym. So I that's that what reason. I like about McKinleyville because when I go there, I usually luck out and there's no. But it, they, I wish they had more equipment. 
I wish they, they had a little has, bit more equipment. They have the essentials. Yeah. Um, but again, the one in Arcata has everything, everything, and it's so nice. I've and never, I like the feeling of that one. It's a little. It's like it's really. A little it's like a big yeah. garage. It feels like. Have you ever been to a CrossFit gym? No, I haven't. It feels like a CrossFit gym, but it's not. <laughs> I, I that's the only you. thing i could compare it to yeah. like it's a little grungier and i, no, it I is. like that it's, everything's like gray and black and mm-hmm. it's nothing like a planet fitness you know it's oh it's... don't even get me started on. i can't do planet <laughs> fitness that's where I've gyms never, go to die i've never been but apparently it's like not to like shit on planet fitness i'll shit on it for us <laughs> i will do that yeah okay well apparently like you can't like grunt and you, you can't they wear have a buzzer <laughs> it's like a fire alarm that they will set off yeah. if you're making too much noise or, or grunting or if you wear um the uh, the muscle tees. Yep. You can't, can't wear do muscle that. tees. And they do apparently, I don't know if this is true, but they do like pizza Fridays. Yo, yeah, it's true. Like, okay. It's I, not, I, I can't it's shit not, on that, they but. have massage <laughs> chairs, which I mean, Great. okay, you can make an, you can make an argument that after you work out, that would be pretty yeah. cool. I would get behind that. But while you're eating pizza, after just walking on a trip, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> oh my gosh. See, yeah, when I, when I saw Planet Fitness, I was going to join that gym. Like seven bucks a month. It sounds it's, enticing. It, yes, but I'm like, I'm not going to make the trip to Eureka just to go to Planet Fitness. And then also, um, even though it, it like hurts my budget a little bit, I will spend more um, on health sport because it is really nice. And the people there, the people, the, the people, the, I can't even talk right now. I'm stuttering. The people that work there are really nice. They greet me every single time I walk in. It's a great experience. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, really nice people. Shout out to health sport. If you guys yeah. <coughs> want to sponsor the podcast yeah, or, yeah, or sponsor Daniel's YouTube page, yeah. we could, uh, <clears throat> we could work something out. No, seriously. That's, it's, it's really expensive. I've never used like the sauna or the pool um but i heard those were really good also when i walked into the bathroom i don't know how it is for the men's bathroom but like the women's bathroom and the locker rooms so nice it's like luxurious it is so nice the one in arcada at least yeah the one um, the one here is actually really nice too the bathroom yeah. the men's bathroom with the one in arcada is ghetto really? it is so ghetto but the one here is is pretty good yeah the oh my ghetto, god yeah the, the, one, the one in arcade is, is like beautiful the locker like room the locker room is amazing mm-hmm. the locker room is good the bathroom feels <laughs> like a gas station bathroom it's like oh, they dumped no. all the money into the locker room See, and then just that's how it feels like in the mckinleyville one whenever you oh, use yeah. the bathroom there but yeah no the house one is in arcade is, is beautiful i love it um but yeah on the weekends i head out to mckinleyville just just for that empty gym mm-hmm. vibe for sure i like I like the drive out there too because mm-hmm. I feel like I can – I have enough time to actually like get into my music. Exactly. You start – do you take pre-workout or anything? No. I used to. When I used to live at home, I used to. Um, but here, I just uh, – my fuel is just stress. <laughs> Honestly. Well, that like works. That, that's, that is that's my fuel. all natural. That's perfect. Yeah. I don't I do not do like uh, the, the protein shots or the pre-workout. I should. I actually really like was thinking about buying pre-workout because I saw a TikTok on it. And um, I'm like, damn, I really should. It would make my workouts more and more better. But I don't know. What what pre-workout do you use? I've run through a bunch. I've got this one that I like now, except it's so weird. It's in pill form. Oh, I feel like that sounds crack- dangerous. I feel like a crack addict because so it's nine pills. It's nine pills in a bag. It's like, hold up, guys. I got to pop my pills yeah, real quick. And it's weird. They're multicolored. So there's like a couple yellow ones, a red one. I think there's a few. It's weird. It looks ghetto. It looks oh like I'm God. like shooting up crack or something. But there's one... <laughs> It's called Nitro Surge, maybe. They have a um, peach rings flavor. Do you know what peach rings are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my the, God. The gummies. Yeah. Do you like them? Yeah, I think they're good. The flavor is amazing. That sounds it's like the, edibles. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the best like tasting pre-workout I've ever had. That's oh one of my, my God. That's one but of my usually pre-workout, pre, 
why am I not talking right? Pre-workouts are usually really good. They're like sweet. Cause I've taken like, um, like my friend had a jar and like we took a shot one time before the gym and it was like really sweet. Like tasted good. Mm-hmm. But again, you're just like, yeah. it feels like you're on a yeah. crack. When I'm you're... getting excited. You're just yeah. thinking about it. Like, oh. yeah. I need my fix now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking about buying one, but I don't know. Who knows? Cause again, like when I work out, I have to keep in mind that I still have like a whole work day ahead of me and I have to be, have, I, have, I have to have enough energy after to be in front of the camera and deliver whole news. So I do have to be, to be mindful not to kill myself at the gym. Cause I learned that lesson really early on when I did a full workout and then I did 20 minutes on Stairmaster and I felt so good. I was pumped. But like by like five in the afternoon, I was like, damn, my legs are so sore. Like I just want to go home. So definitely learn to leave my intense workouts for the weekends because I love that feeling. Yeah, me too. I love oh, the feeling yeah. of being sore. I yeah. love it. People hate it. I love it. There's, there's been times where I've been really sore and I have to carry around like the big camera and the tripod and I'm like, and you're like, ah, I shouldn't have done yeah, legs today. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done legs. Luckily, oh, I, I never work out my arms. I should work out my arms. Um, but I'm like, my, my workout is at work when I have to carry these cameras and the tripod. Just start curling them in the back. <laughs> like, hold on, wait. Waiting in a parking lot. Just, yeah. I'm going to get a girl <laughs> Waiting for my interview to respond. And just, yeah. mm, you just see me like curling the, the tripod. Oh, God. Honestly, those things weigh a lot. Um, I remember one time, um, shout out to Christian Hill. He works for a St. Joseph Hospital. He, um, whenever I have interviews at the hospital, like he kind of like guides me to them. And this last time I, uh, since I broke the camera, as I was talking about earlier, um, I have to use like the really big hefty cameras and he, is that like punishment? No, <laughs> technically punishment, but that's the only camera we had available. Um, yeah, well, I've learned my lesson because that camera is like heavier than the one I was using before. And he was like, let me help you. Like, let me help you carry that. I'm like, no, it's fine. Oh about to break this sorry <laughs> i'm like no it's fine like i um i got this and he's like no like seriously like let me carry it and i'm like are you sure and he's like yeah he carries it he's like falling off the side he's like oh my god this thing is heavy and i'm like yeah i know like this is this is my workout for the day because you have to carry those cameras to your live shots or wherever you're doing interviews it's, it's heavy, equipment. Yeah. heavy equipment really really heavy again why i think um like photogs are very essential and shout out to i feel like uh photogs which are photojournalists they don't get enough credit like they do so much um of course we can't afford them or we don't have enough resources for them but the photogs in in larger stations they do so much so yeah it's it's very important to have camera crew safety purposes too you know Mm -hmm. it's always nice having someone else with you but and also make it makes your your work more dynamic because when you're having someone there you can walk and talk and and when you're doing interviews, like you're you're in the shot too, so definitely does um, elevate your work when you have. A and it clears up your head; you don't have to worry about yeah, the camera exactly. aspect of it. And then you have someone else to blame if something goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the shot was off, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> yeah, no, not on me. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a great resource. We should have photogs here, but it's not the just case. Just a funding thing. Yeah. Is it? Are, do you guys? How do you get your funding? Just sponsors and advertisers? Um, or? we have a sales team, which um, you know, our commercials are how we generate our money. I don't even know how that works, to be honest. All I know is that our sales team is in charge of making sure our station gets funding. Um, But I would assume it's through commercials and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and advertisements on our Facebook page and our our website. So that's what I assume. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think a lot of news, smaller news agencies, I guess you could say, are struggling with that financial aspect? Um, they, They could be. I don't know how hard they're struggling financially, but I know it's it's hard to the point where it's it's hard to uh, to replace equipment. Mm. So I know if we were to break something, or whether it be a camera or even like a computer, um, we'd be able to replace it. 
but it'd be really hard and um it's not something that you know we we can afford to buy like 10 cameras a year so it's yeah. it's definitely where uh we're budgeted for sure and as journalists you know we, we don't get paid a lot we don't get paid the big bucks which a lot of people think like reporters you know they they make the really good money no we don't we really don't make minimum wage so it's it's we don't you make minimum wage Wow. Yeah. A li- like, mm, a f- I don't, mm, a you little, don't have to say. A teeny weeny weeny bit more. I'm, okay. I'm okay with, with sharing how much people make because I feel like it's, it's, um, it shouldn't, you know, growing up, my mom is like, you shouldn't tell people how much you make. Um, I feel like it's, it's important to tell people how much you make because some people can get, t- can, you know, be taken advantage. You know, sometimes, you know, the, the woman makes less than, a, than, than the man, but they wouldn't know that if they didn't communicate how much they get paid. So I think it, it is very important to be very um, transparent with how much you get paid. Um, but yeah, just to get paid a little bit more than minimum wage. It's not a lot. Um, like I said, you get paid the big bucks when you head to the big stations. Um, so like I said, if you want to be a reporter, definitely you're there for the passion for sure. Not for the money because we don't get paid a lot. And we, we, I say we do a lot. And I think any other reporter that's hearing this would agree that reporters, MMJs, anchors, they, they really do a lot. So we don't get paid for it mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. So sometimes it could get very um, tempting to, you know, just, you know, leave the industry and, and go to a job that's less fulfilling, but you're making more. You know, it's always that, that option. But for now, I'm definitely sticking to, to this route. It's definitely rewarding. And it sounds like you're passionate about it. Yeah, Which for is sure. important. And it's like, even though I didn't have the, um, like, like the skills or the experience before, I had the passion and the determination and the work ethic. So even though I, I wasn't at the level I wanted to be starting off, like I, I know that eventually I will get there with, with practice. And like I said, I'm, I'm very passionate about it and, you know. Always want to be the first out of breaking new scene for sure. So it's it, you definitely need to have that drive and that work ethic to to, to be in this industry for sure. It's not well easy. to be in any industry, right? Yeah. If you want to make if you want to make it in whatever that means mm-hmm. for you, you mm-hmm. have to have that. Exactly, exactly. Um, just having that that work ethic. I was gonna mention something else. Mm. About funding, not having no, money for equipment, uh, like kind of like uh the work ethic aspect. Oh God, it'll come to me later. I'm having a brain fart. No worries. <laughs> that's been me. That's me this whole podcast. Yeah. I don't even know what year it is. What? <laughs> 2020. It's just one of those days. No, I feel you. I always have one of those days. And sometimes, like like I said, like sometimes I'll forget how to say a word in English, but I'll remember in Spanish. It's do you always... just switch to Spanish when you're doing the broadcast? The, uh, that's what no, I would do. I would just I say, wish... it, I would just start talking in Spanish and say, well, I wish. That's our show. No, I wish. And sometimes, like, again, like, imposter syndrome and being, like, in a different environment than where you grew up. In in high school and throughout, even in community college, you know, a lot of people were, were I hung out with were Latinas. So whenever I would forget how to say a word, I'd be like, I'd say, I'd say it in Spanish and people would understand it. And here, it's like, if I can't really express myself in Spanish, I need to learn how to express myself in English. So it's definitely, like, um something I had to, had to work through. But, yeah, like, sometimes I'll, I'll forget how to say a word in in um in english and remember in spanish like i remember recently when i went to my cousin's quince um we call like the the banquet like a salon in spanish and i'm like how do you say salon in, in english again and i'm like oh it's, it's banquet or it's a ceremony spot like it, i just totally blinked on that word yeah there's that, that's happened a lot a few times so <laughs> yeah definitely. do you feel like there's 
I guess a language barrier in that sense where yeah. do you feel like you can express yourself more in Spanish? Oh yeah, all the time. And, and just recently we, we hired a new PA. His name is Sergio. Shout out Sergio. He's he's great. Um he grew up in a in a Spanish speaking household. So whenever like we, we kinda have that that very uh good like chemistry when we, we talk to each other because we, we kinda get it. Like we'll we'll say something in Spanish and we'll like laugh about it and not a lot of people in the oh my god, I keep hitting this. I'm You're sorry. fine. I, that, I need, I need that's stop, pretty that's durable. I need you to can stop punch talking that a few times. Oh my gosh. Um, um, I'm used to like being like, you know, in the camera, but podcasts are very different. They, people can't see me talking with my hands. Um, but yeah, like there'll, there'll be times where I'm like, ay Dios mío, I'll, I'll express myself in Spanish. And then Sergio will be like, girl, I feel you. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely um, a barrier sometimes because people can't really, they don't understand. You know what I mean? So. And it's got to be frustrating trying to search for a word. That yeah. You're trying to say, and you're just like, I know this word. Like I could say it in Spanish, yeah. but I can't think of its English equivalent. Exactly. And um. Again, and the same thing with Spanish, too. I'm like, damn, how do you say that word in Spanish? I know how to say it in English. And it's, it's definitely like a back and forth thing. But I feel like that's a that's the life of like, you know, a first gen bilingual mm-hmm. person. You know, it's um, switching from one language to the other can be a little hard. So do you dream like, in Spanish? No, you don't. No, I don't. You dream in I, English. Yeah, I dream in English. But in Spanish, like, you know, when whenever I dream, when I talk to my, my mom in my dreams or something, it's, it's Spanish. Mm-hmm. But um, I dream in English. Yeah. I feel like I'm more fluent in English than Spanish at this point, um, just because I'm English is everywhere. You yeah. know, I, I uh, went to school speaking Especially English. Especially up here again. Yeah, like... exactly. Um, and I kind of lost my Spanish a little bit, and my mom kind of gets mad at me. Um, but still, I and when I again when I go down to Mexico and I, I see I hear my yeah, my cousin like, speaking ah. Spanish, I'm like that's that's a whole de- different level of Spanish. Um, but yeah, I I still think it's very very important. And again, it, like I think um, speaking the language is very important. You know, people can say, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm very involved in the culture. However, it's like, how can you relate to like Spanish music or even Spanish TV shows? I think Spanish is a very critical important in, in the heritage and the culture. Um, so for that reason, I'm like, I know I'm more fluent in English than in Spanish at this point, but I would want my kids to grow up speaking Spanish. Like I think, I think keeping the language going for future generations is very important. Very, very important. Yeah. I got to get back and do it. I've been telling myself I want to, because I took Spanish classes, which do not count, but I... (laughs) They count. I I mean, I took took Italian courses for four years. Yeah, but I feel like that's different. I feel like when you take a Spanish class, it's so so formal that you try to talk to anybody that's native speaking, and they're like, what are you trying to say? (laughs) And you're like, "I, I learned this. I learned this in Spanish class. Isn't this right? Yeah, I totally get you. I gotta, I've been telling myself I'm just gonna move down to Mexico for like six months and just... I wish. Sink or swim. Oh, Sink or swim. That, honestly, and everyone in Mexico is very welcoming. Yeah. So, they will welcome you. They'll call you like, el güerito, but, which means, um, I guess, uh, white guy, I guess. Güerito. My, my dad calls me güera because I feel like all, like, white passing Mexicans, they, they say güera mm-hmm. or güero. So, yeah. They'll, they'll just call you el güero, but it's fine. I can live with it. I've been <laughs> called worse. I think yeah. I could, I think I could handle it. <laughs> no, el güero is not really, like, a, like a negative term, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'm excited for my trip in Mexico in, in about two months now. Yeah, Very that'll excited. be fun. Looking forward to it. It's it's beautiful. You need to find out which town I know. your grandparents I'm gonna, are I'm from. I'm going to text them. Yeah, I'm very, I'm like, very oh, curious. Yeah, it's right there. And I'm like, I knew that. I, yeah. Watch it be Mezcala. If it's Mezcala, I'm leaving. I'm like, damn. Because <laughs> like, to this day, I don't know if it's like that with, with you and your family, but it's like I discover cousins like, like literally all the time. 
um my, my mom will i'll go to mexico and my mom's like oh yeah it's just tu primo it's your cousin and i'm like what i never knew this so i always find out i have new family members all the time and i'm like oh, i already have so many <laughs> it's actually that way i i don't have that great of a connection to the family in mexico you said dad, your dad has seven brothers and sisters so yeah where, where are they so he they're stateside so all of them oh, okay. so we have a lot of family we have a huge family stateside mm-hmm. but my dad was pretty connected to the side in Mexico, but we had some stuff. One of our, one of his uncles was kidnapped and held for ransom and some stuff happened in like, I, I think he kind of lost touch with them to oh, some extent, you okay. know, just like a phone call here and there over yeah. a few years. But I never really got to meet that family. We know that they're still in some areas, mm-hmm. but we, we, we haven't really got to see them. Yeah. But where I was going with that was my mom's side. My mom... Um, her parents or her grandparents immigrated from Portugal and came pretty much here. So mm-hmm. I experienced that whenever I go to Fortuna, oh. it's like, oh yeah, this person's your cousin and this person's I've got, you know, I think if I tried to date somebody from Fortuna, it'd probably be my cousin. So I, <laughs> I stay north of Fortuna. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so I experienced that with, with going down there. Same thing in, yeah. in Mexico. You know, I feel like I, I speak for, for every girl who, who lives in the U.S. and they go down to Mexico to their hometown. It's like all the guys out there, they want to talk to you, whatever, whatever. But it's like they're always like your fourth or fifth cousin. Mm-hmm. And no, I can't. Well, yeah, no, anyone, no anyone that tries to talk to me from Escala, I'm like, no, we're, we're related some way or another, whether it be like first cousins or like freaking six cousins like it's like your great great grandma and my great grandma are related somehow yeah. somehow that that always that always turns out to be the case yeah that's how it is i feel like that's a lot of the case with a lot of mexican families yeah a lot of extended family for sure well big families right that's a yeah. that's a mexican trope i feel like a mexican that, that's a lot of their like culture just big families and being family oriented which is what i love mm-hmm. i love i you know like in the future i, I don't want to have just one kid i want to have a three or four but yeah just never i i never would want to have just one kid i want to have a big family that's that's the goal for sure so yeah which is because i I grew up in a really good family in a really good household and yeah i would uh i would want the same for like my kids too i think it's important to have siblings yeah, I think it's really builds character. Yeah, builds character for sure, and especially me, like sharing a room with two others. Like it's uh, yeah, I don't definitely... know about that. That's a lot of character yeah, to build yeah. <laughs> pretty fast. Lots of patience. Oh god. Especially your brother was in the room too. Yeah, I, I could see if it was two girls. Then it's like it's okay, fine. It's fine. Okay. But yeah, no, my brother. I mean, he had all of his stuff in my parents' room. He would just like we would have the bed in in um in my in, in my sister and I's room or his room too. And now, like, looking, he loves it now. This is his, he has his own room for the first time because um, my sister moved out after she got married and then I moved out. So he now has his own room. And he's he, loving it. He's loving it. It's like his dungeon. Um, but again, he had to suffer through living with two older girls that, like, would fight each other all the time. So he would witness all of the fights between my sister and I. Um, so, yeah, it's sharing a room with two other siblings like living through it was was hard but like looking back it's like i think it brought us closer mm-hmm. in a way so everything happens for a reason yeah, yeah. i mean if i know i know if we, we were to have our own separate rooms it, that would not be the same case you know like we'd have our own different world but since we all like share the same same room you know you're you're pretty close proximity you yeah really exactly get away from each other. sometimes like whenever my sister would stay up talking to her boyfriends or whatever i'd be like becky like can you shut up like i'm trying to sleep and then you know, she'd have to, like, sneak downstairs to talk to her boyfriend. Like, good times. Good yeah. times for sure. I'm, like, reminiscing right now. Such such a good time. Yeah. Did you ever have to share a room? With no, but we 
we shared a wall. So, it was, and it was like a paper thin wall. So, oh. we basically, I could always hear my sister and she could always hear me. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how we, we wouldn't say shut up, but she, if she started banging on my wall, I knew, okay, I'm yeah. Loud. Yeah. It was usually her towards me. Because mm-hmm. I'd be up like playing video games at, you know, whatever hour. That literally my brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we weren't, we were always pretty close. We're way closer now. We're way closer since. How old she, is she? She's six years older than you? She's 30. Okay. Oh, my sister's 32. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's 30. What is she doing? She, I don't know if I can, I don't think I, I can tell you off air. I don't know okay. if I can say that on no, air. Okay, that's fine. But she's doing something she, that she Still loves. Still living at home? No. Oh, okay. She, uh, she was living here. Um, She used to work at the spot here. A spot. Not. Oh, oh, That's okay. That's not what it's called. I'm like, yeah, is there a place it. called The Spot? Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I you. As I was looking at you, I was like, that probably I'm a very slow like, person. Yeah, I'm a very, slow. very slow she person. She was working at a place here <laughs> uh-huh. um, and loved it and moved away pretty recently, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm pre- she's still pretty close in the area, but we've been pretty close. When we were kids, we would fight a lot. Yeah. But she, we would fight, but she was always watching out for me. She always had my back. So we would... That's the older was, sister vibe. Yeah, there was one time she, we were driving to Oregon. It was uh, my family. And for whatever reason, she convinced me that we were taking me back to an orphanage that I had been adopted from in Oregon. Oh my God. And so I was dead silent the <laughs> whole ride up. And it's like, I think we were going to Bend. So it's like eight hours, uh-huh. give or take. And I was silent for the whole car ride because I was I was trying to figure out why they were taking me back. Yeah. I was hook, line, and sinker. I was a kid. I was probably <laughs> six. Like, yeah. I was in it. And finally, my parents asked, why are you not talking? And I, I think I just, like, was like, I don't, I don't want to go back to the orphanage. Yeah. But I've, I mean, I've definitely gotten her back in other ways. Oh, so. that's. But oh. that was, that pretty much sums up our relationship. Well, I feel we like that, that's a sibling thing yeah. to pull pranks on each other. You brought up orphanage, and my sister used to call me FedEx because she said that I used to come oh, no. on uh, on one of the FedEx trucks because I look very different from my siblings. Um, like, my brother and my sister look alike. I don't look anything like my siblings. Um, I look like my dad, for sure, but I still believe that, like, I was adopted because I, I think was... that's why she got me was because part of me was like, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it got me, too. And I'm very gullible. Like, to this day, I'm very gullible. Um and when she told me that, I really did believe it. I'm like, wait, why are you serious? I was adopted. And then my mom would be like, guy out there, like, shut up. Like, you're not. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's like an older sister thing to do. That's, just... It's part of their job. Yeah, it is. It they is. Gotta... Also, part of their job to be like a mom. Because mm-hmm. I, I treat my, my, I mean, I feel like my sister and I both treat um, my brother like, like we're like we're his uh we're his mother because we literally spoil him so much like we would take him out to eat all the time we would buy him like cute outfits so my brother's definitely like the the baby of the family for sure yeah <laughs> can't believe it's his birthday today he's already 19 damn time time goes by it does it doesn't stop yeah. it does not stop i know and i'm like i'm already 23 it doesn't feel like i'm 23 time flies i don't feel like i'm 24 i feel like i'm uh. 17 stuck in a 24 year old party which doesn't sound good saying yeah. that out loud it's not exactly ideal. when's your birthday november november okay nice so you... your birthday just was pretty recent yeah it was in april april, april okay. 30th yeah, yeah. Oh, so you just turned 23 mm-hmm. okay just turned 23 yeah, i started working here um when i turned 22 or after a little after when i turned 22 um because i started here in august i had turned 22 in april so a few months in yeah do you feel like an adult 
No. Okay. Uh, yes and no. And I, I feel like a kid. Here's the thing. When you're interviewing officials and when you're questioning them, because sometimes you have to ask those uh, hard hitting questions. Um, and when you go up to officials, you know, these older white men with authority that have been working at their job for 20 plus years and you're over there asking them as a 22 year old Latina at the time, like you, you feel like a kid asking them questions like, you know, why aren't you providing resources to these people? And you're asking them these hard questions. And like while you're asking these questions, you think to yourself, like, I'm like a 22 year old asking these officials these hard hitting questions. And, you know, it's it's I, that's when I have that realization. Like, damn, I'm really you know that that's when i we're feel like we're two different gap. places yeah, yeah definitely um but you know when, when i don't i don't feel like a kid when i'm dropping off my rent uh, every month and paying those bills for sure so yeah it's it's like i pretty much feel like an 18 year old but with bills mm-hmm. that, that's a little more responsibility yeah exactly a lot more responsibility still like learning but yeah definitely for sure mm-hmm. but it is what it is <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever a moment that you hit and you're like, why am the adult that people go to yeah. when there's a problem? Like, that's me now. And my sister's 30 and I don't even feel like she's 30. Like, to me, she's still 18 or 20 whenever she was, like, still living at home. Like, I still feel like she's she's still at that age. Yeah. <laughs> she's 30 years old now. I know. Crazy. Yeah. It trips me out when I talk to my sister and that comes up. I'm like, you're, an, like, you're 30. I keep telling her, like, she's my lighthouse. And she's the, she's the mile marker, so it's like okay, if she's here. There's still hope for me. Like we can, we're making progress. She's guiding, guiding me through the fog. Oh my god, I I feel you. And my sister has been like a wonderful resource. Like I said, whenever I'm having those mental breakdowns, like my sister is the is the one I go to for sure. Even though we weren't really as close when we were living together, like she is my therapist. I'm like I should probably like get my own therapist, but like until then, like she has to suffer through my rants. But um, yeah, she's uh she's she's been a great resource. Like I said, she was the one that introduced me to uh or taught me about imposter syndrome, which was a complete game changer when I found out what that was. And she was kind of validating how I was feeling when I first started. So again, I I give her lots of thanks. So although she was a headache and told me I was adopted all the all the time growing up. Yeah, all up, the trauma paid yeah, off, all, right? Yeah, exactly. It really did pay off because now we're we're really close. We're bonded. Yeah, it just sucks that I have to be really like far away from her. So. Mm-hmm. Is she? She's in San Francisco. She's in a town called Hayward, which is um, a little bit south of Oakland. Okay. So from South City, it's about um, geez, with traffic, it's it's about an hour, but without traffic, it's a cool thirty minutes. So yeah, not not too far away from where I grew up, but still far away from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she doesn't really come up to visit because she's really busy with her job too. So it's been hard. Do you Last... get... oh, oh, continue. No, 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 no. Say what you were gonna say. Oh, it's. I'm just saying, like, it's it's really hard to see each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's rare. And my my sister, we're we're very opposite. She's very introverted. So even for with family parties, she doesn't go out to family parties. Um, so these last few times, or two weeks in a row, I traveled. Uh, first weekend three weeks ago now i went to san francisco to go to my cousin's quince and then last week i went down to la to go to my other cousin's quince she didn't go to both of them so i didn't get to see her i got to see the like my brother and my parents but i didn't get to see her Mm because again she um um has a lot of like social anxiety so she just doesn't feel comfortable going to family parties um sometimes so yeah it's it's very hard seeing her just like one-on-one so yeah but that's uh it's, it's it's a downside for sure we, that's what facetimes are for and calls and stuff <laughs> i know thank god we had that right yeah yeah no seriously shout out to facetime um and her answering my calls at midnight when i get off work for sure yeah 
great help. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your sister is like that too. Oh right? yeah, she, she, like, my sister's like my best friend. She's Aww, she's I like yeah. She yeah. I would be I would be lost without her. Hopefully she's Aww. not listening to this. Yeah, but... <laughs> it'll be a little cheesy. Yeah, no, she yeah, she's been very instrumental in my life. She's been one of those. I've been fortunate in that I've had these guiding people in my life that have kind of helped shape me. And one of the things, she's probably going to hate that I say this, one of the things that I love about our relationship is she keeps me in check. She is not afraid to knock me down a few bets, which doesn't sound great Uh when it's phrased like that, but I I think of it as a a big blessing. Mm Because sometimes you can get a little, I don't ever want to get to that place where you think you're too good to do something or you think you have it all figured out. And she's not afraid to remind me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Take it down if you knock. Yeah, away, like. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knock some air out of your head. Come back down to earth. That's good to have someone like that in yeah. your life. I oh, think yeah. my, my mom is like that with me. Even with this job, you know, as um, oh, I hate to say this, but like you're a um, like like as as an anger slash reporter, you're a um, why am I blanking on the word? Like a persona in a way. You're you have like an, like an on-air personality. Yeah, an on-air personality. Um, and of course, like sometimes we have to kind of like a publicize what we do and and what we what we do and i'm not i naturally like posting i post on my stories all the time but my mom was like you know don't go showing off like i know you got this really cool job and all and a lot of my cousins like um oh god my cousins are great they're doing great things with their lives but i feel like no one has really like um stepped out of like you know done a like an actual like career in a, in a sense in a way um so my mom was like don't go posting don't go showing off you're gonna seem conceited and and um and she just didn't want me to publicize everything in a way. Um, so she she keeps me in check in that point where it's like, you know, always remember to be um, – I know she means be humble, but she says, she says it in a more t- intense way. Um, but in all, she, she means to, to always be humble and don't go showing off. And, um, you know, and I never showed off that, like, you know, I live alone now. I have my own place. I have my own car. Like, I, I never want to give off that, like, showing off vibe. You don't and seem self-conceited like that. No, I don't get I, that impression from you. I, I no, I I can't. I um for the same reason I I dislike people that are like that that are very showoffy and like in high school like I I'm telling you for lack of better terms I grew up in a really ratchet high school where like people will show off their bands and their um their uh what was that one brand True Religion and their Jordans yeah I was never into Jordans never my thing but. Um, yeah, in my high school, a lot of people flexed, so many people. And I, to, to me personally, like, even without my mom telling me, like, that's cheesy to me. I don't want to, I don't want to flex. Um, I never understood yeah. sagging your pants. I never got that Oh, phase. my God. That was Everyone weird. sagged. I, I don't know if weird. it wasn't, was it the same in Eureka High School? Yeah. I think yeah. it was pretty big everywhere. Every high school, I think, oh, got yeah. hit with that one. I feel like in a lot of, I don't know if it was the same over here, but, like, a lot of the guys in my high school, they would wear, like, the saggy jeans, the saggy true religion dream, jeans, um, the Pro Bays, which is, like, a like a hoodie. I think it's a Bay Area brand. I'm not sure. But it was it was a Pro Bay. Like, that was, like, the signature hoodie. And it's funny because whenever a girl would wear a Pro Bay, everyone would be like, oh, my God, who are you talking to? Like, I know that's not your hoodie. That's a guy's hoodie. Like, it's, it's funny. Like, that was, like, the signature. Like, if you wore a Pro Bay hoodie, like, you were talking to one of the guys. Um so it would be like the pro bay, like the snapback, um, the white tee, like the gold chain. You had to have the gold chain. Um, oh, you guys were really bougie. I don't know. We had gold chains in high I mean, school. I, I, I have a gold, I'm not wearing it right now, but I, I, I have a gold chain. But again, that's like a Mexican, like that's my Virgencita. Yeah. That's my, the one my grandma gave me. But a lot of in Mexican culture, a lot of guys wear the, the same um, silver chain or gold chain, but they would like pop it out. I usually took mine in, but they would pop it, pop it out have a yeah that, that'd be their their style and and the girls for the most part would kind of 
they wouldn't sag their pants, but they would wear the, the true religion jeans mm-hmm. and the Jordans and um, yeah. But I, I never really delve into that style. It wasn't for me. I knew I knew that did not look good on me. So I'm not gonna not gonna go that route. Some girls can pull it off. I can't. That's a lot of money just to buy name brand clothes yeah and i've oh i think i like to consider myself i've always been frugal i like the finer things in life of course like i i follow so many like bella hadid pages and designer pages of course i would love to live that life um but for now i am going to stick with uh shopping at target and other affordable spots for now until you know until i'm rich and famous you know and then, yeah. and then i'll buy that stuff until i'll uh, stick around with my camry and <laughs> in my my apartment um, but yeah, even, even if I were to have, I was gifted a, a designer handbag earlier, um, a few months ago. I'm not going to lie. I posted it once on my story. So, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of showing it off too, but it was a really nice bag and I've been wanting it for so long. Um, so I definitely showed off that a little bit. Um, but again, it's like that frequent showing off thing. No, that's cheesy. And I try to do like a subtle, like showing off thing like where it's have like, it in the background yeah have it in the like, background oh look yeah. at my new clothes yeah. and then yeah. it's like a designer handbag <laughs> like design. focused yeah. on the designer just bag this new mirror yeah <laughs> exactly um just be a little subtle but um <sighs> gosh what else do you want to talk about we can what whatever we can we can we're gonna we're like at four and a half hours now oh, we can think okay about i don't want you okay. to edit too much <laughs> no, so let's can, just uh, we'll, we can get this uh, we'll definitely have to Get you back on. That was a lot of yes, fun. Yes, no, was a lot seriously. Of fun. And I love this. And like I said, you're a pro at this. Well, I genuinely okay. like being well, here. Don't give people the wrong idea. Where no, guys, this he, is, he's, this he's, he's a very pro. Low he's level. a pro. <laughs> um, oh, I do want to ask you mm-hmm. just about the, because you said something that, that kind of caught my attention. It was about that almost public facing persona. Oh, yeah. And I would assume that, I don't know how, stop me if I'm getting too into mm-hmm. it because we no. can talk about something else. Um, I would imagine that being a news broadcaster slash mm-hmm. reporter, there are things that you can't, there are things you can't really, you're not as free with your speech. No. Yeah. Does that, is oh that hard God, to, that's a really is that hard question. to balance? That's a really good question. Because um, from, so from my perspective, that's all I do here is just yeah like, you can talk about because i don't anything. have any overhead yeah so yeah. i could go on and say i could say some wild shit and mm-hmm. it's like oh that's just like for podcast. example politics can't really talk about that um also like uh my my, fam- my mexican family loves to drink right i i can't really post myself taking a shot out of the bottle right that's mm-hmm. you know i also don't want to lose my credibility even though i'm not on the clock i still try to um not not post everything or when i do post something it's like not of me it's like someone else drinking you know or um i definitely um limit what i what i share online for sure and i'm not like a crazy person either it's not like a huge flat setback. earth conspiracy yeah it's not like it's, it's anything crazy like that but like you know before in high school like i was kind of like posting that um now i i i don't do that and um also, uh, that was another thing that caused me a lot of anxiety because on air one time, uh, we, we do these things called weather teases before breaks. We're like, oh, and after the break, we're going to check in with first alert forecaster, Daisy Caballero, and she'll check in on the weather and we'll kind of describe the weather and how it's been on the North Coast. And one time I described the weather as um, bipolar. And I was like, yeah, you know, the weather's so bipolar on the North Coast. You never know what, what to expect. And I use bipolar, you know, to uh, kind of describe like black and white things, you know, and I do realize that, you know, bipolar is an actual mental disorder and I shouldn't be describing. Oh, people got, did you get flack so, for that? No. So 
my producer um, kind of like pulled me aside and said, and this was like recent, like into like really recent into my into the new job. And he goes, hey, Danielle, like just FYI, I know you meant like you had good intentions. He said it in the nicest way possible, but he was like, don't don't say bipolar, don't describe the weather as bipolar. And as soon as he said that, I got it. I'm like, don't worry, I'll cut that out of my vocab. Um, is that just because they don't want to cause any tension? Yeah, and I understand. You know, if if, if but being uh, having bipolar is an actual like disorder, and I don't want to discredit anyone that has it, so I was like, okay, I don't want to offend anyone by by saying by describing the weather as bipolar. However, um, when I was listening to the newscast, uh, one of our um, oh, I don't I don't want to say who I don't, I'm not going to say who, but someone um, described the weather as bipolar, and they were a meteorologist. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's. I, I, at that point, I didn't really, I was like, okay, this person can say it, but I can't. But again, it's always good to say it on the safe side. But ever since then, that gave me like a really, like a lot of anxiety. Like I really have to limit myself with what I can, what I can say and describe. And I feel like, um, like as a lot of people say, like Gen Z has like their, their way of saying things. And one time on air, it was a show me something good segment. And it was about seals. And it was just a picture of seals just chilling in a tub. And I was like, um, I was like, look at those seals. Those seals are just like straight chilling. And I said straight chilling on air, like hella casual. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just said straight chilling. I'm like, I gotta remember, like our, our demographic is usually like older people and they're not gonna understand straight like, chilling. Like, mean? yeah. Um, so definitely like um you kind of have to rework my words in a way when I'm on air. Um to accommodate to our demographic, which is which is fine. But again, I'm not like fully myself, you know. Um, but uh, but I, I I try I, I try to and um, try to be mindful with what I say. But again, that comes with a lot of practice and um, really working on my anxiety when it comes to that because I never want to say the wrong thing on air, especially cursing. Like I, if you curse on air, like you're done. You're done. You're done. Like we're not even allowed to curse in the studio. Um, so I try to cut down on cursing. Like even in my personal life, I'll say freaking. It was just so cheesy, but um, I just try to uh, curse less for that reason because I never want it to slip on air. Even like when I make a mistake and I'm like, oh shit, like I, I still try to cut that out <laughs> for that same reason. I just don't want to ever make that mistake on air for sure. Does that um, get tiring having to? It's watch mentally out taxing. Yes, it's that's mentally, a great way to put yeah, it. Yeah, it's mentally taxing because you're constantly. Critiquing. Thinking about every, yeah, critiquing and thinking about what you say before you say it, which makes you stumble on words. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, but I think with practice and the more time you're on air, you get better at it. So I'm still working on it. Um, but again, ever, ever since, like I, I said bipolar on air and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Damn it. Uh, cause definitely don't, don't want to offend people. don't want to say the wrong thing. And I'm a very sarcastic person. I'm so sarcastic and I never want to even put out my sarcasm on air because it, it, it could get taken literally so try to cut that out yeah it's gonna be hard yeah that's gotta be hard yeah and it's weird because you are you're 23 mm -hmm. like 23 comes with social media mm -hmm. and it comes with you know sharing things and posting yeah. things and with your job you have to be very deliberate in in that very realm you can't, and yeah you just can't yeah, yeah it's just um can't post a picture of you Going through shots with your friends yeah, at a birthday party, exactly. which is what somebody else your age would do. Exactly. I don't. My God. Like I'm speaking about like friends taking different paths. Like a lot of my friends, like they, uh, they go out and drink, and they uh, the Bay Area thing to do is like go to a a view and just drink henny and like hang out. And I'm seeing all of my friends do that. I'm like, damn. Like they're they're able to do all of that, but I can't. You know. But it's it's fine. It's um again, I was never like a crazy party person. Um, 
And for that very reason, like I have a lot of family on my social media and I just know that if I were to post something crazy like that, it would get back to my mom and I don't want my mom screaming at me. So even then, like I have my family to, to keep me on check too. So yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Definitely limiting my speech a little bit, but just um, for the good, mm-hmm. you know, for the good. I don't want to make myself look bad or give myself uh, or kind of give off the vibe that I'm like less uh professional in a way because i could get why you know taking a whole shot out of a bottle is looks not the best you know well it's weird because we all know that people do that and people our age do that and uh, people throughout their life do that at any age and so it's weird that because there is that expectation on people that are in this medium especially reporters right where you have to maintain this credibility Mm -hmm. and for whatever weird reason that means having perfection even Facing outside the public. of work, yeah. Yeah, 24-7. Mm-hmm, for sure. And um, I've, I've talked about crazy. it with, with other reporters too. And it's it's what comes with the job. And, you know, it's in, it's in your contract. And even I, I got told by when I first got hired and we had to go through like lots of training, um, our HR person was like, yeah, we check your social medias before we hire you. That scared and me. Thing, yeah. And yeah. the thing is, it's like when he told me that, I was like, wait, is this real? Like, you guys watched me? Like, um, but luckily, like on my social media, even like before I got the job, I didn't post anything too hectic. Um, so I had nothing to hide. But, you know, for someone who wants to become a reporter, definitely make sure you clean out your social media before you apply. How many they, people need that they, advice? Yeah, they do check. They really do check. And understandably, like we're we're public we're public figures. I say that with quotation marks. Um, so we do have to maintain an image. <laughs> I keep hitting this. No this. worries. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. I think, it, I mean, it comes with the territory. You're absolutely right. Exactly. For better or worse. Mm-hmm. There's that weird expectation of perfection exactly and kind of like why i want to do like a youtube channel where i could kind of um, i think that's if there's any takeaway from this podcast it's basically you got to do a youtube number one you do youtube channel and number two contact my high school to put my name up there we've got a game plan (laughs) number three we need to figure out who at hellsport can hook us up with some and four um where we can ride horses on the beach and um five you need to find out where you're grandparents are from yeah i'm gonna text them right after this podcast yeah i don't know if they'll where are you from where where, where, (laughs) what block (laughs) um yeah i think yeah Mm -hmm. that i think it's been interesting because i've had a lot of people come on this podcast who are kind of tied in that sense where they're not you're interesting because you have a contract, right? So you were yeah, you were absolutely. literally tied to things. But I've had people come mm-hmm. on this podcast that are like, "Oh, you know, I can't, I, I can't talk about this just because I don't want people at work to hear me and, and get upset with me, or I don't mm-hmm. want want any trouble type yeah. thing." And I'm like, "That is so exhausting." Because one friend in particular, she was talking about it that she really self censors because she doesn't want to offend people and she mm-hmm. doesn't want them taking it the wrong way. And I'm like, "How exhausting is life yeah. living like that?" It is, and sometimes you know, and excuse me when i first started um i did i was covering a uh, centro del pueblo event and it was about oh god i don't remember what it was about um but it was something they were holding in front of the courthouse and um a lot of people that i like spoke with on my, it was on facebook live um only spoke spanish so you know i was doing my facebook live in spanish but in the back of my head i'm like great our viewers are all like speaking english like what if they judge me what if they don't they tune out because we're speaking spanish that was always in the back of my head too also, when I do Facebook Lives, um, 
you know, you're you're on the scene and you're seeing these like, these crazy car accidents and, you know, crazy fires. You can't be like, oh, shit, this is a crazy ass fire. Like you, you can't really describe it like that. You got to be more more official and, and kind of use your words more dynamically, if, if uh, for lack of better terms. Um, and again, like you uh, you have to censor yourself and say anything. You can't say anything that will offend anybody. And it's unfortunately it is exhausting. It really is exhausting. But at the same time, it's uh, it's also like um, you never want to offend anyone anyways. So you kind of do want to be mindful still regarding that, which is why I, I cut bipolar out of my vocab after that incident. Because even though like back then I would I would describe anything as bipolar, you know, and now it's I had to cut that out. So, yeah. And same thing like with um, with the word um, ghetto ghetto has a bad connotation that's like when i was in high school i would describe my school as as ghetto uh people say that about your life that it's ghetto. yeah see oh, yeah. um a lot of people say ghetto and it was part of my vote i'm guilty of it i used to say it all the time but now like also that word um you know we i i cut that out because you know it's, it's bad connotation um same thing like with the r word and um the f word and all of that stuff i a lot of my cousins i i grew up hearing that all the time Never, those two words were never, maybe the R word was part of my vocab before, but um, just uh, being mindful and not saying those things, even though you grew up, you know, hearing those words all the time. Definitely. Cut that out. <laughs> For sure. I've been careful um, almost to not cut things out mm-hmm. with this, just because my whole intention. It's to be raw. Like, it's to be raw. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Is more so not to manufacture my image. Mm-hmm. I've done it a little bit because I can I can throw down cussing, you know, we can yeah. we can go there. And you just profanity is a tool. And if you treat it like a hammer and hit every nail that pops up, you can sound a little iffy. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't come across yeah. as well. So I've I've gauged myself on that just because I want this to be interesting and if i'm dropping f-bombs every 30 seconds i'm gonna tune out let alone what the guest is gonna do Mm -hmm. but i i said retarded in a podcast Mm -hmm. i know you can't i don't know if you can say it you can't say it i can say it um maybe i shouldn't that argument could definitely be made i've never used it i have to preface it and i shouldn't but i'm going to that i've never said that in response to a person yeah okay anything like that but i I would use it on the podcast as oh that idea is retarded or say something like that and i had an old friend from high school reached out to me and she said, hey, you know, you shouldn't use that word. I've got a family member who who has, you know, who struggles mm-hmm. and it's incredibly offensive for people that are listening. Yeah. And this was early in the podcast and I am a very anti-censorship kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that is fundamental to my core. Yeah. And so I responded, you know, thank you so much for for you know bringing this to my attention if i'm being honest i don't know if i will be able to exclude it from my vocabulary and i kind of laid it out to her and i was mm-hmm. like you know i don't believe in censoring speech and i told her obviously i've never used that in yeah. reference to somebody i would never do that hopefully you know luckily she knew me and i was like hopefully mm-hmm. you know me that i wouldn't do that um but i'm gonna have to think about it i'm gonna have to think about if i want to censor yeah my platform i guess as mm-hmm. cheesy as that sounds in that kind of way but and honestly i haven't said that word until we just brought it up but i don't I think when you censor, obviously you're an exception because you were in this yeah. contractual obligation to mm-hmm. follow what you want to do. 
but I think I almost owe it to, this is going to sound so lame. I almost owe it to the people that are listening to, to push back a little bit when it's warranted, right? I'm not going to come on here and start saying the F word every 30 yeah. seconds because that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. But you have to, I don't want to phrase this. Language is, is an incredibly effective tool. Yes. However, I want to counter that argument. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. You can always find other words that are less offensive to, to kind of like describe how you feel or absolutely. have that same effect. So, um, and th- that was the same thing. Like when, um, I had to cut ghetto out of my vocab and I used to say that all the time. Um, ratchet. I just, I, I say ratchet for like a better terms or, um, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, finding other words to describe how you're feeling, um, and, and it gets the it gets the point across in the same way. Um, so if you can uh, switch out your vocab to be less offensive, like by all means. But again, I I know it's it's very hard to do so. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do so. And, you know when you you grew up saying it, you people you grew up with are are saying it around you. Um, it's it's could be difficult. But yeah, like it it could be a challenge. Try to find other ways to describe it. Or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think my fear. And I don't know. I, I think time will only tell if I took a decent stance on that. I'm too close to it to really, you know, I'd be too biased. My approach was I didn't want to cave into that because there is always going to be another word. There's always going to be another word that somebody finds offensive. So if you start, okay, yeah. if you cut out, um, not hood rat, what did you say? Ratchet. No, what was before that? What was uh, the other ghetto. one? Ghetto. Uh-huh. If you cut out ghetto... Then we're we gonna say ratchet is offensive. Then we're we gonna say that, which could be completely un. I feel untrue. like um, the words that people find offensive have historically um, been used in a negative connotation, which is why people now are like putting their foot foot mm-hmm. down and saying this is not okay. Like the, the the f word was used to describe you know people in the LGBT community in in a bad way, and I understand like why um, people shouldn't use it to describe or to offend someone you know um same thing with the r word same thing with uh with ghetto like all of these words that people find offensive have a historic like negative background um whereas ratchet i feel like that ratchet just the word came out like a few years ago if i'm not mistaken i don't know the history about ratchet but it definitely I, blew up a few years yeah, ago i remember so in I high school i don't was... know if, if ratchet has a, has a bad history I, I, not that i know of and and again maybe i need to educate myself more but i feel like those words have uh again just a a, a bad background so historical context yes yeah i don't know i don't know what the i don't know what the right answer is when it comes to speech Mm -hmm. that's something i struggle with a lot because obviously all i do here is just talk that's all i've got for me (laughs) exactly so So it's always good to learn and and educate yourself and again like i um i've definitely said some things in the past where i'm not proud of and i look back and i'm like oh my god but that's why holding yourself accountable and educating yourself and having people you know say hey you shouldn't have said this like my producer in the nicest way said hey you shouldn't say bipolar you know i I didn't get offended i'm not gonna say fuck that i'm gonna keep saying bipolar like no i took it into consideration i'm like he totally has a point should cut that out um so i I guess um just educating yourself and it's okay to make those mistakes and if people like how your friend reached out to you she did it in a very perfect oh yeah that was a great way to do it yeah exactly so um uh you know you you can keep making those mistakes but again you know if if, uh if someone tells you it offends them and you kind of have to take into consideration sometimes even though you're like oh I was gonna say, feelings, do you do you know that's my i so what i struggle with because here keep it okay okay so like, let's let's put an example like let's say um your your mom and your dad does they, they do struggle with with a bipolar disorder like that's an actual thing that you saw growing up that it's been impacting them and then you see someone on the street describing something as like bipolar in in, in a bad way like how would you feel personally i wouldn't i that's not a good question to ask me because i 
I'm a sticks and stones kind of guy. Okay. I'm a sticks and stones. I words. I'm a firm believer that words do not have power to them unless you give them that power. But it took me to be fair. It took me a, a while to get to that point, mm-hmm. and I recognize not a lot of people are there yeah Yeah. and i I, that's where my disconnect is because i understand that from my perspective these are all just noises people are making with their mouth so (laughs) i can i can separate that but again words have power words do to some people to some people i think to most people they do Mm -hmm. i'm not i don't know why for me it was not always that way i've Mm -hmm. words have used to affect me a lot um but yeah, so I'm not, maybe that's why I'm not the person to have this argument with because, okay. or conversation. Just because I, I'm, I can see it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think in theory, yeah. But I, I think the world, this is where I, I always struggle with my parents because we've had these conversations. I love mm-hmm. talking with my parents about deep things like yeah. societal issues. Mainly because they're the only ones that won't like roll their eyes and be like, Nick, shut mm-hmm. up. We're done. We're done talking. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that giving power to words is a problem. I'm a big guy on peace. Like my biggest thing is just being at peace and okay. finding that peace and cultivating that peace. Mm-hmm. So you could call me any name under the sun or say anything to me and I'm just going to – my dad uses the expression water off a duck's back. Oh, he's That's, just – no, it's bounces just, right yeah, back. It's like just going to... And I think I attribute a lot of that to my dad because my dad's the same way where you could... It takes a lot to get him riled up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of been my my approach. I see that. I mean, uh, like for me, it, it takes a lot for me to get me angry. And mm-hmm. I, again, like I feel like... Um, people you know could say bad things about me it would not really affect me unless it's something that i'm insecure about like again those are the ones that get you right it's like they say something like you've been thinking about it god damn it i'm telling you i um like when i got that comment because i i had already been insecure with how i anchor shows and how and you know like i'm I'm new i'm still kind of finding out like my voice and how i want to talk on air um and when i got that message you know it was just uh it just it it hit the one chink in your armor yeah Yeah. that one hit. Those so, are the worst ones. Those those comments, yeah. So um, I do get it. You know, if someone's insecure about something and then uh, you hear someone making fun of their insecurities, it could definitely damage them. Because I, I, I like to say I have tough skin. It takes a lot for um, for something to really impact me. Um, but not everyone is the same. So. And it's got to be hard for you, again, specifically where you were in the public view mm-hmm. in a very prominent position. I mean, tough skin only goes so far when you've got a lot of people coming at you. Yeah, that's why, like, you need to take constructive criticism very well. You can't be offended or, um, you know, when, when people critique you with how you deliver deliver the news or even how you look, you kind of uh, either say you, you don't care or you kind of take it into consideration. So, Do you get a lot of critiques it. like that from comments online? So, um... We're going back into those comments. Not recently. I'm telling you, I stopped looking at the comments a few months ago. That's good. Um, We're making progress. Yeah. I tell everybody that comes on to not look at the comments. I'll it's look never at the good. comments if I'm on Facebook Live and, you know, people are asking like, oh, what other car was involved? Or if I ask them like, can you guys hear me okay? Like I, I make sure yeah, to ask pertinent. those questions. Yeah, to make sure I uh, they're, 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 they're getting what they tuned in for. Um, but in terms of like, um, of like what I wear directly, I don't think i've ever received any i know a lot of reporters do especially women they get critiqued a lot however um i think um like when i got the comment about my glasses being distracting um that went to my news director 
So I'm like, I don't know if, if people are saying comments to my news director. Cause he's just filtering them. Yeah, Shout out to your news director. That's yeah, good. seriously. Well, it was it was nausea at the time uh, when she when she was there. But um, yeah, I, I, it, those comments would go to to, to her. I kind of want to ask her, like, did you get any other comments? But she'd be like, you don't want to know. Because she's very like, yeah, <laughs> she's like, girl, I'm saving you. You don't yeah. you don't want to know. Um, cause, you know, a lot of people are uh, they 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 love nausea, rightfully so. Nausea's great. She's a uh, sh- this is nausea. Javid. Javid, yeah. Okay. Very okay. very I talented. Love her. Um, reason why I even got this job. Shout out to her. She's she's amazing um but um i feel like the the community will feel would feel more comfortable telling her um like what's what tweaks and need to go on in the in the news but um directly i don't think so and like i said that comment that was made towards me that was like oh you suck like i don't understand what you're saying was made to the uh north coast news facebook page so Mm. everyone saw it. it wasn't directly it wasn't like sent directly to me um so yeah um there was one comment that um I think one of the worst comments in this, this popped up in the, just right now, because that, this one really kind of, I didn't cry over it, but I did dwell on it for a very, very long time, um, where I said one of the street names wrong. I think I said, um, Allard and it's, I don't even know how to say it, Allard, I think how you pronounce it, but it was, it, there was a breaking news scene. There was a fire on that, on that street. And I was like, okay guys, I'm on a large street here. And I said a large, and then someone in the comments put, um, quotation marks, a large, get this, um, who is this like reporter? Like, is she, uh, get this reporter out of here? Like she's not even doing her job. Cause I mispronounced the name. Um, and that one like stuck with me. I was like, God damn, like they're, they're, uh, questioning my, uh, my ability to report. And it, it definitely sucked seeing that comment. Um, It is what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it comes to anonymity in the internet, people... No filter. Yeah, no, people do no things filter. they wouldn't say to your face. Yeah, but for the most part, you know, a lot of a lot of our viewers are, are very nice and they say nice things like, good job, Danya. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's nice saying that. Um, but there's always those comments that are like, you can't even pronounce the name, right? Why should we trust you? And, you know, it's, it's stuff like that that definitely sucks, but... I do the best I can. And then also, like, in the beginning, it like, gave me a lot of anxiety because I'm like, should I even say the street name if I don't know how to pronounce it? Should I just keep quiet? But at the same time, I'm like, I need to tell them where I'm at, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, – I just just know any viewers out there. I'm trying. I'm trying to learn the street names. I, I learned how to say Boone – or, no, Booner, right? It's, it's Booner. Um, so you, people say Booner, but it's it looks like it's Boone right oh i say boon i have heard people say booner yeah but i say boon yeah well apparently that and also like i don't even know what what allard street were like i would have said that wrong it's 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 a l l a r d so i said allard and it's allard i think i don't i to this day i don't know i haven't been back there um also like del norte it's del nor up here and (laughs) um, other stuff like that that i've that i've quickly learned how people pronounce it here so i am i could not do that i'd be messing up everywhere i mess up that's I've said this before too, but one of the things I really love about this podcast is it constantly humbles me. I make mistakes constantly, and then I'm forced to sit and watch edit. through them. <laughs> yeah, as I edit, and it's a very humbling experience every oh. time. Every time. Yeah, when I when I go back, and I feel like that goes for everybody. I feel like we're too hard on ourselves. Honestly, oh, yeah. we need to be less hard on ourselves. But how do you do that? How does that? Everybody says, "Oh yeah, be less hard on yourself. Take you gotta... take it easy." I. I don't know if I'll ever reach that point where I can do that. I feel you on that. Honestly, um, I'm still working on it because whenever I go back and I watch like my old clips and I like, as soon as I hear myself stutter, I'm like, close the tab. I'm not going to finish watching this. Like, 
ugh, no. Um, same thing like with my live shots. Whenever I like mess up on my live shots, it's so cringy, and I'm like, oh, I wish this didn't get posted. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is, and and that's like I used to be a perfectionist, and with this job, you quickly learned that's it's not possible to be a perfectionist as a news anchor slash reporter. And like I said, like a good anchor slash reporter bounces back from their mistakes. So I'm 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 learning how to bounce back from my mistakes without dwelling on them too hard. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I I hate to end it here, but I, we unfortunately have to because our cameras have a. F- these are new cameras. Ah! I'm recently <laughs> using these, and they have a five no! hour limit, and it's been four hours and fifty minutes oh my since God. they've been recording. I think we've only been here for four and a half, maybe. Um. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So we, do we, you, we, I, we did, we <laughs> put in some work. Yeah. Um. Do you have any? final things you want to say no, um i think we covered a lot we did. Honestly. do you want to plug where people can find you where they can find your news yeah, so, anything like um, that you guys oh my god i don't even know my instagram handle let me look that up real quick because it's like dania romero was taken so i had to like change it to like dania with like um okay so my instagram is dania underscore romero 10 um my uh Facebook business account is Dania Romero TV. You can follow me on there. Also, if you guys have news tips, um, please send me news tips. I love covering new, new news ideas or anything out there in the in the community that needs fixing. Um, Twitter, it's it's Dania with like three A's. Let me double check that because <laughs> my Twitter, I, all of the usernames are taken. Uh, my Twitter is Dania with three A's and my last name Romero. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, Daniel, this was, this like, was so much fun. Really. <laughs> I really, like I mean, we did, my yeah, we've done so much time. Um, yeah. this was awesome. We will, we'll have to get you back on. I'm excited to see For what you sure. do. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. It was a pleasure having here. Yeah. Ha- having me be here. It was so. my pleasure. It, w- it was awesome. Really. Uh, well, thank you. All right. All right. Let's do this. Thanks guys. Thank you.